This is the NTT IndyCar Series. The streets of Nashville. Well, you can't beat Nashville. To me, it's a perfect marriage. You know, IndyCar racing in the city of Nashville. The energy, to me, is unmatched. Unique street course. You're racing over a bridge, over a river, which is never seen before. It's narrow. Uh, it's very narrow. For me, it's a marquee event, one that I'm going to want to win more than almost anywhere else outside the Indy 500. With live flag-to-flag -flag coverage, this is the IndyCar Radio Network. Not much like yesterday, Mother Nature not cooperating to get the proceedings underway for the big machine, Music City Grand Prix. This is Mark James. On a weather hold, a heavy rain moved through just after the completion of the race involving the Indy Lights presented by Cooper Tires. While that rain has all but subsided, lightning lingers, and every time there's a flash of lightning, that uh, puts us on a 30-minute hold. I'm Mark James. Welcome, everyone. Our driver analyst, Davey Hamilton, joined us. And uh, hurry up and wait for the drivers, I suppose, huh, Davey? Yeah, it, it sure is, Mark. Unfortunate, right? Well, they, uh, good news is, Indy Lights racing in. It's completed. It happened in the dry, so that's a, that's a positive. Uh, but just as soon as that checkered flag flew, boy, oh, boy, did it come down. And it's still... Um, you know, there's still thunder out there, which is not good. So the thunder is, uh, you know, going to keep us from racing. The rain doesn't keep us, Mark. It's the thunder and the lightning. And, and uh, until until that goes away, um, you know, we're, we're not going to get this race off. But saying that is, I'm optimistic that something's going to happen today. Just don't know when. Yeah, there's a pretty good chance that once that uh, lightning subsides and it clears the area, some rain may linger. And that makes the strategy pretty interesting on this day. One thing for sure, is, as I said, I think yesterday, is I really don't want to be a driver in the rain here. As bumpy as it is, as technical as this track is, uh, very difficult to, to handle in the rain. These drivers have not had the opportunity to go around here at all in the rain, but with the bumps and, like I say, as technical as it is, the wall's so close, it could play havoc with these drivers and these teams. And uh, So I don't think it'll be fun. I do think that it will more than likely start out a, a wet race, but we'll just have to wait and see. But, boy, they're gonna, it's going to be a challenge for these drivers to get any kind of grip whatsoever, whether it dry or wet on this racetrack, because needless to say, all the rubber was built up, it's long gone. Uh, turn four, turn nine, the two most challenging portions of this race course. Ironically, the two best passing zones on this race course. Yeah, that's right, Mark. And we've seen that earlier in Indy Light, so it was good to really have the opportunity to see if the changes to the racetrack in turn four or turn nine, you really played to be better uh, passing zones. And it seems that there was there's still passing zones. I don't know if they're better yet or not until the IndyCars get out there, but we did see some uh, pretty close, risky passes, but they made it through there. So uh, so the good news is there was some overtaking, not a lot, but there was some. And But now, with 26 cars uh, starting in the IndyCar race, there's going to be a lot more action. You can remember there's only 12 cars in Indy Lights race, so there's going to be action all over this racetrack. And once they get spread out, and another thing, once you catch up to lap traffic, those leaders are going to want to pass those lap cars, so passing will happen, just uh, depending on when and where. If this track does dry eventually, this is a relatively new course, only in its second year of existence. So uh, we know that it started to grip up a little bit after that hour and 15-minute session on Friday. It started to grip up after the morning uh, practice session yesterday, and then the rains came, washed a lot of that away. Started to grip up, we heard some of the engineers say today, uh, during the final warm-up session, Mother Nature and the moisture are going to take care of a lot of that grip now. Yeah, yeah so, so one thing, I, I guess one of the good things is this exact thing happened between 
between practice and qualifying yesterday. So these drivers know if it dries out what it's like and how much rubber the grip is down. And we've seen drivers yesterday make a lot of mistakes. Will Power, Simone Di Silvestro, um, and, and a few others make mistakes because the grip level was not there. Oh, Colton Herta, I, I should put him to the top of the list. Just It wasn't uh, what they had before. They overdrove. They got in issues um, and, and cost them good qualifying runs. So they know today going into this race that that grip level is going to be down quite a ways down about a second off the pace from when it's gripped up so um at least they have a warning at least they know going into the race that the track will be slower uh, a lot of headlines made yesterday during qualifying you talked about colton herta uh, issues had by other drivers of uh, devlin de francesco and uh, because of some ill-timed yellows and certainly ill-timed reds it resulted in um, undesirable starting positions for drivers who hope to be at the front uh, most notably felix Rosenquist, Alexander Rossi, and Marcus Erickson, who will start 15th, uh, 17th, and 18th, respectively. Yeah, boy, you hit nail on the head. They were running good in the practices. Felt like they had something to contend to, to start towards the front of this field. But when those that yellow came out and time ran out as far as them being able to get a lap in, uh, left them hanging. And, and you know, uh, Rossi's guys told me that he was on a potential P1 lap. Colton was on a potential P1 lap when he made the accident. We know Erickson, Rosenquist, by the way, was on top of the charts all weekend. So we expected him to qualify in that top, you know, that, you know, the top five, anywhere in that top five. But uh, now, as you said, going to start 15th today. Uh, championship chase can't get much tighter. We'll talk about the battle for the championship between the engine manufacturers again on a weather-related hold for lightning, delaying the start of the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. Uh, Mark James Davey Hamilton taking you through um, our pre-race. Probably going to be an extended one. Again, we're on a lightning hold delaying the start of the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. Uh, it's uh, a, a time for the drivers to uh, test their patience a little bit. And uh, Ryan Marine is out and about back in the paddock. Doing so safely, we might add. In this update, uh, he catches up with Connor Daly. Brought to you by Speedway, the official fuel of the NTT IndyCar Series. Ryan? Hey, thanks, Mark. Yeah, catch it up with Connor Daly, who is wearing shorts and a polo, which probably means that uh, you're not anticipating jumping in the race car anytime soon. To be honest, yeah, I just didn't change yet. <laughs> I, I don't know. I figured uh, if there's if there was fencing and gates falling over, um, we'd probably have some time. So uh, I, I want to spend as little time as possible in my race suit. Um, it feels like I've been putting on something to jump in a coffin all weekend long, so that's been really difficult. Um, but, yeah, just ready to go whenever, and hopefully we can get going uh, because we want to get this race in today for all the people that have come out here. We've talked with a lot of drivers. They've discussed how hot it is, how sweaty they're getting, and that makes me wonder, do you have multiple fire suits on? a weekend or are you getting back in something you just sweat through a few hours before no for sure we have a fire suit per day so uh, i did use it this morning in the warm-up but it's been hung up to dry um, but it is still smelly i uh, i am not i don't smell awesome um, but yeah th this whole weekend has been a real challenge i mean just physically um it's it's been you know more draining than i think any weekend has in, in my career as an indycar driver um and and it's it's going to show later i mean honestly if, if it's like this later it feels wonderful so that that would help us immensely um but it's been really really challenging and it's something that we really do need to look at moving forward any suggestions that you can give to the powers that be i know you've been as outspoken as anyone about the heat in the cockpit of these cars 
I mean, I mean, they, they do listen to us, right? Like, I think a lot of us text Jay about, um, you know, the, the top scoop for, for today. But, but that only does so much, honestly. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't solve anything. It just it moves some things around a little bit more, but it doesn't actually help the core temperature of, of what's going on in there. So I, I don't know, man. It, it's, a, it's, a hard, it's a hard problem to solve because in this current generation of car, we're obviously adding as much as we can, but we can't add too much weight. You know, we add the cool shirt that adds more weight to the car. It helps the driver, but the teams don't want to do it. Obviously, McLaren doesn't want to do it. They don't, they're not putting them in for their drivers. So it's, it's, it's a real challenge, and I do wish that you know some of this stuff that, that we do have available is just mandated all across the car because every driver is different, right? And you don't want to have, you know, because three drivers are superheroes and they don't sweat at all or they're, you know, I don't know, they're built like Scott Dixon, which is like a Greek god in Joseph Newgarden. You know, we're not all the same. So um, I, I just hope that that stuff, you know, eventually, um, you know, we can, we can help it out. But this year's honestly been great with the heat in the car. It's been fine all year long. Um, this year has just been a tough one, or this race in particular. Connor Daly joining us while we're in this weather delay before the start of the Music City Grand Prix. Now it's a test of patience. What do you do, especially when you don't really know what the timeline is going to be? It keeps getting reset every time we see lightning. Well, I mean, if the lightning goes away, we just want to get out there as soon as possible, right? Um, because for, 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 for a group like us, who we know we've struggled uh, here, without a doubt, uh, rain spices things up a little bit, and it gives us an opportunity to take advantage of, of some chaos. So um, I, I, I obviously don't know if anything's been done since the Indy GP to help with vision. So that, that's also still a question. And a street course is very, very difficult. Indy GP, when you can't see, you have grass to use. Here is just the wall. So uh, so that, that's quite challenging. So there's a lot of questions that we have. But as soon as the lightning's away, I, I would say let's get going and um, and then let's get this, the, get this show on the road because it spices things up for everyone. Last thing for you, we've got the debut in race conditions of the green tires here this weekend. What has your experience on them been? And what do you anticipate a stint on them to be like with strategy in mind coming up in this race? I mean, honestly, it's still a bit of a question mark. Obviously, it's, it's, it performs. You know, it's, it's, we've gone out there in qualifying, and it does go faster for us, certainly. So it does emulate the red tire like that, which is good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we haven't run it in a full race stint essentially. So uh, that'll be a, a, a new experience for a lot of people. I, I do think there is a little bit of a difference, a little bit of a difference on the way it wears. Um, and uh, for, from my, to be, to get real technical, it felt like it was not necessarily losing uh, the balance, but it was going slower. So, so I, I, that's good, but also I would, I would prefer a bad balance, but still speed. So it, it's, it's a tough situation and, and it'll be a, you know, a new situation for several people, but also different for every car because the field separation in time is much more here and it's way more dramatic. You have guys doing 15s and guys doing 18s, um, you know, at the back of the field. So there, there's quite a difference in pace, which will be interesting. Thanks for helping us fill some time. No problem. Good luck today. That's Connor Daly. Uh, the report uh, with Connor Daly brought to you by Speedway, the official, the official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar and uh, Davey Hamilton, an ultra tight championship chase. Uh, is uh, what we're looking at over the last handful of races. Will Power leads uh, with 431 points. Marcus Erickson is nine points back. Joseph Newgarden, 32 back. Dixon, 38. Pato, 46. Alex Pillow, 52. And today's pole sitter, Scott McLaughlin, 80 points back as we get ready for the green flag today.
Yeah, I, I really think it's a, a five-car uh, shootout or five-driver shootout at this point. But, you know, if McLaughlin gets on a roll like he was early in the season, do not count him out. And even Pillow in that sixth spot, I mean, we've seen him win it. He knows how to win championships. He did it uh, last year. I just feel in Pillow's situation with all the controversy going on, I give him a lot of credit for doing as good as they're doing or as well as they're doing. But I just think there could be something there to hold them out of that points championship. So I'm going to I'm gonna say it's, it's that first five you mentioned and Pato being in that fifth and, and, and spot and that's going to be win the championship and then you know we talked earlier Mark about the, the manufacturer championship that we you know I'd like to keep a good eye on well Chevrolet is leading that championship obviously with McLaughlin on the pole in that Chevrolet but in the top five this time it's two Chevrolets with a ward in fifth and McLaughlin leading but second third and fourth all Hondas uh, well Chevrolet has 1,161 points Honda with 1,031 points and uh, it's uh, Chevrolet drivers hold three of the top four positions in the drivers' championship, as you said. Uh, that this is the fifth street race for IndyCar this season. Chevrolet has won three of the previous four with Scott McLaughlin at St. Pete, Joseph Newgarden at Long Beach, and Will Power at Detroit. All three Penske cars. All three Pitsky cars. Boy, that tells you just how good of a setup that that team has and those drivers adapt to that setup. They must, you know, I'm, I'm going to guess that when it comes to the street courses, those Pitsky drivers have driving style that are a lot alike. Those cars are set up pretty much the same because the times are right on top of each other. And, and so they're going to be they're going to be tough to be here today. But one great thing about this race, the guy that won it last year, Almost flipped over backwards, ripped his nose piece off, had to come into the pits, kind of caused it. Well, not kind of caused his own yellow again. And and the way it all worked out, he ends up winning the darn race. So you just never, never know. The fastest guy did not win last year. And not that Erickson wasn't fast, but he wasn't the fastest. He was back in the pack when that accident happened, found himself in the lead through strategy, and wins the thing. Uh, well, Honda certainly plenty stout this weekend. Roman Grosjean rolls off second. Christian Lundgaard third. Alex Pelot is fourth. David Malukas in the seventh position. And Graham Rahal is ninth. Jack Harvey is starting 11th. It's time now for the HP. Engineering update, in fact, with Ryan Marine. Kelvin Fu is the vice president for Honda Performance Development. He joins us now for the HPD engineering update here in Nashville. Of course, returning to the scene where Marcus Erickson so famously flew through the air and still won one year ago while being Honda powered, of course. What uh, goes through the mind coming back to a track where you had that success and certainly a, a memorable success going back to the inaugural event one year ago? For us, you know, it's been a, it's been a bit of a struggle this year. You know, we won four and we're hoping to continue on the success from uh, from Indy last week. And Marcus, of course, coming off of uh, a, a strong run at Indy, a strong run for Honda at Indy last week. It was a sweep of the entire schedule at Indianapolis for Honda. If you look back on the two road course races, plus Marcus's win at the 500, the significance of that coming into the, the final four races of the season. We've been strong at the street courses. We just, you know, we haven't been able to pull through and get the victory. So hopefully this week, you know, we're, we're behind Chevy this week. You know, we got to gotta do well for the last four races of the season to have a chance at a manufacturer's. That's the HPD Engineering Update. Big Machine Music City Grand Prix on hold because of lightning. Rain has all but stopped. Uh, still a very wet racetrack. That's not the issue. Again, it's lightning that is in and around the area. The NTT IndyCar Series is moving full speed ahead. The race for equality and change. Time now to check in with Louisa Maser in this week's segment of On Track with Diversity presented by Gallagher, your trusted insurance broker, HR and benefits consultant. 
This week, we chat with Georgia Hanaberry, broadcast reporter for the NTT IndyCar Series and Indy Light Series. Georgia, what are some of the challenges, especially as females you know, working in this sport, that you maybe have overcome or maybe you've seen along the way? Well, as we know, motorsports is a male-dominated sport, so it's always nice to see the female influence. And I feel like really banding together and sticking together and kind of growing with each other and making an impact on the sport is really what's what's the, the most positive and impactful thing to do. And um, I love seeing women at the racetrack and being a part of it. And and I just think that, that we're on the up and up. What is a piece of advice you have for other females, you know, that are looking to get into a job like yours or a career? Like, where do they start? I think the biggest thing is just to get to the racetrack, even if it's your local grassroots dirt track, your local grassroots asphalt track. You go to NASCAR races, you go to IndyCar races, and you shake the hands of the people that are already working at the races. You never know when there's a job opening somewhere, and you never know when that light bulb's going to go off. And I think just being at the races and showing that you care about the sport and you want to be a part of the sport is the biggest. On Track with Diversity is brought to you by Gallagher. For 95 years in communities across the globe. Gallagher's insurance, risk management, and consulting solutions have helped businesses face their future with confidence. Gallagher. To learn more, visit AJG.com. Uh, Big Machine Music City Grand Prix on hold because of lightning. Again, heavy rains just after the uh, Indy Lights presented by Cooper Tires, followed by lightning. Had a couple of strikes over the past five to seven minutes or so. So, again, the festivities on hold because we have to to wait the 30 minutes uh, after a strike before things can proceed. But we do have time to catch up with a couple of the drivers that will lead the field to the green flag today. It's brought to you by Speedway, the official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. And Ryan Marie just caught up with our pole sitter, Scott McLaughlin. Scott McLaughlin set the all-time Penske record for poles yesterday. He'll roll off from P1 today for the Music City Grand Prix. Have you thought about the significance of that? Thinking on the history of this team, and no one has won more poles for Team Penske than you have. Yeah, it's pretty special. Obviously, um, you know, at Team Penske, it's a big thing just, you know, being the fastest car and the opportunity to race for Roger is a big thing, you know, and to, to get be successful doing that, it's a very proud moment for me and my family. And, yeah, just, you know, proud of everyone. The Dex Imaging car was, you know, unreal yesterday and, and uh, you know, like really excited for today's race. I think uh, we've got a fast race car and, and hopefully we can add to our win tally as well. Given the nature of this circuit, how important is it to start up front? Oh, yeah, important. You know, last year was a unique race. It'll be interesting what this year's like. I'm sure it's going to be crazy, but it may not be as bad. So we'll see. Um, but also I might put the mocker on and you never know what will happen. But we'll see uh, We'll see how we go. Best of luck and try and stay cool. Yes, yeah, sir. Thank you. That's the pole sitter, Scott McLaughlin. And uh, joining Scott McLaughlin on the front row in the DHL machine, the 28 car, Roman Grosjean. And Joel Sebastianelli has caught up with him. Roman Grosjean starts second in today's Music City Grand Prix. You've seen a lot, and you are one of the most accomplished drivers in the field, but it's been a while since you've won, given the circumstances and knowing that you have a car to win. A little extra anxiety coming into the race, or does it feel like any other day in IndyCar? No, it's just, uh, it's just another race. Obviously, we start in a good position, but we uh, we know that it's a track, a race that a lot can happen. So uh, I think the most important is just that we uh, feel good in the car. We've got a good car. 
we've been able to be competitive the whole weekend and uh, that's what really matters to me so you know I think uh, McLaughlin did a, a terrific job yesterday Penske have had a, an incredible car all weekend but we're definitely going to try to give them a hard time and uh, and see if we uh, we get a shot at it with all of the chaos that we've seen last year and throughout this weekend how does that affect the strategy uh, my fear is that because of the chaos last year, it's going to be a pretty straightforward race today, but I may be wrong, so uh, we'll know in, uh, in 80 laps time. Stranger things have happened, but strange things usually do happen here in Nashville. Roman Grosjean starts second, looking for his first IndyCar win and first win since 2011. It's Insight from the Front Row, brought to you by Speedway, the official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. A minute with the legend Mario Andretti when we come back. Weather delay due to lightning strikes around the big machine music city Grand Prix. It's time now for a minute with Mario presented by Ruoff Mortgage. This week we talk with Mario about his favorite vacation spot and pose the question, Mario, have you ever been starstruck? Oh, yes, of course. Paul Newman, when I was, uh, you know, much younger, uh, when I first met him personally, Joy and Woodward, you know, together. Uh, actually, they were sponsors of my car on that Can-Am car that I was driving in Bridgehampton. This is 1967, and I definitely was starstruck then. Actually, I just love it when I can just relax at the lake that I own up in the Poconos uh, with the family. I have uh, all of my toys there, and, uh, you know, I can fly. We can play tennis. We can do whatever. I can drive my race boats uh, on the lake at whatever speed I, I choose. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's my favorite. A Minute with Mario presented by Ruoff Mortgage for a fast mortgage process. Apply online at Ruoff.com. Email your questions for Mario to radio at IndyCar.com. And maybe we will use a question, have it answered by Mario in a future broadcast. A big to-do, Davey Hamilton, a little bit earlier on today. It's been announced that Marco Andretti is going to run in the Xfinity Series a little bit later on with the folks at the Big Machine. Scott Morchetta making the announcement with Marco. He's going to get a chance to uh, compete in the Xfinity Series. Series later this season at the Roval in Charlotte. Nick Yeoman and I will be there to call that for the good folks at PRN. Yeah, well, that's a great opportunity. And if you recall, during the SRX series that Marco won the championship in. That's right. He said, you know, maybe somebody's looking at me and I, I could run an Xfinity car. Well, it happened. Scott Bruschetta obviously must have seen that. He sponsors that series as well. And Marco's going to get an opportunity. And what a great place, I feel like, for Marco to debut. It's on a road course. And Oval kind of together. The Roval, obviously. I think he could shine there. Obviously, he needs to let that wrist uh, heal up a bit. He broke his wrist the last race of the SRX race. But, uh, but yeah, great, great news. I've seen that today. I've seen all the Andretti's with Scott Borchetta. And Scott Borchetta, you know, you have to you know, really hand to that guy. Not, not only is he a, a great businessman with Big Machine Records, a Big Machine Vodka, and, and many other brands. He, he, he's great ambassador for racing, sponsoring a lot of series, helping sponsors uh, or helping a lot of series, you know, make sure they get to the racetrack and support them. But he's also a really good racing driver in the TA2 series, which is now, no, you know, Rafa Matos was my teammate who races in, in IndyCar, who races in that series. So I always kind of judge off of him. He, he's a champion. He wins a lot. But he ran fifth. Scott Prashetta ran third. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a very good race driver as well. So Scott is very around. His brother Mark, uh, who I deal 
with quite a bit. Very, very cool people. I mean, it's fun to be around. They love the sport. They love motorsports. But they love getting behind the wheel and putting that helmet on and getting after it as well. So it's pretty uh, cool. Well, I can tell you, a couple of years ago when we were there at the Roval in Charlotte, Joseph Newgarden ran an IndyCar a few laps around there. There was plenty of interest in that. And uh, uh, Nick Yobin and I have talked about it from time to time, Davey. That'd be a cool place if you ever going to talk about doing another triple header weekend. Yeah, well, I like the triple header weekends. I think it was pretty exciting. Now, you know, we feel like Indianapolis Motor Speedway is, you know, basically our town, our track, our, you know, it's our facility. We're there the most. And so when NASCAR comes in, they're the visitors, so to speak. It would be fun to go to their backyard and go to, to Charlotte on that Roval. Obviously, Joseph can tell us all if it would be a good race or not with the IndyCars. You were there. You feel like it could be. And I, I think it would be a great race for the IndyCars to do a triple header on that facility. So you never know. No, maybe maybe us talking about it will make something happen as well. But uh, but it would be fun to watch that. Interesting to look at our multi-screen monitor here, Davey. That weather delay, that hold continues because of lightning in the area. And it's interesting to see there's parts of this track that are still very, very wet. And there's some that, quite frankly, are starting to dry. Absolutely. So some, some areas completely dry. In other words, like you, as you just mentioned, not only wet, but puddles. So there's a lot of people walking around still. A lot of people, the rain's not coming down. The fear is... The, the, the lightning, as we talked about, the lightning shoots everything back. Uh, I wish we had better updates for everybody and all these fans that are here to give them a little better indication what the plan is and what the weather looks like. But, uh, I mean, hopefully sooner than later we get this thing going. Uh, when we do get going, uh, Ryan Marine, Graham Rahal will roll off ninth. Yes, he will. A nice top 10 qualifying effort for Bram. We talked to him yesterday, and I think he felt like there might have been more out there. And we'll talk about what's happening on track in a moment. But first, the big announcement earlier today, sponsorship extension with the team and Fifth Third Bank. They've been longtime partners of RLL. What does their continued support mean for you and for this team? Yeah, it's great, uh, you know, for us, for the relationship to continue. Uh, with Fifth Third for, for many years to come, uh, I believe through 2025. And they've been a great partner of ours now. That'll that'll cross us up to, to 10 years with them. Um, you know, it's a, it's been a tremendous relationship. I think, um, you know, at the core of it, that's what it's all about. Obviously, we need to get the on-track success uh, get a little better for them. Uh, but overall, it's a, it's a great partnership and happy to see them keep going. We see sponsors come and go in this sport, but by and large, those that buy in with RLL, they tend to stay around. It's not a surprise to see a sponsor with you folks for 10 years. What is it that you do to make this a value proposition for those that invest? Well, as we said, um, you know, in in the press conference this morning, I think the biggest thing for us is to try to create a culture within our racing team that, that provides success to them both on and off the track. And so that ultimately that's what it comes down to is trying to uh, create an environment which there's business opportunities, uh, where there's good return on their investment through social, where there's a good return on their investment uh, through on-track success. And you put all these things together. And yes, I mean, our hope is that you know, most of our sponsors are here for the long term. United Rentals is, you know, Fifth Third Bank is, um, obviously High V. There's a lot of our, our groups. You know, you won't see much change year after year, which is what we what we intend and what we hope uh, keeps going. It's what keeps the wheels turning in this sport, that's for sure. Looking ahead to the race, bit of a delay here. Not sure what conditions are going to be like when we do get going. Is there any apprehension with the unknown? No, uh, you know, as I said earlier today. To somebody else, you know, you can't control the unknown. You can't control, you know, what what could or, or may happen. Um, ultimately, we've got to go out and 
do the best that we can do and face the conditions that we can. And to the fans that are here, you know, and the fans that are watching or listening, you know, thanks for being patient. I know it's tough. This is not what any of us want to spend our Sunday doing. Um, you know, we've all got plans, you know, tomorrow and so on. So to to, to stick around is, is tough. But at the end of the day, there's nothing we can do about lightning either. Um, you know, clearly we can race in the rain, but we can't race in lightning. And so uh, it looks, I, I hate to say it, but it looks like there's more on the horizon here. And uh, hopefully it'll get, us, get around us quickly and we can try to still get this in this afternoon. When we do get going, how do you anticipate this race playing out? Is it going to look kind of like last year or with the changes to the track, the changes to the restart zone, might we see a slightly different set of circumstances? Yeah, I hope it's less, yet less yellow. You know, I, last year was kind of a mess. A lot of that is the product of where the, the start-finish uh, line is uh, and having the restarts there. So we move those restarts to the back straight. Hopefully that cleans a lot of it up. You know, I think the, the driving talent is clearly very good in the sport right now uh, at a very high level and so hopefully that'll create you know a, uh, a better race today lastly what does success look like for you today how far up can you get we can win i mean you know honestly i think we we played this thing from all different parts of the grid um you know we're starting on blacks obviously new garden right ahead of us is as well yeah we just got to see but there's no reason to believe you know, on any given Sunday, particularly an IndyCar right now, literally, on any given Sunday, it can be anybody's day. Hopefully this time around, it's us. Beautiful thing about IndyCar these days, Graham. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, all three drivers from that race team, in fact, Davey Hamilton, starting in the top 11. I don't think we've been able to say that all year long about Ray Hall, Leonard, and Lanigan. Yeah, you know, they, they really did struggle, right, early in this season. And, and now, uh, after after a great test they had at Sebring and actually on a bumpy racetrack, which really simulated this track as well, uh, they found speed. They look good. I mean, after Lundquist, run, runner-up uh, finish at Indianapolis last week, fastest one of their practices here. Just He just looks good, man. He just looks really good. And and, and so does Graham. We, we've said for years, you and I, Mark, if, if Graham Rahal could qualify, watch out in the race because he always comes forward. He always always runs really well in the race and uh, it's been a while since we've seen one of those Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan cars on top of the step and, and uh, it's going to happen. They, they, they have the right people. They have the right drivers and it's just, uh, they just need to get it all put together. Uh, Davey, I, it, maybe we make too much of these delays because, you know, our level of impatience, I think, uh, while certainly noticeable, there's uh, nothing like what these drivers are going through. I mean, they're ready to get into the cockpit and, and go race and you heard Graham, he said, you know, thanks to the fans and everyone watching, everyone listening for their patience, and he was rather matter-of-fact about it. He said, you really can't do much about it, you can't worry and wonder about it, and I'm assuming by those uh, comments that the race strategists and the engineers and the drivers, whatever plan they put together, they put a plan together for this race, no matter what time it starts, and it may not vary much unless, of course, it's raining at the time and it's a wet, wet racetrack. That might be the only thing that would t- change their strategy, would it? Yeah, you know, yeah, that's exactly right. So, I mean, it does, this, this race is crazy. So we've only had one opportunity to have a, an event here, and the guy that won, it's like, okay, wait, how'd he do that? I mean, so it, we, we learned very quickly, lot, there was a lot of yellows, there was a lot of mistakes made, a guy from the middle of the pack wins the race. So, when it comes to straight-out strategy, which you have to do first is is do that but then you have to put a lot of different uh, you know thinking into this one event because of 
just for example, pit lane. You know, you can make up time sometimes or not lose that much time under yellow on pit lane. You, you, uh, and even on green, you're not going to lose that much time. So, uh, you know, they have a lot to think about. Um, I, I think the biggest thing for these teams are all telling their drivers, the who makes the least mistakes is going to have the best opportunity to win. And so that wasn't the case last year. But I do think that the, the, the mistakes are going to cost you because you, you're going to lose just too much time. This racetrack is a, a challenge uh, to start with. Now, one thing that Connor did say, it did cool down with the rain and the overcast. I mean, it was brutally hot this morning. I mean, brutally hot from, from about 630. You couldn't, I mean, you're just, you know, sweating, doing nothing. So um, it will help them. But as we're talking, as you can see on the monitors, Mark, uh, some of the racetracks dry, some's wet. But unfortunately, under one of our monitors, a lot of black, a lot of black skies behind uh, looks like potentially coming this way. So um, hopefully, like uh, Graham said, can't do lightning, but we can do rain. So hopefully it uh, we get it in today. Uh, let's get more specifics from Ryan Marine on what things look like both around the racetrack and as you look skyward, Ryan. Well, that's where most faces are turned at the moment, skyward. We're watching the cloud cover that is rolled into this area, and there's a dark bit of cloud cover off behind me, uh, kind of back towards the, the bridge area at this point. And then overhead right now, it's a little bit lighter as far, far as the cloud cover goes. But then looking off a ways into the distance, the direction that the weather is coming from, that's where it starts to look ominous once again. I think that's what Graham Rahal was alluding to. In fact, the sky's off in that direction look an awful lot like they did oh about an hour or so ago when this first round of weather came through so that's not a prognostication necessarily but i will say it does look a little bit on the ominous side at this stage we have not seen lightning for some time we're on un we understand that the shelter in place order that had been issued by nissan stadium has been lifted about seven or eight minutes ago at this point but uh, a lot of eyes looking off on the horizon to see what might be coming our way uh, well let's give you an opportunity just in case to find a safe place then thank you for your efforts we are going to hit the rewind button ladies and gentlemen and we are going to take you back one year ago to last year's inaugural big machine music city grand prix we're going to pick it up at the green flag and stay with us during the commercial breaks during this race we will update you on what's going on here and now so again uh, let's take a look back last year's big machine music city grand prix I hope you've enjoyed uh, listening to a portion of last year's uh, Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. Mark James and uh, cause for optimism, folks. Uh, in conditions ever improving now as we're back live uh, on the streets of Nashville. Let's hear from some of the drivers who, like all of us, have been waiting patiently, Ryan Marine, like Dalton Kelly. Yes, Dalton has been waiting patiently. Maybe it's a little more difficult because you're about to start from the best starting position in your NTT IndyCar Series career. First of all, congratulations making it through to the second round of qualifying yesterday. But now you're in the middle of these crazy people as we're about to go green on a track, the conditions of which we're not totally certain about. Yeah, it's added to the excitement here at National for the Music City Grand Prix. Like I said, we had our best qualifying for the number four K-Line crew. And uh, just so proud of this team, really happy how it went. It's going to be exciting. Uh, we'll see how it goes. You know, we're just be trying to push forward, and we're, we're, we're slated to start on alternates, providing it doesn't rain again. 
So I think that'll give us an advantage on the guys on primaries around us to see what we can do off the start and go from there. You were telling me you were looking at the conditions on monitors and things like that, looking around the track. What do you anticipate will greet you when you head out there on the formation laps? There's a couple puddles here and there. Kyle and I actually went around on the bikes and, and, and scooters kind of checking the place out. There's a, there was a good puddle in turn 10. It looks like the concrete and the bridge is drying pretty quickly. So we'll love to see where the streams are. And in the braking zone in turn four, like there was a stream coming across. So we'll, we'll have to watch out for that. But we'll... Uh, Check that out on, on our formation lap and uh, make adjustments as needed. Best of luck. Thank you. Joel? The first driver, I believe, on pit lane, Ryan, is Devlin D. Francesco. Eager to get out here, clearly. What have you done to pass this time? I just hung out in the engineering trailer and, uh, you know, just let the time go by, you know, with, uh, with the team. And uh, I'm just looking forward to, to going out and having a good race today. All right, so I hopped over the wall to talk to you, and I can't help but notice. As I walked from the entrance to pit lane, it is dry down to where we are, about halfway down pit lane. And when you get down there, they are still squeegeeing away buckets of water. We don't know which tires we're going to be using yet for this race. But depending on how much a pit lane can be dry, how much of an advantage do you think it is going to be pitting from a dry stall right here? 100%. It'd be a massive. It'd be a massive advantage. You know, your 60 to zero time will be a fair bit better than someone else's whose pit stall is wet, and then your your zero to 60 time will be a lot quicker than someone else's pit stall who is wet. So, that that is uh, quite a big importance, especially if we could everybody could be making uh, an early pit stop. Do you think that you may be making an early pit stop? What does the tire strategy look like depending on wet versus dry? I don't know. We'll we'll know when the race starts, and uh, and then we'll know. But for now, I couldn't tell you anything. Okay, that's Devlin D. Francesco with Andretti Autosport, rolling off in 24th position in the 29. And we can tell you that uh, the majority of the pre-race festivities have been canceled. They will uh, try to get the command to start engines at some point, and as that information is uh, passed along to us, we will bring it to you. And uh, I, I guess the unknown, Davey, as we've heard a couple of drivers say already, as Davey Hamilton rejoins us, uh, the unknown. But as the old saying goes, Davey, it's the same for everybody, huh? It is the same for everybody. The good news is the track looks pretty dry, Mark. Right. We talked yeah. about it earlier. It looks really good. Pit lanes, very wet. You know, where the, the transporters are is very wet. Um, good news is there is some sunshine. I do see some dark black clouds around, but no lightning is the, is the key. So let's just uh, let's hope that this is going to go in here pretty soon. I think it's dried to the point, Davey, and as I, I think race control has designated it a dry start, in yeah. fact. Yeah, yeah, it's a dry race. I mean, if you look on course, there's a couple corners that have moisture. And, and this morning, actually, uh, when I ran the two-seater, there were a few areas that were wet. It wasn't bad. You just had to be careful through those on the wets or on the dry tires. But, yeah, it's been designated a dry race and if it doesn't rain anymore between now and early or the earliest i see a green flag is 45 minutes or so I, I don't see them being able to do the pre-race festivities and get the drivers in the cars and be ready to go before that so that just gives it that much more time to dry uh busy weekend for mike shank the folks at myers shank racing as it has often been the case throughout the course of the season ryan marine yeah, they've already had one rain race today up at Road America, the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. It looks like at least a damp race for us, weather-affected race for us here in Nashville for you, Mike. So uh, with both of your guys, what are you expecting this start of this race to be like? 
This is really tricky. I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen. The lightning is what does us in here, so we can deal with the rain, and, and both our guys are good in the rain, so we're okay with that. I think when we get out there, they've called it a dry race, meaning we have to roll out on drives, but they could that could change in a heartbeat. I mean, we're going to get this race in for these people that come out to support this incredible event, and uh, I look forward to it. But you know, what you're looking at today is potential half race distances, strategy based off of that potentially. You got it all today. Take us behind the scenes in the engineering room and the strategy room. How many permutations were you going through to plan for any eventuality? I'll be honest with you. I gave up. I'm like, <laughs> there are so many uh, that we just got to let this thing evolve. It's like a breathing organism, literally. We, because we all know how tough it is to not have yellows here, a lot of them. And here comes rain. Again. Yeah, just as we talk about it, a little bit of rain starting to come down. It's all right, we're ready. It'll be a good show for everybody. Good luck today. Thank you, man. That's Mike Shank, Joel. We're here with Jack Harvey, and the two of us are starting to feel raindrops, of course, right after they just said we're going to start on dries. What do you expect outside of the weather? Uh, honestly, on days like today, I try to lower all expectations and not have any preconceived ideas about what's going to happen. Literally, as soon as they said, you know, to be ready to get ready and then they were going to try and uh, get this race going. I mean, it's definitely raining out here. I mean, I'm not just feeling this. I can see it as well. So uh, we'll just wait and see, honestly, right now. I think the thing that people need to remember is, you know, on a street circuit, you've got no margin for error anyway. And at the last Indy GP race, when it rained, honestly, visibility was just terrible. So... Uh, I think we need to, obviously, to get the race in is one of so high importance. However, making sure that we stay safe and things like that also I think today is worth some consideration. I know they said they wanted it to be a dry start. It's raining again now, so we'll have to wait and see what decision IndyCar makes. And I guess anything I would say to people, this is such a fluid situation that, you know, if you can stay with us and stick with us through it... Uh, that would be amazing, but also, you know, a lot of decisions get made are very made on the fly, and they're just based on the info that we have at the time. So, uh, honestly, I'm not sure I necessarily want to be a race director on days like today, but uh, I think the series normally do a pretty good job of keeping us safe, so hopefully it pans out well. All right, so the Hyvie Honda has looked good, and really the entire Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan team has looked good this weekend. With a wet race, let's say it is a wet race, is that a great equalizer, or do you think that strengthens you in some way? Uh, I mean, I think it's an equalizer for sure. Uh, you know, I think Christian obviously has looked really good, and you know, say is Graham. I think I'm maybe just missing a little bit of uh, speed compared to those two guys. But yeah, I think obviously I spent a lot of time in the UK growing up, driving in the rain, and certainly don't just forget how to do that. So I'm uh, I'm optimistic about what we can do today, honestly, in, in any condition. Uh, so if it rains, so be it. If it's dry, so be it. Just wanna you wanna try and get it in. I just uh, I just hope we're not going out there with a you know a huge amount of rooster tails coming off the back of the cars. Understood. Do you have any idea what your plans may be for next year yet? Uh, yeah, I'm locked in for another year here, so uh, yeah, I mean, 2023 is not a, not a concern for me. That's what we like to hear. Hopefully no concerns on track either. Yeah. Jack Harvey, starting 11th. Yeah, Thanks, this, this, of course, Thanks, is normally the time of the year when we, we start having those conversations, but Davey, as we well documented, these conversations uh, basically started about the time we left uh, St. Petersburg in terms of uh, the yeah. extended silly season we've had. Silly huh? season, yeah, start, started the very first race of the, of the year, so yeah, pretty pretty outstanding that that, that it started that early, but seems like things are lined up. Obviously, he knows where he's going to be. Um, understood. I understand that there could be a fourth car 
in that Ray Hall Letterman Letterman camp. So don't know who that driver would be, but uh, heard heard a few rumors, and so it just continues on on who's going to drive what and what cars are going to be for next year. And uh, good news for them is uh, an extension, an expansion of their relationship with the uh, fifth third going to be on Graham's car here at Nashville next year. And uh, I, I will say this, Davey, uh, all of the NTT IndyCar Series teams and drivers very very active with their sponsor activations, but. Uh, well, I'll tell you, uh, there have been a lot of times when you looked at Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan Racing, and Graham Ray Hall, and some of the drivers they've had in their stables over the years, they really understand how important it is to go out there and represent the companies that are on their side pods and on their race cars. Yeah, you know, without them, we're not able to do what we love, the sport that we love, and it, it takes sponsors from all sides. It's it's from the series, the tracks, the teams, the owners, and these drivers, so you have to make sure you put them number one. Uh, 16th place start for the rookie Kyle Kirkwood, Brian Marie. Yes, and you'll recall that Kyle has expressed to us a couple of times over the course of the weekend that he's really happy on the blacks, not so much on the green alternate tires here this weekend. And as we chatted about about an hour ago, should this end up being a designated wet race, you're not required to run both sets of compounds like you would ordinarily. Would that play into your hands? Uh, I think it would definitely be beneficial for us, yes. Um, But with conditions like this where it's wet and dry, wet and dry, it's almost better to go to those green tires regardless because you, you're able to build temp so much quicker. And I think if you see conditions like this, you're most likely going to see a lot of cautions. Um, and, I mean, I guess we'll see here in a few seconds. They're directing everyone to their pit box. I guess they'll make a decision whether they declare it a wet or dry race here here in a few minutes. So uh, we'll see what happens. But the rain's still, still coming down very, very slightly, but um, not enough to really get the track wet, but just kind of slop it up a little bit for us it would still at this moment it'd still be dry but anymore i think it'll be they'll probably have to say it's a wet race that's an unknown for everyone does it help someone with limited experience like a rookie to go into a track that no one has any wet weather experience on Uh, it's definitely yeah because it's new for everyone else so i think that's uh yeah that's a given that's for sure but i've only gotten two or three laps on this Firestone rain tire, and that was that Indy Road course where it was pretty much dry. So um, I still have no knowledge with the car or anything, but it does help a little bit that it's on a place that no one else has driven before in the wet. I'll tell you this. You don't look daunted by this at all. You look as excited about it as could be. Big smile on your face, right? I mean, honestly, we started mid-pack when I feel like we should have been really in the top 10. So um, I think this brings up our chances to move forward a little bit quicker. Best of luck. Thank you. Back to you, Joel. And back in David Malukas's pit stall. He starts seventh today. It's coming down a little bit harder now, trying not to get us too wet here. If it is a wet race, would you welcome that? Uh, I mean, yeah, I probably would. I think it would just add to uh, to the chaos of, of the Nashville race. You know, it was, it was chaotic last year, and I think adding rain into it, I think it will make it that much more interesting. But, you know, I think with the rain race experience that we've had at, at the Indy GP, I think we were, we were actually pretty good. So I, I wouldn't mind a bit of rain. Rain or dry, I'm happy either way. Do you enjoy driving in the rain? I do, yes, as long as we're, you know, on the successful end. I mean, if you're going backwards, then you don't really enjoy it. But um, overall, generally, yes, I do enjoy the rain. It, it adds a bit of a bit of spice to the to the race. You know, especially in this stretch since mid-Ohio, that month or so, you haven't been moving backwards. You've been moving forward. You've got an average finishing position of 11th. You've been qualifying better. Do you feel like there's some kind of momentum, like you've started to have something click? 
Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I'm starting to learn how how IndyCar works with strategy, tire saving, fuel saving, and trying to get the maximum out of the car. You know, that was one of the hardest parts in in qualifying. Is these drivers they push 110 percent and they push it in a right way. And for me, it was trying to figure out how to do that. And I think we're getting more and more successful, and that's what's kind of bringing this consistency and this momentum in. And so hopefully we can carry it all the way until these these last couple of races at the end of the season. All right, we wish you the best of luck. That's David Malukas, Ryan. Pit Road is open, and a number of teams have pushed their cars out here. Colton Hurt is sitting up on the pit wall, giving a high five to some hardy race fans. Even though they're wearing Graham Rahal hats. Hey, they're IndyCar fans, right? You'll take them how you can get them? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's good. it's good to see that a lot of people are still here. I mean, it's probably been pretty brutal for the fans to, to find shelter and, and wait this out. So I appreciate the ones that stayed and um, everyone that's watching and listening still. It's, it's been <laughs> brutal for everyone here. For you, we know qualifying didn't go the way you hoped. Does Mother Nature play into your hands now? Maybe provide some opportunities that might not have been there otherwise? Um, possibly. I think it's it's definitely doesn't hurt from starting in the back. But we'll see. I think they everyone's on slick tires right now. So I, I wonder how long that's going to last though, with the steady rain. If we run right now, the track will stay dry. And, and it's already a little pretty dry. But if the steady rain continues and we have to wait again, who knows what will happen with the track. What do you anticipate grip levels to be like if it stayed as we see it right now? It's definitely going to be really poor and less than ideal. Um, just like kind of similar to what we had in qualifying after it rained and, and we just got to go out on a green, tra green track. But but in this case, there, there are still a lot of damp patches and stuff. So you have to, to watch yourself for the first few laps. Um, if we do start the race, I'm starting on, on reds. And so hopefully that, that helps a little bit with that, that situation in the beginning. But I'm confident. From a setup perspective, there are changes you could make preemptively if you were expecting a wet race. I think we were all scratching our heads, not sure what to expect. What do you think? Is it going to be a mix up and down the pit lane? Is it a hybrid wet dry or, or was it pretty much what we saw in the cars in warm up this morning? It's probably pretty close to warm up. Um, at least that's that, what our team stayed on. You know, I think even in the wet, it doesn't it tend to hurt the setup too bad, especially because of how soft you run at these street courses and, and stuff like that. So so wet setup is is pretty close to a street course setup anyway. So we'll see what happens. And um, but no, I've, I've had confidence in the car all week and in, in the speed spin there. We just haven't put it together. So looking forward to the race and putting everything together finally. We are too. Put on a show for us. All right. Thank you. That's Colton Herta. Joel. Simon Pagina wants to put on a show, too, starting from 13th. And we're all kind of looking skywards, wondering what's going to happen here. Which kind of weather conditions do you think would best suit this setup? Suit, suit us, you mean? Uh, as a team, well, I mean, we love the rain. So, <laughs> you know, if it's raining also... I believe there's more chances to, um, uh, to to extract more out of the situation. Also, it could be very tricky, um, but I enjoy those situations. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't mind some rain. I know I'm probably one of the only one, but uh, I like it when it's, uh, when it's tricky like that. How much does the track change after rain? Well, yeah, certainly. Like it, we saw in qualifying yesterday, the first lap, it's interesting. When it rains and pours down like that, the rubber that we lay down in practice just goes away completely. So you, you're back to the track that we showed up uh, with on Friday morning, uh, really slippery, difficult to get tight temperature in, and a lot of locking up the, the brakes. So you might see a lot of mistakes. 
Does this mess with your pre-race vibe at all when you're just waiting around trying to figure out what tires you're going to use and you don't even know when green flag is going to be? Uh, the biggest thing is mostly the um, the weight, uh, not knowing when the green flag is going to be. So the routine that I'm usually into, you know, I, I usually eat a certain time before the race, uh, take my hydration and uh, all my vitamins at a certain time, uh, knowing that it worked for me in the past. And, you know, in these situations, you really have to adapt and it's more like a sports car race. All right. Well, feeling sporty today. Simon Pagino starts 13th, Ryan. Thank you. And I'm with Taylor Kyle. He's the strategist for Pato Award. And, Taylor, days like today are the days you make your money, right? Because a lot's going to come down to timing of yellows, timing of pit stops, and that puts a lot in your hands. Yeah, for sure it does. I think we've we've done a good job, you know, it, it, on our originally scheduled meeting and then with the time that we we had that was created because of the delay to, uh, to really look at all scenarios and understand um, – you know what we can do to, to try to move forward. We're, we're in a good starting spot, um, but we got two cars to look after. You know, we've got Felix. We're trying to get up to the front of the field as well, too. So, a lot of options here. Obviously, we've only got one race worth of data here. Um, it was pretty wild. You know, the winner last year had five pit stops and you know ran over somebody. So anything could happen here. Anything could happen in IndyCar racing. So we'll just stay on our toes and try to make the best calls we can. Given how unpredictable how unpredictable last year's race was can you really draw too many conclusions like you would ordinarily going from one year to the next yeah I, I think you can I think you can look at the circuit type and the circuit layout here and understand that you know turn four and turn nine have have some runoffs it could be serviced locally but everywhere else kind of shuts the track down so you're always uh, you're always looking at the TV feeds and the camera feeds and trying to stay ahead of any any scenarios where a full course yellow might be present and then understanding where you're at in your windows is ultra important and hedging against uh, getting shuffled back in the pack and losing track position is also super important. So it's really tough to pass here. There are a couple really good passing zones, but there's only a couple. So you need to uh, take advantage of track position and do the best you can. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you. Joel? Callum Eilat starts 19th in his Nashville debut. What do you think so far? Great weather. Yeah, lovely weather. It's like England all over again. Um, yeah, no, so far it's been a very differentiating um, climate. I mean, we've had some super hot days, very, very sweaty as a driver. Um, but now it's cooler. Obviously, yeah, they declared it a dry race, so it's going to be a bit slippy to start, but we'll see. Well, you touched on something there. It's cooler. A lot of guys have been complaining about the heat. How have you found that throughout the weekend? And if nothing else, regardless of track conditions, do you welcome the weather as it is right now? Uh, yeah, the problem is it's probably going to heat up a little bit, and so it's going to be even more humid. Um, but no, I mean the the weather when you're driving is it's hot, but it's it's okay. It's when you come into the pits and everything heat soaks, it's it's unbearable. It's like it's boiling. Um, but when you're driving, it's okay. When air's flowing through the car, but otherwise you get like no ventilation when you're sat there. Thank you, Callum Eilat starts 19th. Let's send it back over to Ryan. And chatting now with the reigning NTT IndyCar Series champion, Alex Pillow, about to embark on a uh, start to this race in maybe damp conditions, but it sounds like with dry tires. What's the start going to be like, and is it a good thing you've got a decent starting position? Um, I don't know what the start's going to be like, man. Um, I think nobody knows, but uh, the, the good thing is that we're starting up front. Uh, we have a fast car, and whatever happens, uh, we have a good starting position. So hopefully we can take advantage of that. Um, I have to say thank you to all the fans that still are here. It's it's tough with the weather we have, and I have some family on the grandstands as well. So I'll, we'll need some support from them. Uh, we need some good points. We need to start um, pushing hard for this championship. So, yeah.
looking forward to this race. It's going to be fun to watch for sure. The Penske boys have looked awfully strong here at this track over the course of the weekend, but we're really only looking at single lap pace as far as that goes. How about over a stint? Can the Ganassi guys get up there and mix it up? Yeah, to be honest, they, they, they've been really strong this weekend. Uh, we did a big progress since practice two to qualifying so i was super happy yesterday on qualifying with my car uh also today on the warm-up on longer runs so yeah i think so man i think we can go for it uh we can challenge these guys and and we can try and get the first win of the season last thing it is still relatively hot at Hubert, but the sun is behind the clouds. If it stays that way, how much of a help would that be with the temperatures inside the cockpit? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think it was super tough for everybody yesterday um, on the sun for the drivers inside the cars, but engineers, mechanics, the fans. So, um, yeah, it's going to be better. Um, I hope it doesn't really downpour. So Me yeah, too. Yeah, I, I bet for everybody it's best <laughs> if, if it doesn't start raining like crazy. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll be ready for it. All right, that's Alex Below. Good luck. Thank you. And we'll head back over to Joel. With the winner of this race last year, starting from the same position that you won this race last year, Marcus Erickson in 18th. Do you feel like the conditions are right for you to do that again? Yeah, I definitely think it's going to help. Uh, we're obviously starting a bit further back than we would like, but... Uh being yeah with this weather that's uh, been around the last hour and, and looks like it's going to stay around a bit longer it's going to definitely mix things up so i think for for where we're starting it's it's all positive how much of an eye do you keep on the other championship contenders do you just focus on your race <laughs> Both, you know, I, I think we need to focus on ourselves and maximize our points. Uh, I think that's the main main thing that we need to focus on. Is still four races to go, um, but yeah, it could be situations where we, where we have to sort of play against them as well. But I think mainly for me and my team, we need to focus on ourselves. Just focusing on the weather, obviously everyone is. It's been hot, not only wet but hot. Now that we've got this rain, it's cooled off a little bit. Do you welcome that, or were you actually a fan of having it be hot and humid unlike everybody else? Yeah, I, I wanted to say it's hot and humid as possible. I think that's, uh, you know, I feel like that's an advantage for me. I feel like I'm strong in the car, and I felt really good in practice and qualifying. I didn't really feel, obviously it was hot, but I didn't feel like it was a limitation, and I could see a lot of other drivers complaining about it. So, yeah, I don't mind if the sun comes out and it becomes hot again might be the only one that says that but he knows what works here he's our only winner in nashville marcus erickson starts 18th uh, so let's hear from will power talking about cool customers uh, what are will's thoughts on the day that uh, is getting ready we hope to unfold and go green ryan marine yeah we certainly hope the delay won't be much longer and you can get to work will i saw just taking a big swig of some kind of fluid at the moment getting ready to go how important is hydration going to be today yeah she's uh it's very humid so it's going to be a yeah physical race. Obviously, it's not as hot as it was. Um, the most difficult thing will be the track. Any idea? How do you prepare yourself? How important, I guess, are the formation laps, right, to get a read on the surface? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you gotta. Yep, gotta <laughs> work it out pretty quickly. It just depends what they send us on. Like they declare it a wet race, it will be a you know not as chaotic as a slick on sort of wet patches. So we'll see. All right, we'll let you get to it, Will. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Joel? 
an exciting announcement today in Nashville with Beth Peretta. And that announcement concerns your team. This is not going to be the last time we see you, is it? It's not going to be the last time you see us in 2022. Uh, we just announced that we're going to be at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, the finale race of the IndyCar season. Uh, so happy to have the partners that are with us already, and we're going to be naming an added partner that's going to allow us to get to Laguna Seca. So that, stay tuned for that announcement, that update. The car might change color, um, and maybe the, the fire suits too. But super excited. I've been, although I announced three races, the, the goal and plan was always four. So, ah, cats out of the bag. It was four the whole time. Well, there was a lot of planning that went into picking each of these tracks. Why Laguna for the fourth? Because it's the finale. I mean, respectfully, we wanted to make sure that we got road and street and balance. That's why we're at Nashville. We need to learn the skills of a street course. And again, not just for Simona and getting her chops back, but for everybody on the team. These are new venues for them. Uh, it was good spacing. I mean, if you look at our calendar, then we'll have done one in June, one July, one in August, and one in September, so that we're always kind of visible and always around and you don't forget about us. How much progress have you seen from everybody since this journey began? The thing that the, the progress that we're measuring is just us working together as a team, right? This is a new team working with Ed Carpenter Racing. So a lot of that is just learning how we work and communicate with each other. And that is just going uh, gangbusters. We're so happy to be with this team. Uh, the support from Chevrolet and everybody else. Acumatica, who's with us this weekend at Nashville, is a new partner. We couldn't do it without them. But I'd say the progress that you're seeing is that incremental progress, that's that steady progress that we needed. Simona getting comfortable in the car and everybody getting and comfortable with working with each other. All right, one more race still to go this season for Peretta Autosport and Simona Di Silvestro. Beth Peretta, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Yeah, that's awesome stuff and uh, great news, Davey Hamilton. And, uh, you know, again, that measured growth, but I think it speaks to the growth and the sustainability of the NTT IndyCar Series that they can make that announcement today and add that fourth event. Well, she, you know, she's trying as hard as she possibly can to be full time in this series, and that's just another, another road to that. You remember the Meyer Shank team, how they, you know, just slowly got in, ran when they could, and they end up being Indy 500 winners. So, uh, you know, uh, Simona, you know, she's she's a great. I'm, I'm glad she's back with the series. She loves Indy cars. She went off and continued to race, by the way, just not in Indy cars. So, with Beth putting this program together, uh, she she was definitely the right pick, and um, and and. Looking forward to, to, to see them finish the year out. Uh, they are in the process of gridding the cars on pit road. And uh, once those cars are gridded, Davey, then it will be uh, time for drivers to climb in their cars. And then once the announcement is made, the order is given drivers to their cars. Within nine minutes, we'll get the command. There you go. And, and then there will be a designated tire, Mark. Uh, so everybody will be set, uh, starting on the same designated tire, whatever that may be. Now, more than likely, it's going to be the softer compound green sidewall tires. We definitely don't need a rain tire. It's just, you know, virtually dry out there. It's 95% dry. All the really key areas, I think, are dry. So more than likely, everybody will start on that softer compound tire tire just to help to get heat in the, the tires a little quicker and, and just have a little more grip on a track that we know the rubber's been washed off of. Uh, well, in terms of that tire designation with the official starting lineup, Davey, uh, McLaughlin, Grosjean, Lungard, Alex Pillow, and Pottle Ward choosing the alternate greens. Newgarden starting sixth on the primary. Malukas uh, is on the alternate. And then prime hours for Power, Graham Rahal, the Redis VK, and Jack Harvey. 
Dalton Kellett, Simon Pagino on the alternates, and then it kind of gets jumbled up toward the bottom until you get to positions 21 through 26, where Simona Di Silvestro and Elio Castroneves are set to start on the alternates. Yeah, and that and that could be the situation. That's what they prefer to start on. Now, race control, and they have the option to say what tire they start on. Now, it may, they may just say dries. You start on dries or you, or you start on wet. So if it's just a dry tire, yes, you're right. That's exactly who will start on those tires, Mark. Keeps an interesting majority of them on those green, softer tires. But like you said, there's a few of them on the in the standard black. So uh, they're lining up. That's the good news. Pit, pit lane's even pretty dry. Uh, let's hear from Renus VK. A big announcement over the weekend. Ryan Marine looks like he's going to be hanging around familiar territory with that carpenter racing for the foreseeable future. It was welcome to see the news that Renus VK was signed a contract extension with Ed Carpenter Racing. No drama surrounding it, unlike some of the other news in the IndyCar paddock here in recent months. That's kind of off to one side right now because it's about time to get down to business here in Nashville. What do you think your chances are to move your way forward today? Well, uh, with this weather, everyone's got a lot of chance to move forward. Uh, I think a big thing today is going to be staying out of the, the trouble. So... No, I think um, I think we've been well, we've been definitely struggling this weekend to have pace. Got a little lucky in qualifying yesterday. Qualified tenth. Uh, also a pretty good lap. So um, I think this weather gives us more opportunities to move forward and you know to uh, to have pace. As a Dutchman, where you know it, it rains you know 360 days a, a year in my country. I kind of love the half-half weather. That's where, where I normally find find all the grip. I get the feeling that you also kind of love Nashville. Last year you showed up with the big cowboy hat. This year you got the, the cowboy-inspired beard, shall we say. So yeah. what is it about this place? Yeah, actually, I still have the hat, too, this uh, this weekend. But, you know, we're struggling a bit too much to be a clown. So I just keep it with the facial hair. But, no, I, I love the city, and I really love to dress to the occasion. We appreciate the time, Renas. Good luck today. Thank you. Uh, yeah, he was in Joseph Newgarden's ping-pong tournament wearing that cowboy hat, in fact. So, uh, uh, again, great to see Renus VK going to be with Ed Carpenter for the foreseeable future. And, again, drivers uh, now moving closer to their cars as the cars are being gridded. And we are moving closer, ever closer, to the green flag for the big machine, Music City Grand Prix. Well, you can't beat Nashville. To me, it's a perfect marriage. You know, IndyCar racing in the city of Nashville. Um, the energy, to me, is unmatched when you put on an event. I think Nashville really shows up. Um, you know, I've been able to experience that in my hometown at Predators games when, you know, we were competitive or the same thing with the Titans. But, you know, it is a party town. And I think when you go to a street course race, it's, it, it, you know, for us as drivers, it's fun. It's exhilarating. It's a very visceral experience for the fans, but it's also a party. And Nashville really shows out for that. So um, it was a great addition. You know, I think we need to keep uh, improving the track, trying to make it as, as good as we can for years to come. Um, but for, for me, it's a marquee event, one that I'm going to want to win more than almost anywhere else outside the Indy 5. Um, but just got to master the bumps. You know, it's kind of like Detroit. That place is bumpy and difficult, and it was hard to get right the first year round. Uh, well, recently, Davey Hamilton, guys like Sebastian Bourdais winning in their adoptive hometown of, of, of St. Petersburg, Florida. Graham Rahal winning at Mid-Ohio. I mean, always very, very special. I mean, for Joseph for a while, I, I guess the closest thing he had to a hometown race was Barber Motorsports Park uh, in, in Birmingham, Alabama, and Leeds more accurately. But um, I know he was one that was awfully happy 
happy when this race was announced. And uh, nearby Hendersonville is home for Joseph Dugarden, and he sorely wants to win this race. Oh, yeah, absolutely he does. I mean, this is one. When you're in your hometown, you want to win, no question about it. It's where all your friends, family, it's where you grew up. And, and the opportunity to have a race in your hometown doesn't happen that often for most of these drivers. So the few that do have that opportunity obviously want to win. Uh, well, the drivers to your cars, that order is about to be given uh, here at uh, 4.55 Eastern time, and that's 3.55 Central time, of course, and then uh, about five minutes past the hour is when we expect to get the command to start engines, and uh, in the interest of expediency, Davey, the typical uh, the, the pre-race festivities, uh, we've uh, not that uh, we, we decided to dispense with those and uh, drivers are putting their helmets on and climbing in the cockpits now. So yeah, we're getting ever it, closer. It's time. We're working down the monitor. We see a few little sprinkles coming down right now for sure. Uh, so it is dripping, but the the uh, the sky is so slightly, but they're wiping off the windshields, but still designated a dry tire start. So uh, we see Scott Dixon getting ready, getting his uh, gear out and getting ready to get in that car. But right now it is sprinkling just so slightly. Uh, 23 to 20. 28 laps as the fuel rains. That first pit window will come there. And so uh, uh, it's uh, going to be a, 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 a rock-solid three-stopper, is it not, Davey? So then I guess the question will become, how do you manage the tires? So what do you go on and win? And then there's the unknown variable of what the, the weather does in case rain picks up. Yeah, you know, I, I look at that the pit windows, and, you know, the only way that you really could do a two-stop, really, is is if somewhat happens last year, and that's a lot of yellow flags. But hopefully that's not the case. I, I, I foresee it being a three-stop. Don't be surprised if there's not some four-stops in there, too, just because of strategy for the only reason just to, to get on a different strategy. So uh, right now... Uh, it is definitely sprinkling. Car guys are in their drivers are getting in their cars. We see that right now. Roman Grosjean's going to start outside front row, suited up, getting ready to strap in his car. It, even though it's designated dry, if it continues to rain, they may be in quickly for some wets. Uh, talk about last year's race. In fact, uh, we had uh, three race leaders and four lead changes. But you talked about the cautions. Uh, 33 caution laps last year. We had nine caution periods, Davey, and a lot of carnage in that race. At times, it looked like an absolute traffic jam, but we think, again, because of some of the noteworthy changes that have been made to this course, it looks like that if there's a problem spot this year, it seems to be them being overly aggressive to the two primary passing zones at four and nine. That's right, four and nine, and even in turn one, sometimes we've seen some runoffs down there as well. Not so much a passing zone, but a place to try to make up some time. So that's where we're all going to pay attention to is turn four, turn nine. I think that's uh, that's an action pack. And by the way, that's why the grandstands are there. They have a lot of grandstands in those those corners, and and uh, so that's what that's what we expect to see a lot of passing in those those corners. Well, the thing to note about uh, turn number nine, I think that's that's most impressive by it. I mean, uh, you know. It, it, you might see some side-by-side stuff going into that turn, and whoever is to the high side, quite frankly, if they overshoot it or they can't make the turn because there's somebody to their inside, there's no question. They've created one of the most forgiving runoff zones anywhere on the NTT IndyCar Series circuit down there in turn nine. I mean, you could, you could get that thing whipped around and get it back out on the track in pretty short order. That's right. Very wide. And that's one of the widest ones we have anywhere on the series that you can get whipped around, turn that around, get back. And, and another thing, you have a good view of who's coming. You know when to be able to pull back out on that racetrack without causing havoc. So that is a good spot. Now, turn four, not so much. Uh, uh, it's a little tight down there, Mark. Uh, so, Davey, looking around this track on our multi-screen monitor, 
there are some spots where uh, there is some dampness. I, I don't know that there's any ponding or puddling anywhere, so I, I, I think the tire designation, uh, at least by race control, where they said this is going to be designated to dry start, we see a few sprinkles here or there on uh, some of those aero screens, but by and large, I, I think it seems pretty safe, that call to start dry. Yeah, no, a smart call, uh, because right now those sprinkles, they're really kind of evaporating as soon as they hit the ground. It's just a few wet spots, most of them out of the line, by the way, Mark. There's a few of them that we see just out of turn two. We see another one just right out, out of uh, going on, onto the bridge on turn three uh, with a little bit of moisture. But majority of the track where the cars will be running is dry. So definitely need to start on these these uh, slicks, not the rain tires. Uh, five minutes until the command to start engines. And we've got three of the best of the business to help paint the picture around this course, which is a little over two miles in length and all of the turns involved in one of the tighter, more technical portions of it. A guy that could very well be plenty busy because he has one of the hot spots. It's Jake Query. We welcome in Jake as he keeps an eye on the entrance to turn number four and other parts of this course. Mark's, Mark, thank you so much. When this racetrack was first designed, the real selling feature of it was it included going over a bridge, and that bridge is the Korean Veterans Memorial Bridge. They go over it, but then have to basically do one huge U-turn, for lack of a better phrase, to come back the other way across the bridge towards Nissan Stadium. When they do exactly that, that's when they come into my view. Turn number four is coming off of the bridge. Then it's around an area that includes a few office buildings before taking a right-handed turn number eight to go back then the other way over the bridge, which has been split right down the middle. So it's a very tricky area of the racetrack, Mac, uh, or Mark. It is very, very narrow. And so, therefore, if you get hung out to dry, you can create it into a parking lot. It'll be a lot of fun to watch over the course of this race. Exit to turn number eight leads back across the bridge, and uh, there's a noticeable elevation change as you climb it. When you crest the hill, the car picks up speed as you start to sit up for turn number nine. It, too, going to be a hot spot, and that's where we have parked Nick Yeoman for the day today. Yeah, Mark, and I'll tell you what, the rundown to turn number nine is anything but straight. It is a swooping right-hand corner. Turn nine is the intersection of Interstate Drive and Shelby Street. There is a gas station right on the corner to the inside of the corner. If you're interested, gas prices down here, $3.59. But we're not going to worry about that today because uh, the concern, Mark, is getting all of these drivers through turn number nine at the start of this race and the restart. The uh, entrance of the corner has been narrowed from a year ago. They want to make this corner a little bit slower to promote passing. There are tire barriers to the outside of the corner and, of course, concrete barriers awaiting every part of this uh, this Turn 9 complex. There's a long runoff area as well. It's been tested quite a bit. Once they leave Turn number 9, it's a short straightaway down to a left-hander of Turn 10. And, Michael Young, that is where they pop into your view. I think I can see you over there at Nissan Stadium, my friend. Well, I'm waving to you, Nick, in case you're uh, not quite sure who I am. Thank you, Nick, and looking forward to the call today. The left-hander of Turn number 10, as you just spoke about, that is Russell Street, and the field will make a quick dash down Russell Street as the exit of turn number 10 greets them into turn number 11, which is a 90-degree left-hander. They actually move the apex of the turn in four feet from last year, and as I look down at the asphalt patch that they put at the apex of turn number four, it's now concrete more towards that apex, and there is still some damp portions of that asphalt here in turn number 11. So I'd imagine after we get a few laps into these uh, Firestone tires, we should be good 
good to go, and we should see that uh, evaporate. We do have also a runoff area here on Russell Street. We saw Christian Lundgaard get off there yesterday, able to whip it back around and rejoin the field. It's a very tight portion of this track. Last year, we had a traffic jam out here, and of course, the parking lot to Nissan Stadium to uh, my east, and I look to the north, and the skies are starting to clear, Mark Janes, as they exit turn number 11. They'll head down that front straight away, and that quick turns one and two. Looking forward to another great one here in Nashville, Tennessee. It appears as though Mother Nature is a race fan after all. As we pause 10 seconds for station identification, this is the IndyCar Radio Network. Joel Sebastianelli, Ryan Marine on pit road. Jake Query, Nick Yeoman, Michael Young out on the course. Our driver analyst is Davey Hamilton. I'm Mark James moving ever closer to the command we've waited oh so patiently for. And Davey, you heard the course description. How about this surface? Uh, much like some of the other street courses we race on, there's some concrete, there's some different styles of asphalt, and of course, a lot of paint around this course, which could be a factor if it starts raining, because that's when that stuff really gets slick. <laughs> it, it sure does. It definitely gets slick. And another thing that gets slick, what rubber is left on the racetrack, if water gets on top of that, really slimy, really slick. So you'll see if the water does come and they have to go to rain tires, they're going to be off line. They're not going to be in the line we're used to seeing, Mark. So that's something that they could run up against. We look at pit lane right now. It's the wettest of anything on the racetrack. So when the pit stops do start happening and that pit lane is still wet, they need to be very cautious coming in there. Although they did slow the speed down 40 miles an hour, that should help the situation in the pit lane. Talked about the heat and humidity. The sun has not come back out yet. Marcus Erickson, one of the few, I think, that said, he, hey, the hotter the better. Uh, those scoops that initially were mandated been told now that they're not mandated. But uh, be that as it may, whether there's sunshine or not, it's still going to be plenty warm in the cockpit of that race car today. Yeah, absolutely it is. I mean, they, they work, they've been ta- telling us all weekend how much work it is and how hard it is to get 100% out of that car. These bumps, the, 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 intensity, the intensity they have of not hitting one of these concrete barriers going through this tunnel. Uh, of a racetrack is very difficult. So they're going to get their workout cut for them today. There's no question about it. Uh, we'll find out who is in really good shape. We'll find out who hydrated up before this. A lot of guys taking ice baths before they got into the car today. Eight different winners. 13 races. Your points race looks like this. Will Power, 431. Erickson, 9 back. Newgarden, 32 back. Scott Dixon, 38 back. Pato Award is 46 back. Alex Pelot, 52 back. Scott McLaughlin with that pole is now just 80 points back. Finally, time to go trackside to start the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to give the command for the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. Please welcome your Grand Marshal, multi-platinum superstar and Big Machine recording artist, Brentley Gilbert. Long live fast cars and country music. Drivers, start your engine! Here's today's NTT IndyCar Series starting lineup. Row 13. Helio Castroneves, Brazil. Jimmy Johnson, United States. Row 12. Devlin DeFrancesco, Canada. Colton Herta, United States. Row 11. Connor Daly, United States. Simona Di Silvestro, Switzerland. Row 10. 
Takuma Sato, Japan. Callum Ilo, United Kingdom. Row 9. Marcus Eriksson, Sweden. Alexander Rossi, United States. Row 8. Kyle Kirkwood, United States. Felix Rosenquist, Sweden. Row 7. Scott Dixon, New Zealand. Simon Pagenaud, France. Row 6. Dalton Kellett, Canada. Jack Harvey, United Kingdom. Row 5. Rinus VK, the Netherlands. Graham Rahal, United States of America. Row 4. Will Power, Australia. David Malukas, United States. Row 3. Joseph Newgarden, United States. Patricio Award, Monterey, Mexico. Row 2. Alex Below, Spain. Christian Lundgaard, Denmark. On the outside of Row 1. Romain Grosjean, France. And starting on the pole. Scott McLaughlin, New Zealand. Well, our pit reporters, a bang-up job getting as many drivers as they possibly could before they climbed into the cockpit of their race cars. Let's find out what they'll be watching in terms of storylines throughout the course of the next 80 laps. We'll start with Joel Sebastianelli. Thank you, Mark. Besides the skies, which I am watching because it's starting to sprinkle again, I will be at pit in today. Keep an eye on, an eye on uh, title contenders starting. Uh, also need to watch my back as I get run over by a pit cart. Uh, I'm going to be keeping an eye on title contenders starting a little further back in this race than anticipated. And obviously hoping it's not going to derail their title chances. You've got Scott Dixon back here. He starts 14th. Bounced in the... The first round of qualifying in back-to-back races, fourth in points, 38 back of willpower. Marcus Erickson is in the second stall. He starts 18th. Remember, started 18th in his Nashville debut and flew literally to victory, second in points, just nine points back. It's hot. It's humid. Most drivers hate that. But as he told us a little while ago, not him. It really gets above 80 where he's from in Kumla, Sweden. But he thinks he's at an advantage where other drivers are sweating trying to stay hydrated at the back half of pit lane. Let's kick it over to Ryan Marine. Hey, thanks, Joel. Yeah, you mentioned the weather. I think that is the storyline we're all watching right now. The raindrops are coming down, but it nowhere near the torrents of the deluge that put us in this delay oh, about an hour or so ago. Right now, the track mostly dry. The pit lane also mostly dry, but there are those little damp parts around the track. But I will say this, the weather, the heat, the rain, the lightning, it has not kept the rabid race fans of Nashville away. I look across the way from the pit lane, and I see full grandstands. Fans flocking as well to the catacombs and alcoves of Nissan Stadium overlooking this portion of the racetrack. It's a great sight. We're a little bit delayed, but we're about to go racing. Uh, final thoughts from our turn announcers before they get much busier. We'll start first with Jake Query. It is good to see cars back out on to the racetrack. No question about it. And we hope, of course, to see a fast and green race today. Also, Mark quickly wanted to mention our condolences and sympathies to the president of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Doug Bowles, on the passing unexpectedly of his brother-in-law, Kendall Hendricks, who is married to Doug's sister, Mary, also the uncle to Connor Daly. He leaves behind Ben and Riley Hendricks. Our thoughts in this race today are with him, as Connor Daly had said he will be racing for a guy that was very special to him during his childhood. Mark? And uh, the field still single file. Be a bit before we go to the green. And Nick Yeoman, things are probably about as calm for you right now as they're going to be the rest of the afternoon. 
I've got, quite honestly, Mark, I've got first lap of the Indy 500 jitters down here being in turn one, not knowing what's going to happen and seeing these drivers barrel two by two at the start of this race. And if they can make it through turn number one, it's going to be fascinating. The thing I'm going to be watching today, Mark, we've been tracking this championship. We think there are six drivers realistically still with a chance. Otto Award and Alex Palou, though, I think are one mediocre race away from being crossed off out of that championship hunt. We'll see how the two that Michael Young quite frankly factored into the championship at the end of the season a year ago. I think both of those guys need big runs here in Nashville. And fortunately for them, they're starting towards the front of this field as they make their way beneath me. I look at the third tier of this Nissan Stadium as the field slows coming down this front straightaway. The walkway up, I hang over this barrier and look at these cars that it'll be very crucial to get through turn 11 and keep that car from understeering into that outside retaining wall. It was a very quick corner last year, but again, like I said, we had that traffic jam down here. Hopefully we can keep things clean and green. It is sprinkling in turn 11, but we're about to go racing in Nashville. Uh, Nissan Stadium about to get very, very busy as another NFL season underway. A lot of energy being pumped into the area thanks to this race. And Davey Hamilton, some alterations, some adjustments made to this course to make it a little safer, a little racier. Uh, got our fingers crossed that it all comes to fruition with a good, good, safe race today. Yeah, they do all that work, and now we got rain, we got lightning, we got a little thunder happening, we got clouds, we got heat, everything to go along with it. Maybe now, now, now we'll have to see if all these changes are for the good. Uh, so one to go at the line, Davey. A couple of notable changes. One notable change that's made throughout the course of the weekend. Uh, some drivers had some trouble in that turn one runoff area. And so they widened the tire barriers out a little bit, Davey. Now they can go into that runoff area, which brings them back out on turn number three. But uh, race control's got to keep an eye on them and make sure they don't improve their track position by going through that runoff area. Yeah, that's correct. And that runoff area, it unfortunately cost three red flags during our practice session our first practice session, so they had to widen that. The, the Indy Lights cars were able to maneuver through that area, Mark, but the Indy cars just a little bit too wide, just not quite, couldn't quite maneuver through there. Simple change, they moved the tires apart, made it a little wider through there, but you're exactly right. You cannot gain an advantage by going through a runoff area, so even though that's more of a straight line, you still have to go through chicane, and you have to be very careful coming back on track merging in with the cars. Another notable change, Davey, is that the pit road speed limit's been adjusted from 45 down to 40 miles per hour. Yeah, good thing. Uh, last year, some of the cars were able to come down pit lane and gain spots. That's uh, that's not supposed to happen, and there's no rule against that, so they had to change it just a little bit, slow the pit lane speed down, just to make it the same and equal for everybody. So that was a really good change and an easy one, right? You're just you're just putting speed limit on pit lane. It does seem like you're barely crawling through pit lane, I promise you. But uh, and it could be, you know, we got to watch for pit speed violations because 40 mile an hour for these drivers and these cars, it like it says, it feels like you're stopped. They ease some of the transitions on and off the bridge to hopefully smooth them out. But Felix Rosequist says they're still bottoming out. Oh, yeah, it's still going to bottom out, still moves your car around, but at least it doesn't jerk the steering wheel out of your hand as they're coming up on that bridge right now. They're coming off a turn eight, getting lined up side by side, getting ready for this green flag, Mark. And we are just about ready to see that green flag. We're waiting uh, with eyes on the starter, waiting for the green flag to fly to get the big machine Music City Grand Prix underway. Pretty good formation and a strong one for Scott McLaughlin into turn number nine. It's a great jump for McLaughlin. Roman Grosjean immediately jumps to the inside to grab second. Everybody nice and clean through turn number nine. They'll sort it out, but it is
Scott McLaughlin, your race leader, Michael, on the opening lap into turn 10. McLaughlin has about a four-car length advantage over Grosjean. Pelot able to steal away that third spot from Christian Lundgaard. Further back, Scott Dixon goes side-by-side with Rita VK. That's mid-pack. Also, Marcus Harrison nearly making contact with Jack Harvey. The field clean through turn 11. Rita VK, one of those drivers that was awfully aggressive on the start. As a matter of fact, the start is under review by race control. Meanwhile, Scott McLaughlin ready to stretch his advantage out over Rita's VK. Alex Below has the third spot as they make their way across the bridge at speed for the first time and into the view of Jake Query. And that speed allows Scott McLaughlin into turn number four, a sizable gap. Two and a half car lengths right now, but behind him, it is Alex Pelot that is giving a very hard look to Ramon Grosjean as he tries to work in on that second position, but everybody single file now. Scott McLaughlin the leader through turn number eight. Marcus Erickson had the elbows plenty wide on the start. He has been ordered by race control to give up a couple of spots. We saw David Malukas pick up a spot over Joseph Newgarten as the leaders head back to turn nine. Again, all the credit in the world for these drivers of making it cleanly through turn number nine. It is Scott McLaughlin by about four car lengths over Roman Grosjean. He's being pressured by Alex Below, and it's the rookie Christian Lundgaard putting the pressure on. He sits in that fourth spot in turn ten. Scott McLaughlin so impressive at the season opener in St. Petersburg, putting on a show thus far in the second lap. Four car lengths over Ro- Ro- Roman Grosjean, Alex Below, Christian Lundgaard, Otto O'Ward. Further back, side by side, it's Felix Rosenquist. He'll go along side of Marcus Erickson as Erickson gives that position back. Uh, we did see Kyle Kirkwood in a pretty good drag race with Jack Harvey and uh, Erickson was in the middle of that as Michael Young described. Meanwhile, leaders head back across that Korean War Veterans Bridge. It looks like McLaughlin, Grosjean, Pelot, Lungard, and Padua Ward, Jake Query. That bridge does take you downhill and that allows for a little bit of speed. Right now, it's Christian Lungard that is trying to use that speed to close in on Alex Pelot. That's the battle for the third position. They work their way through turn number seven. Everybody, again, is single file. A little bit further back, Will Power working on his teammate, Joseph Newgarden. That's the battle for seventh. But now we have a problem right there in turn number eight. And who is it but Colton Herta? Colton Herta has had contact in turn number eight and has worked his way back to pit road. Uh, that car was uh, pressed up against the wall but was eventually able to get back going again. Meanwhile, the battle for second continues. It's Roman Grosjean and Alex Palau, and it'll be to you before long, Michael Young. And we see the machine of Scott McLaughlin make that turn. That lead grows. Grosjean able to gap himself from Alex Pelot about two car lengths. It's Christian Lundgaard, though, who's on the charge. Closes in on that rear gearbox of Alex Pelot. Call that three car lengths. Marcus Erickson was told to give up one more spot by race control. Davey Hamilton, you've seen the replay between uh, Dalton, the issue, issue between Dalton Kellett and Colton Herta. Yeah, sure did. I mean, that is a tight one-lane corner getting through there. And they went through their side-by-side. Colton was trying to go around the outside of Kellett. Kellett wasn't giving the spot up. Kind of had the racetrack. Uh, shouldn't, I mean, kind of a racing situation. Unfortunately, as we see Rossi come in for early pit stop. But, boy, it's going to ruin Colton's day for sure. Ryan Marine. We're seeing some strategy playing out here early. Devlin DeFrancesco one lap ago came in to get off of the green tires and onto a set of scuffed blacks, and his teammate Alexander Rossi just came down pit lane. I presume on a similar strategy, but we'll get confirmation. Uh, pretty strong out now among the first four or five, Davey Hamilton, and early on save those that are coming to pit road to get off those tires and uh, get back to their pit strategy. Uh, I think all in all, except for that issue between Dalton Kellett and Colton Herta, a 
very clean start by these drivers. Yeah, really good start. I mean, as tight as this track is, not knowing the conditions, I think they all did an outstanding job, no question about it. Just unfortunate that little contact happened, ruined Colton's day for sure. More than likely going to go a lap down while this nose piece, yes, he does, while this nose piece is getting fixed. Going to be hard to make that one up for him today. But you're right, McLaughlin, what a great start. Grosjean played nice. And we see the winners right now, Simon Paginal up five, Jimmy Johnson up four, Cashin Evans up four. But then you look at the losers, well, it's hard to say. Rossi did make a pit stop, but Kellett has not made when he's down six so far. Joel. Another pit stop now. I believe that's the third car on pit road to go off of the green alternate tires. Callum Eilat, an eight-second stop onto the blacks. So again, pit strategy starting to be revealed early on. And uh, uh, Davey, uh, as far as this pit strategy, uh, regardless of when some of these drivers are stopping and these teams are stopping early, uh, do you still think that there might be a couple of drivers that are poised to gamble a little bit, try to make this a two-stopper? <clears throat> well, that's that's the leaders, if they can pull it off. That's the people in the top ten that really think, okay, let's do what the leader does. Let's try to save fuel if we're, we have good pace, if they're not being held up by anybody, absolutely going to give it a shot. Now, we'll just see now how long these green, softer sidewall tires, if the dag does slow them down so much they need to pit, or if they could they could rifle through this field and, and, and continue the speeds that they're running right off. Uh, four laps complete. The top five is McLaughlin, Grosjean, Pelot, Lungard, and Award, Ryan Marine. And just a confirmation, it was indeed the same strategy for Alexander Rossi that his teammate Devlin DeFrancesco went on just a lap prior off of the green sidewalls after just a couple of laps and on to blacks. Joel? Marcus Erickson is doing the same. He is off of greens and onto blacks. They just told him on the radio, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, well, at the start of the race, uh, race control told him to stop doing what he was doing because he had to give up two positions and then another. But uh, in, in terms of from this point forward, looking to be the defending race winner. A pretty good battle continuing. It shook out for a little while, but it's starting to tighten up again, Nick Gilman. It's the battle for third, and it's Alex Pallone being tracked by Christian Lungard. Uh, and Christian Lungard with a ton of momentum coming off of that second-place finish at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway one week ago. He's had a good weekend here as well. He's got about a two-car-length disadvantage to make up to the NTT IndyCar Series champion. But, Michael, he's pressuring him out of turn 10. He was really good last time by, Nick. This time through about a two-car-length disadvantage for Christian Lungard as Alex Pelot makes that left-hander on those green Firestone Firehawks. Christian Lungard mark about three car-lengths in the rear. Uh, front two are looking mighty comfortable talking about Scott McLaughlin the lead of about 1.4 seconds and then it's about another second back to third place running Alex Pelot. We'll see if Christian Lundgaard can gain any momentum now as they start to make that long haul across that bridge. There's a little right-handed bend before they get back to you, Jake Query. And I'm not certain that Alex Pelot comfortable is the word that you would describe because Christian Lundgaard, that rookie, is right behind him, calling it about two car lengths or so as they work their way through that 5-6 combo. Then as Alex Pelot pops into view in turn number seven. It is Christian Lundgaard right on his rear wing. Now they make the right-hander through turn number eight. Lundgaard tried to go a little bit lower, but not able to make up ground just yet on Pelot. Uh, McLaughlin, Grosjean, Pelot, Lundgaard, Award, Malukas, then Newgarden, Pagino, Power, and Rahal, the top ten. How about that battle for third? Nick Yeoman into turn nine. A little bit safer this time for Alex Pelot. The NTT car, 
bright blue streaks out of turn number nine. He's opened it up, Michael. It's about a four-car length advantage over the rookie Lundgaard. On the clock, Lynn, he's the leader. Then it's Ramag Grosjean. Alex Pillow, as Nick just said, in that NTT blue, has now gapped himself from Lundgaard by about four car lengths. Then it's about 15 car lengths to Pato Award, who's running in that fifth position. Seven laps complete this time by full field rundown for you. Scott McLaughlin is first. Second is Roman Grosjean. Third is Alex Pillow. Fourth is Christian Lundgaard. Fifth is Pato Award. Sixth, David Malukas. Seventh, Joseph Ducart. Eighth is Simon Pagino. Ninth is Will Power. Tenth is Graham Rahal. Eleventh is Scott Dixon. Renus VK is 12th. Jack Harvey is 13th. 14th, Kyle Kirkwood. 15th is Felix Rosenquist. 16th is Connor Daly. 17th is Dalton Kellett. 18th is Takuma Sato as we have Alexander Rossi in trouble in the area around turn 10. Michael Young, you've got a beat on that? I can't see him. I'm just looking down at the exit of the turn. I don't see him, so it must be at the entrance side, so no visual of Alexander Rossi, Mark. Uh, But he has stopped, and we'll continue for that full field rundown now. Marcus Erickson, 21st. From Erickson on back, these drivers have all pitted already. 22nd, Eilat. 23rd, DeFrancesco. 24th, Castro Neves. 25th, Alexander Rossi. And 26th, Colton Herta. Caution on the course at the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. Uh, full course caution. Uh, eight laps complete. A stalled Alexander Rossi was able to get restarted and back underway. More on that and other notes from Pit Road with Ryan Marine. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Yeah, Alexander told the team it just stalled. I've never had this happen before, so a little bit of confusion there on his side and certainly the whole team looking around in disbelief right now. Meanwhile, uh, as far as pit strategy is concerned, Taylor Kyle recently told Pato Award that he thinks this yellow will make a two-stopper possible, but he also told Pato to follow the leader here during this yellow. Joel? So as you may be able to tell, depending on where you're sitting at the track, the leaders are staying out. Roman Grosjean, as Nat said, much on the radio. And the leader, Scott McLaughlin, just had a back and forth with Kyle Moore. said, how's the car? It looks pretty good. And Scott McLaughlin confirmed it is pretty good. So they are happy. They said they're going to stay out until they can build a bit of a gap. Updates Pit Road brought here by Speedway, the official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. And Davey, there's a pedestrian crossover bridge here. And as drivers were driving under it, I think Will Power was one of them. All of a sudden, maybe some fans jumped up and down on it or something. But it looked like they were driving through a car wash as water yeah. ran off of that <laughs> Crossover. Yeah, well, you know, they have drains underneath those bridges as well, water drains. And I think it was a situation where the wind picked up just a little bit. It blew some of that water down and, and splashed it all around, normally going in the river. But, uh, but, but look, yeah, it definitely looked like maybe uh, – oh, no, I see what you're talking. Yeah, right now, they're def- something got poured up there or something, Mark, for sure. Yeah, let's uh, talk yeah. a little bit about this pit strategy and add to what you've already heard from pit road, Davey. Yeah, so you know, leaders, I feel like, are going to stay out. It's too early, really, for that pit window to be open to be on that strategy on a, a short stop strategy or three to two to three stop strategy so uh, obviously their their pace is up uh, the windows uh, still you know very very early so it's not really helping the guys that pitted early yet but it still can because they have more fuel than the leaders and if that yellow comes out with and, and the leaders are going to come in for fuel when the next window opens, it'll be an advantage. Still early on, still early on, but I say leaders stay out. Uh, even after the uh, showers and storms, the heat and humidity, it, it appears it has returned. And one of the drivers that are trying to do all he can to keep his face as, as cool as he can and at least get air on it. We just got a shot of the in-car camera, Scott McLaughlin, and he's one of those guys that's driving around with that visor up. 
Yeah, you know, and you could do that with these windscreens, and they're just trying to get all the air they can, and it was mandated that they add the original air scoop on the top of these these aero screens uh, to, to run them. Now, I look, and I think all the cars have them. I think it was mandated, but it's either mandated or allowed, either one, to run those, and so I look at Colton Hurt's car. I didn't see it on his uh, visually, but I think all the cars have well, those. It helps I, I to, think the, uh, travel man- the mandate was given, Davey, and then prior to the start of the race, I don't think it was uh, it, 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 it wasn't mandated any longer for those that did not want to run I got you. There you go. So some caps, some not. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I like to say they're sometimes kind of hard to see with the paint schemes on these cars. Right. But for uh, in McLaughlin's uh, case, yeah, some fresh air blowing down into that helmet always seems to help. Uh, well, 10 laps are complete. 80 to be contested. McLaughlin, Grosjean, Pelot, Lungard award the top five. Malukas, Newgarden, Pagano, Power, Rahal the top 10. Uh, then Dixon, VK, Harvey, Kirkwood, and Rosenquist through 15th. And then Daly, Kellett, Sato, Dean Silvestro, Erickson through 20th, and Caleb Eilat, DeFrancesco, Elio Castro-Nevis, uh, Jimmy Johnson, Colton Herta, and Alexander Rossi currently listed as 26th as we are back to green flag racing into turn number nine in front of Nick Gilman. Scott McLaughlin will be the one that gets down here first. Change for the fourth position. Pato Award. Dices to the inside, and he'll wrestle that spot away from Christian Lundgaard. So move Pato Award up to fourth on the restart, Michael. They caught Christian Lundgaard sleeping. Great pass by Pato Award. Now he's on the attack of that rear gear box of Alex Pelot. Further back in the field, we've got Will Power going side by side with David Malukas. Also side by side. Will Power lost a couple of spots on the restart. Joseph Newgarden was able to gain a couple of spots. So Joseph, a little passive on the start, but much more aggressive on the restart. Meanwhile, same old story, Jake. Scott McLaughlin, a huge advantage as he starts to set up for turn number four. So now the story becomes, can Alex Pelot make the move that he has tried to do under green with Romain Grosjean just in front of him? His bigger concern might be that of Pata Award, who is charging now and is in the fourth position. He is now drawing a beat on Alex Pelot. So, McLaughlin separates just a little bit, but very closely running 2-3-4. and four. Yeah, no question among the front of five, there's some pretty good battles. McLaughlin's checking out a bit. Grosjean has plenty of company from Alex Pelot. Pottawa Ward is uh, seeing his mirrors fill up with Lutgard. They're looking to go side-by-side side as they head to turn nine. Pato locks up the rears a little bit, but he will fend off that position. He got to the inside of the racetrack and told Christian Lundgaard, if you're going to pass me, you're going to have to do it on the outside. The rookie, though, Michael, hanging with Pato into turn 10. He certainly has a fast car, and he caught Pato Award off guard as they came down that bridge at turn number 9. But Pato able to gap himself about two car lengths over Christian Lundgaard. Field clean through turn number 11. Meanwhile, Simon Pagino is flat wearing out Joseph Newgarden as they set up for turn number two. Actually, turn number one, make that. Now they'll start to set up for turn number two. That's the battle for the sixth position. Smooth sailing for Scott McLaughlin. Grosjean, Pelot, Award Lungard, Newgarden, Pagino, all tightened up as they head back to turn number four. So let's pick back up as they work their way now off of the bridge into that battle you're talking about as Lungard is still trying to hold up Pato Ward. That really tightens up. And then right behind him, another good battle. 
battle with Newgarden and Pagano as they work their way now around turn number eight. And Christian Lungard has now dispatched a pot of war. Yeah, made a strong move into turn number four, and he had been stalking him for about the last lap and a half. So move Christian Lungard up a position as he appears to be on rails now. The leader said back to tournament nine to Nick Gilman. It's still Scott McLaughlin by about three car lengths over Roman Grosjean. Another two back to Alex Below. Then it's that battle for fourth after Lungard has taken that spot. Michael, he's put a nice little gap between himself and fifth place running Pato Award, who is right in the front windshield of Joseph Newgard. How impressive has Christian Lungard been these past couple of races? That Rahal Letterman landing in machine has come to life. Let's look further back. That battle between Joseph Newgard and Simon Pagano. Joseph Newgard is still ahead about three car lengths. I think that you can start to add Will Power into that mix. That's the battle for the sixth position. It's Joseph Newgarden who's battling it out with Simon Pagino. Will Power is currently running eighth. Malukas and Rahal has tried to keep pack, uh, keep pace with that battle. But back up front, McLaughlin, Grosjean, Pillow, and Lungard, the top four. Yeah, things have started to settle out just a little bit. Now, Pata O'Ward has Joseph Newgarden behind him, and that tightens up just a little bit. That's the battle for fifth. Pata O'Ward has that Newgarden would like to try to get it. The hometowner, Joseph Newgarden, is about two car lengths or so behind Pato Award through turn number eight. Interesting to note how comfortable the front three or four cars are starting to become, but it's from Pato Award back to Newgarden, Pagano, Power, and Malukas. Nick, it's still quite a parade of cars as they head to you in turn nine. Yeah, Pato Award sits in that fifth spot, but Joseph Newgarden continues to put the pressure on out of turn number nine. Then about three car lengths back, it's that other battle, the two former Penske teammates, Simon Pagino, who drives for Meyer Shank. He's trying to hold off our points leader, Michael Willpower. Ottawa Ward makes his way out of turn number 10, now enters turn number 11. Joseph Newgarden, two car lengths behind, then another two car lengths back to Simon Pagino. And Mark, you called it. We see Willpower on the charge, closing up to about a car length behind Pagino. Uh, 14 laps complete, Davey, and uh, from about fifth position of Ottawa Ward, all the way back to Felix Rosenquist in 14th, it's staying pretty tight. It's staying really tight, and I gotta look at right off the bat the push to pass early in this race. McLaughlin obviously taking it pretty easy. He hasn't used any yet, so that's 150 seconds. Grosjean hasn't used much down to that 143. The New Garden at 107 used quite a bit. Same with Rahal at 111, and shout out to Rahal. Runs a tenth, so he's in the top ten with his teammate running in that fourth position. It continues to show the progress of that team. Another thing to keep eye on on the tires. New Garden is the first one on the harder compound or harder standard tire, the black sidewall, along with his teammate Power, running sixth and eighth. Everybody around him on the greens. Simon Pagino, Will Power continues to be a pretty good battle, Nick Yeoman. That's a battle for seventh place. Yep, Simon Pagino will get to the corner first and that pink and black Sirius XM AutoNation machine. But then it is Will Power continuing to put the pressure on and maybe doing a little learning right behind Power, Michael, is the rookie, David Malukas. Malukas has looked fantastic in this first stint of the race. It's Pagino, then Power, David Malukas. And right behind him, Graham Rahal on the charge as well. As Graham Rahal exits turn number 11, he closes in about two car lanes behind the Lucas. Uh, no question, Davey Hamilton. Colton Herta has a fast race car. He's been passing cars the rear of the field left and right. But because of that issue he had at the start, he has a lap down and has a lot of work to do. Isn't that unfortunate? It, has a, it started, uh, started back in that field. He was running 20th when that incident happened. 
He's right now a lap down at 25th, passed a lot of cars, but doing no good. He has to he has to get his entire or pass his entire field to get that lap back and then catch up to the back of him again. Just a bummer. And we know he had a fast car. Same with his teammate Rossi. He's also one lap down behind Herta in that last and 26th position. Uh, front two starting to really gain some measure of separation, and little by little. Fourth place running Christian Lungard is starting to let Alex Pelot know that he's behind him. I don't know that he's a threat just yet, Nick Yeoman, but it is tightening up and a battle tightening up behind them, too. Oh, it's the battle for fifth right behind him. Pottawa Ward is hanging on for dear life in front of uh, two-time IndyCar champion Joseph Newgarden. Michael, they were separated by just one car length. Newgarden all over the rear wing of Pottawa Ward. And this time as they exit turn number 10, it's still a car length. Pottawa Ward enters turn number 11. Let's see how that car handles. Pretty clean through turn number 11. Joseph Newgarden still on the charge, about two car lengths behind. Yeah, Joseph Newgarden has been on a charge since the restart for sure, and he has stuck himself right in the tire tracks of Pottawa Ward. The leaders, meanwhile, start to continue to gain that measure of separation that we talked about, but Jake Query, question is, once he crests the hill and starts that downhill run into turn number four, can he track down Pottawa Ward? Talking about Joseph Newgarden. Yeah, Joseph Newgarden's going to try to do exactly Exactly that. As a matter of fact, got a good run into turn number four, but Pata Award does not hiccup. So now they work their way around the buildings before they set back up onto the bridge through turn number seven. It is Joseph Newgarden narrowly holding off still for another circuit. The car that is, or excuse me, that is trying to close in. Pato Award holding off Joseph Newgarden. And again, the front four or five cars have started to separate themselves a little bit. But boy, from about fifth place on back, Nick Yeoman, we've got some great battles, including Pato Award. Uh, it's just a hornet's nest. They cannot get away from each other. In fact, let's take a look at another one. Looks like Graham Rahal just picked off a pass on David Malukas. So I believe that moves Rahal into the ninth position, Michael. Move the rookie Malukas back to ten. It's the haves and haves not at the end of this first stand. It's Pato Award again in that fifth position. Joseph Newgard a couple car lengths behind. Then Pagano, then Power. Graham Rahal further back. A battle between Felix Rosenquist and Kyle Kirkwood as Rosenquist tries to close in on that rear wing. Uh, 17 laps complete. Scott McLaughlin has led all 17. Robot Grosjean, Alex Below, Christian Lungard, and Pato Award the top five. Joseph Newgarden, Simon Pagino, Will Power, Graham Rahal, and David Malukas the top ten at the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. 18 laps complete. Scott McLaughlin, your leader. Robot Grosjean, Alex Below, Christian Lungard, Joseph Newgarden the top five. Award, Pagino, Power, Ray Hall, VK, the top ten, Davey Hamilton. Three laps of caution to start this race, so where do things stand in terms of those who have yet to stop? Well, right now, the pit window, we're, we're uh, 19 laps in. Pit window opens up here in just a few laps. You can come in right now and still make it to the end, no problem, on a three-stopper. So the cars that are being held up by somebody in front of them or the cars and tires are absolutely wore out should be pitting any time. Uh, Simon Pagino had worked his way into the top ten, Joe Sebastianelli. And that was Simon Pagano. You heard right behind me, off the greens onto black. They just told him, push hard, push hard, no adjustments on the 60. And a 40-mile-an-hour pit road speed limit, Davey Hamilton. That's going to be crawling down that bending pit road. <laughs> it sure is. It, it is crawling, but as he comes out, no no traffic all, anywhere around him. That means that he can get after it. He can go full tilt, nobody holding him up, try to really cut some laps. Right now, I think he's being held up in traffic. At least he felt like he's being held up in traffic. 
traffic. So right now he can make up a lot of time by undercutting these uh, these other drivers. Uh, pit window, as we mentioned, starting to open up, but that doesn't mean that drivers still aren't getting plenty aggressive. Looks look back in on that battle for the third position. Michael Young, it's headed your way. It's Alex Below, Christian Lundgaard, and Joseph Newgard. Alex Pillow has mirrors full of Christian Lundgaard. So too Lundgaard with Joseph Newgard. And as Newgard closes in on that rear wing of Christian Lundgaard, about a car length is a difference there. But the big movers, I mentioned before the break, too, it's Felix Rosenquist. He's wore out the right rear of that car, but he's gotten around Kyle Kirkwood, and he's trying to work his way around Scott Dixon. To pit road to Joel. David Malukas pits from 12th position. He's fallen back from 7th off the green. Wyuli tires onto black, and away he goes. Uh, Jake Query, let's pick up that battle. Palo, Lungard, and Newgard. Boy, Lungard and Palo almost went side by side into turn number 4. That allowed Joseph Newgarden to close in right there. Again, Lungard running 4th, Newgarden running 5th, and Palo in the 3rd position, but it is precarious at best. Working his way through turn number 8, Alex Palo with Lungard and Newgarden both right on his heels. Yeah, a couple of other drivers behind them would like to get involved with that, but they're not able to catch up to him just yet. So again, it's Alex Pelot leads Lundgaard and Newgarden across that bridge to turn number nine. Absolutely no room to breathe in this three-car battle for the third spot. Alex Pelot by about a car lane. Christian Lundgaard swings it wide. He gets a nice run out of turn number nine. Not close enough to get around Alex Pelot as Joseph Newgarden sits in fifth. A couple of championship contenders and then Christian Lundgaard as he he makes his way through this portion of the course. He's right in front of Joseph Newgard and Pato Award as we see Alex Pillow coming to pit lane. And, and we see uh, Will Powers now starting to join that battle as well. But these leaders starting to peel off one by one, including Alex Pillow and Ryan Marine calls his stop. Yeah, he's in from the third stop spot, rather. The tear-off goes off the windshield onto a set of sticker black tires. Quick work by the Chip Ganassi Racing Crew. He's down and away. Uh, subscribing to the uh, Davey Hamilton theory is if as soon as that window opens up, you come on to pit road. You come on to pit road, especially if you can make up time on the race. Like, oh, we got to spin. This is going to be interesting. And it looks like Elio Castroneves going to bring that full course yell out. It's going to be an advantage for these teams that just pitted. I see the leaders coming in this time. It's going to put them behind everybody that just pitted. And as you said, Davey, as soon as the window opens up, you, you get the pit road. And this is one of the reasons why. There you go. This is why, this is exactly why when something like this happens, now you got McLaughlin, Grosjean, Lungard, Newgard, and so many of these teams that have not pitted yet. They're, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna shoot in here to pit and, and going to file in behind everybody that already has. And they're going to be at a huge disadvantage. Uh, well, with a full course caution, what an opportunity to uh, get up close and personal with uh, one of the NTT IndyCar Series drivers. We take a hot lap. It's hosted by Jake Query. This week, it's with Graham Rahal. The 92nd Hot Lap is with Graham Rahal, United Rentals, and Rahal Letterman Landing and Racing. Let's begin with this. What is your golf handicap? Uh, three. Wow. At what age did you realize that you had a skill set in golf? Did it come naturally? I started that- playing when I was about four or five, and it just was kind of a natural swing, but you had to work at it. I haven't had, a go- I haven't had an instruction in probably... 25 years. Literally, I probably had my last one. I was eight or nine years old, so it's been a long time. I know you like Lake Tahoe, but what is your favorite U.S. city? I'd actually say Columbus, Ohio now, and that wasn't always the case. I mean, I'm from there, but the, the city now is awesome. It used to be San Francisco was my favorite. I just think San Francisco has gone down the tubes, so Columbus. Do you have a concert you attended once that you're now embarrassed to admit you attended? My very first concert ever was Shania Twain. 
I'm not that embarrassed to admit it. That's not terrible. But that's everybody says, oh my God, you're going to Shania Twain. I'm like, yeah, when I was 10 years old, Shania Twain was smoking hot. Still is. Okay. <laughs> um, the fact you knew that at 10 is impressive. <laughs> Lastly, the musician that you most often listen to when you're just kind of kicking back and relaxing. There's not one. I'm normally, I'm a, I'm a, uh, this isn't to pitch somebody else's sponsor, but I'm a serious XM guy. I like to listen to the highway, and uh, it's kind of relaxing for me. Country music's a little, I, that's a newfound love. I'm not, you know, I was not is a country it, is music it hard fan. to get the helmet on over your cowboy hat? See, that's the thing. I'm not a, I didn't grow up a country no, music fan, like yeah, but I do like, like it now. Okay, there you go. He is the Columbus Cowboy, Graham Rahal. You're hot lapping for me. Uh, I think that's a new nickname, the Columbus Cowboy Graham Rahal. The David, you had a chance to see what happened with Elio Castro. Yeah, you know, uh, coming through turn three onto that long straightaway, just got on the gas just a little bit too hard, spun the back end around right in front of Alexander Rossi. Fortunately, Rossi got by, and then and nothing is didn't get hit. Elio, uh, Elio made around without any contact. Uh, so uh, it's about to get very, very busy on Pitt Road and Joel Sebastianelli. All the leaders headed your way. Ramon Grosjean is laid out. He wants no adjustments. I can't see him, but I can see Scott McLaughlin. And what they've seen so far, they like. They want one turn of front wing off the Wyuli green alternates and onto the blacks. Scott McLaughlin is away in seven and a half seconds. How about Ryan Marines into Pitt Road? A lot of activity down here on this end. It's going to be Scott McLaughlin winning the race on the pit road. Will Power will beat Christian Lundgaard out of the pit lane as well. And it's just about a traffic jam at, at the exit. Very, very busy here in the pits. It's on to greens for the power crew. Blacks for Lundgaard. Uh, boy, Davey, they don't have long to get themselves sorted out. And I think one of the things that forces them to sort themselves out is the fact that as soon as you exit pit road, you have to immediately get as far to drive left as you can to make room for any traffic that's running through the race course there. Yeah, yeah, that's everybody but one car. That one car is the first guy in line, and that is Pato Award. He's able to go straight through, but you're right. It is, I mean, super tight through there. You got to file. They all behaved. Uh, looks like Pato, he was able to come out and get ahead of, uh, of New Garden, which that was uh, that was a tight one right uh, there. But maybe sure. though, let's we'll keep an eye on Joseph Newgarden at speed with uh, the left front of that front wing assembly because there is no question that Pato's wheel uh, made contact with that portion of uh, Joseph's car. And I know that stuff's awfully durable, but boy, you hit it just right. You can cause some damage that might not show up for a while. Well, and we right now, the monitor's on that, that team looking at the monitor to make sure there's no damage with that left front wing. Right now, it looks like it's okay. But you're right. It could weaken it just enough to where it flexes that wing down, especially on this bumpy racetrack. So it's going to be interesting to see if that uh, if it all hangs on. Uh, so, again, we've got a handful of different pit strategies playing itself out, Davey. And this is uh, one of the exciting portions, uh, parts, I think, of uh, road and street course racing when you've got this uh, the situation where you have just enough laps that forces some of these guys to choose between two or three. Well, that's right. And, and the, right now, you got somebody that didn't pit. Well, you got Plo, who came in early, right? He pitted uh, a bit earlier you know, and, and finds himself in the lead. Jimmy Johnson has not. Well, he did an early pit, too, actually, on lap nine. He came in early, didn't really catch it, finds himself in that second spot. Uh, Pagano pit on lap 19 just a few laps ago. So he's, a, he's in the best shape in that third spot. After the round of stops, let's get an update on Scott Dixon. 
Dixon is out on the green tires now, but it took a lot of work. They had issues getting the car jacked up, so he has fallen all the way to the back, Mark. Uh, yeah, matter of fact, he slots in at the 23rd position in a rare bobble, Davey, by the usual unflappable uh, Wolfpack. Yeah, that's yeah. That something definitely went wrong. That's that's out of uh, normal, and that's a bad call for Scott or bad timing for Scott Dixon. He just lost two positions in the championship. If the race was to end right now, he's going from that fourth spot and now sits in sixth, fifty-five points back. So he has time to fight back. But right now, Pelot gained three spots. It sits third in the championship, and right now. Power only has a 19-point lead. Still a 19-point lead, I should say, over Erickson. Here we go. We're going back to green. Pelot, Johnson, Pagino, Kirkwood, Malukas, the top five to turn nine. And everybody's starting to spread out and try to make some positions. Christian Lundgaard lights them up, kicks up a ton of smoke here in turn number nine. But it was Simon Pagino. He darted around Jimmy Johnson. He'll take that second spot, Michael. So Alex Pelot is your leader. Then it's Simon Pagino in second. Jimmy Johnson runs in that third position. Then the rookie, David Malukas, in that fifth position. It's Scott McLaughlin as Kyle Kirkwood tried to get around. And we have a couple of cars going side by side. Everybody, though, clean through turn number 11. Uh, Scott McLaughlin not only has a fast race car, but he has a well-handling race car because in a very tight technical portion of the race course, he was able to pick up a couple of spots. Among those he picked off was sixth place running Kyle Kirkwood. So Scott McLaughlin up to the fifth position now as they start to string out those single file and head to Jay Query. Hello, Pagano. Then Jimmy Johnson just got quickly dispatched. That car that just got in front of him is David Malukas. So, again, Polo the leader with Pagano behind him. They work their way through turn number seven. Then it's Malukas with Johnson, but McLaughlin is right there. Kyle Kirkwood is trying to go the same way. As a matter of fact, both of them get by Jimmy Johnson now into turn number eight, and now we've got a problem in turn seven. It's Graham Rahal and Pata Award that were not able to make that turn, and as a result, the caution, one would think, is about to come back out. As a matter of fact, Caleb Eilat was also involved in this melee. Uh, well, so Graham Rahal was able to get the car restarted, and we've got a couple of other cars in the runoff area. More troubles for Elio Castro Nevis. It looks like Dalton Kellett is also involved in Jake Query. One other car would try to pick out who that was. You already identified Eilat. It looks like Simona Di Silvestro. So, uh, and reminiscent of what we saw one year ago with a caution on the course here at the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. Today's race is brought to you by Coors Light, the official beer of the NTT IndyCar Series. Borg Warner, official turbochargers of the NTT IndyCar Series. Racing Optics, the official aero screen and helmet tear-off of the NTT IndyCar Series. Safety Clean, official environmental service partner of the NTT IndyCar Series. And by Speedway, official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. Okay, welcome back. 27 laps completed. Davey Hamilton, it might take less time uh, to say who wasn't involved in that incident that we just saw. A couple of different incidents, and it looked like it all started when Pato Award bumped into Will Power in that very tight portion of the course between four and eight. Yeah, and then there was the domino effects, exactly what happened. Pato got onto the back of uh, Power. Power got sideways but continued on. But Graham Rahal then went into the back of Pato, took his nose wing off. When he Graham kept on going, but the nose wing got cut under, caught underneath his right front tire, slid him into the wall, and it broke something that looks like the right rear suspension. So I think Graham's done for the day. But behind there, it was a dominoes effect. Scott Dixon goes to slow down. Kellett hits him. Di Silvestro um, and several other cars uh, got 
piled up behind it all. And I think, unfortunately, it was all due to Jimmy Johnson was up towards, you know, running third at that time. Held a lot of guys up, you know. He just wasn't quite up to speed and just backed them all up in that area. And they just uh, played bumper cars and it blocked the track. A couple of updates of pit road. We start first by telling you Graham Rahal came back in after he banged the wall a couple of times. They put a new front wing on that car. He attempted to pull off of pit road, but he never made it off of pit road. He got far to driver's right upon the exit of his force to pit road. And uh, there may be a terminal situation with that car. Matter of fact, looks like there is because the steering wheels popped off and Graham Rahal is going to climb out. Now, let's get updates uh, from our two pit reporters, starting with Joe Sebastianelli with Scott Dixon. Yeah, disappointing day has just gotten even worse. In that contact with Dalton Kellett, the rear wheel got into the underwing, and it just created a mess of problems. They brought the nine down onto pit road, and that left rear Wiley tire is like a deflated basketball, something you pulled out of your garage you haven't used in years. They had to whip that off, and then they were beating and banging on the left rear suspension to get it all figured out. He was in here for about a minute, thankfully under caution for them. They used that opportunity to get the green sidewell tires off and put him back onto Blacks for a longer run. They have been chattering on the radio nonstop to figure out how it feels. Scott Dixon said it is very loose, but that may be just because it's a new set of tires. But Scott Dixon, obviously, way out to the back and not happy with how this day is going. Uh, more bad news for yet another championship contender. Pot of award, Ryan Marie. Yeah, that's right. So you mentioned the contact that Pato had with Will Power that started it all. He also got a really hard shot from behind in that melee. And for Pato, it sounds like that did some damage to the gearbox. Meanwhile, Graham Rahal is walking my way. I'm going to see if I can get a quick word. Graham, from your perspective, what happened out there? Honestly, man, I, I have zero, zero idea. I, I need to see a replay. I know I hit Pato very hard, but the amount of checkup, I have zero clue what caused the whole uh, checkup. So I, I don't really know, honestly. Um, which is a shame, because honestly, we were making good headway there. I think the strategy, you know, those guys got super lucky that yellow, but thought it was a good restart. Uh, but the chain reaction, I, I obviously I hit Pato. I just don't know what started the entire chain on back. So I've got to look. What were conditions like? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, track's pretty good. Uh, you know, I think it's coming to everybody. Uh, should make for a pretty good end here. But, uh, you know, yeah, I'm super disappointed for everybody in the number 15 United Reynolds car. I mean, I don't know where we end up, but uh, certainly felt like we were in the hunt. Had a pretty competitive car. Uh, I just don't really know what started that whole chain. Sorry for the tough luck, Graham. Thanks for the time. And just to put a bow on the update on Pato Award that we were talking about a moment ago, he did get that big shot from behind. It sounds like it's done some damage, damage to the transmission on that car. They were trying to get it restarted. He was told if you can't get it restarted, make sure you get a toe back because if it is just a little piece in that gearbox, they can change that out and hopefully get him back out to maybe salvage some points. Uh, don't kill it. Situation is terminal as well. He is out of the car waiting on a ride from the safety uh, car. So, uh, uh, hey, uh, thanks to Graham Ray Hull. A difficult set of circumstances for him. We appreciate the insight and uh, him taking uh, some time to uh, give us some insight as to what happened from his perspective. Uh, that Graham's going to slot it in the 23rd position. Good news for that race team, though. Earlier today, they announced uh, an increase in the involvement of fifth third. He'll be sponsored by them next year, and they're expanding their efforts to a few more races next year with Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan Racing. So congratulations. 
congratulations to them on that announcement earlier today. The American Legion is proud to be an official charity of IndyCar. Text OtterVets to 41444 for your chance to celebrate in the winner's circle and meet the winning driver. Let's pause 10 seconds for stage stand notification. This is IndyCar Radio. Twenty-nine laps complete. Three cautions for now. Ten laps. We've had two leaders and one lead change. Scott McLaughlin leading the lion's share. Twenty-two laps. Alex Below has led the last seven. Again, a lot of those under caution. Let's go back to Ryan Marine for another update. Yeah, one more strategy note that we haven't covered off yet. That previous yellow allowed Colton Herta and Alexander Rossi, who had both lost a lap earlier in the race, to take the wave around. They were hustling back around, came back and got service just after the restart, and then were basically a lap down, but on the lead lap, but on the verge of going a lap down when this latest yellow came out. So this has put them not only back on the lead lap, but effectively on sequence with the rest of the front runners. Uh, let's get another update on Scott Dick. Dixon from Joel. Scott Dixon's got more fuel than anybody else. They brought him down two times under this yellow, but uh, they've got bigger issues than their fuel mileage to worry about. The underwing is obviously damaged from that incident with Dalton Kellen, and they keep updating him over the radio. To compensate for that damage, two turns out of the front wing to manage with the balance, but he is not happy with the handling of that race car, of course. Hasn't lost a lap, though. Matt, Davey Hamilton, you speculated this might be the race weekend that we start to get some separation in the battle for the championship and some troubles for a couple of contenders. Yeah, and it's happened, correct? I mean, right now, the way it stands, I say if it was the end right now, there's only four contenders for this championship. That would be Will Power, the leader, Erickson, second, Pelot, third, and Joseph Newgarden, fourth. 40 points out, that would be for Joseph Newgarden. Pretty big stretch. After that, Scott Dixon with a 52-pack, and then Pot Award with 64-back. So I'm going to say that we have it narrowed down to four drivers if it ended the way it stands right now, Mark. Uh, but after all, my friend, this is Nashville. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty confident that this, uh, We nobody jinxed this yellow, none of us, so we're okay with that. But I'm pretty sure it's not the last one. I think uh, I think this track is just so tight and so unforgiving. And as we can see, when things happen, it completely blocks the racetrack. Nobody has anywhere to go but into the car in front of them. And that's exactly what happened up there in turn six. The accordion effect, as Graham says, he didn't even know it started it, but he just knows he got hit all around. So, hey, we, we, um, sh- we should say things are starting to improve a bit for two guys who got off to a rough start. Alexander Rossi, Colton Herta. I think we did touch upon the fact they're now back on the lead lap, but they're up to 17th and 18th, respectively. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's kind of, you know, they were already starting in the back of the field, so it's kind of like a reset for them. They've gained some spots in this race already, you know, after going through some issues, so we know both their cars are fast, Mark. They're, they have fast race cars, so they have a chance. They still, they're still in the game. Ryan Marine, you can confirm that the day is done for Pato Award team is already packing up and yeah the car's been towed back behind the wall there's something beyond just what's done mechanically what's wrong mechanically with that car there's some sensor related issues he cannot get the car in gear can't get it to change gears so a uh, really tough break for one of the championship aspirants and his title hopes may have just gone up in smoke uh, so we owe you a full field rundown 31 laps complete below Pagino, Malukas, McLaughlin, Jimmy Johnson the top five Kirkwood, Rojan, Will Power, Christian Lundgaard 
and Felix Rosenquist in the top 10. Remus VK, 11th. Connor Daly is 12th. Marcus Erickson, 13th. Joseph Newgarden is 14th. Takuma Sato is 15th. 16th, Devlin Francesco. Alexander Rossi is 17th. Colton Herta is 18th. Jack Harvey is 19th. And Scott Dixon, the last car on the lead lap, is 20th. Calum Ailat lapped down is 21st. Elio Castroneves lapped down in 22nd. Out of the race at 23rd is Graham Rahal. 24th is Pato Award. 25th is Dalton Kellett. 26th, Simona DiSilvestro. Again, all of those drivers are out of this race. Scott McLaughlin has led 22 laps. Alex Pillow has led nine laps as the lights are out on the pace car as we get ready to go back to uh, green flag racing, Davey. Uh, Jimmy Johnson plus 20 on the day. Simon Pagino plus 11. Kyle Kirkwood plus 10. So there has been some movement from the rear of the field. Absolutely. Movement rear of the field. And those were all early pit stop. Wouldn't have done him any good unless that yellow came out of Elio Castroneves, but it did. Advantage in. That's why I say open when the pits when the pits open, take advantage of it. Come on in. What do you, especially if you're in the mid-pack. So they did what they needed to do and find themselves in the front of this field. Now, the guy that's been dominating the weekend so far is uh, uh, McLaughlin finds himself in that fourth position, still in the hunt, still may have something for them, but now he's got to pass uh, four guys or three guys to get back in the lead. Uh, boy, I think he's awfully fast because on that last restart, he restarted in the seventh position, and it didn't take him long uh, to get up to the fourth position. So one more time, let's give the roll call of the field as we're just about ready to go back to green as they head to turn four, Jake Query. Alex Pillow is the leader. Behind him, Simon Pagino, and then the rookie, David Malukas. Good run for him in front of the pole sitter, which is Scott McLaughlin. But where it gets interesting, then, is Jimmy Johnson and Kyle Kirkwood because they've got Romain Grosjean just behind him. And what did we learn on the last restart, the last time they got going here, is that Jimmy Johnson backed things up just a little bit. We'll see how that affects here on the restart. Uh, Will Power is among those in the top ten that are on the alternates. Redis VK is as well, and Joseph Dugan. At 14. Good runs early for third place running David Malukas and sixth place running Kyle Kirkwood as the field crests the top of that bridge and the speed start to pick up and they start to fan out about five cars back. Now I thought there was going to be a crash about five cars back, Mark, as they all checked up oh, just to see the green flag, but the front three or four stays smooth and we've got a crash back here in turn nine. Callum Eilat and Alexander Rossi, they run into each other into the runoff area. They'll both get spun back around, but Michael, are they clean out of turn 10? We are still green as Alex Pillow leads Simon Pagino to turn 11, David Malukas, then it's Scott McLaughlin, Kyle Kirkwood, and Romain Brojan. Two wide further back is Felix Rosenquist, and he nearly makes contact with Christian Lundgaard, and we are under caution, Mark Janes. Uh, caution on the course, a couple of separate incidents, and uh, one right below Michael Young, another one in turn number 9 on lap number 33 here at the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix.
four laps complete. Caution number four. Two separate incidents. The first one happened in front of Nick Yeoman in turn number nine. Yeah, Mark, that was about, I want to say, 80% back towards the rear of the field. Uh, Alexander Rossi, who had gotten back on the lead lap, he and Callum Eilat uh, kind of locked wheels at the outside of turn number nine. They both drove off into the runoff area. Rossi got his car spun around. We're still waiting on Callum Eilat. In fact, as I spin about 180 degrees, the uh, AMR IndyCar safety crew is trying to turn Callum Eilat back around, so he has most certainly lost one and potentially two laps. Damage doesn't look too bad, but uh, again, Rossi continued on. I lot did not down here in turn nine. A couple of turns later, Michael Young to Kubasato, Devlin DeFrancesco in the shadows of Nissan Stadium. Yeah, I can see them down in turn number 10 as the safety crews are down there working on it right now. It looked like Devlin DeFrancesco had Takuma Sato on his outside, and when they went to make that left-hander in turn number 10, both ran out of room, and DeFrancesco looks like his day is done, so two potentially for Takuma Sato. Uh, Davey Hamilton, we uh, well documented over the course of the weekend some of the changes that they made to the course in terms of improving visibility. Uh, they tightened up turn number 9 a little bit in hopes of making it a passing zone. Uh, they were hoping, I think, ultimately to escape some of the carnage that we experienced one year ago uh, when we had over 30 laps of caution. And, uh, you know, we're 34 laps in and we're halfway to that number already. <laughs> yeah, you know, the situation is, uh, unfortunately, on this racetrack, it's it's some wholesale changes. Um, the the shorten, There was no issue at turn nine other than Colton Hurd and a couple guys got in their little hot, hit the wall, was usually by themselves. No real big deal that could happen on any track. The problem is, is these really narrow, skinny corners that you just can't go through too wide, and and um, that I think that's and then it just it just uh, it causes traffic jams, and that is turn four, five, six, seven, and eight, and that's also in turns ten and eleven, and even one and two. Uh, we seen last year where it could clock that up fairly easy as well. So um, I know these are I know these are parking lots and streets that we're racing on. Only so much you could do, but boy, for whatever reason, this course just seems to be so much narrower than the majority of the street courses we go to. And Davey had a chance to take a couple of looks at that replay, uh, that incident involving Callum Eilat and Alexander Rossi, and uh, for whatever the reason, it just looked like Eilat's car would not turn into turn number nine, and Rossi yeah, had well, nowhere to go. Yeah, and I think what happened there, I think he had a flat tire as as the car... Uh, as the car went on, I see it was, uh, you, know, you know, through, I seen a flat tire. But when it comes to uh, this last one, um, it looks to me like, um, let me see, we'll get a replay right now. But, oh, wow. Yeah, it just uh, looks like DeFrancesco just ran Sato straight in the wall. I don't know what happened there either. He was going through the corner and just went straight and pushed Sato and himself both right in the wall. So, unfortunate for both of those, but Sato took the blunt of that one. Uh, probably a good thing that the AMR IndyCar safety crew is as good as what they do in terms of the response time, Davey, because Takuma Sato immediately hopped out of that car. He was making a beeline for Devlin DeFrancesco before <laughs> he was intercepted. Yeah, you can tell he wasn't happy, and what may have happened, I didn't get the angle on it, but uh, DeFrancesco might have hit that inside wall, shooting him to the outside into the side of Sato's car into the wall. So that's still a mistake, but that may have been what happened. Under caution, Palo, Pagino, Malukas, McLaughlin, and Kirkwood, the top five. Grosjean, Jimmy Johnson, Will Power, VK, and Lungard, the top ten. Rosenquist, 11th, 12th, Daly, 13th, Erickson, 14th, Newgarden, 15th, Turna, 16th, Harvey, 17th, Scott Dixon, 18th, Alexander Rossi, somehow being still shown on the lead lap. Uh, 19 
119th is Elio Castro Nevis, a lap down. Out is Takuma Sato in 20th. 21st, D. Francesco. 22nd, four laps down is Eilat. Let's get an update on him from Pit Road with Joel. Yep, Callum Eilat is back out, and why not? In a race of attrition, you never know how many points you can make up, and that is valuable in a monetary sense, if nothing else. Five laps down, they gave it a look over once they finally brought him back out. Had the starter waiting. They actually had to turn it off, but found nothing. Didn't have to go to work on it. They said everything looks good, so he is back out on a fresh set of black Firestone tires. Graham Rahal is 23rd and out of the race. 24th out of the race. Pato Award, 25th out of the race. Dalton Kellett, same for Simona Di Silvestro, who will finish 26th. And Davey Hamilton, we've heard from race control. They took a peek at that issue. Uh, that incident involving Takuma Sato and Devlin DeFrancesco. No action taken. Well, I bet you if we interview Sato, he may have a different opinion just from what I've seen now. I have to say this. We didn't get the best angle. Didn't see what happened before that. So maybe they have uh, some footage before the accident really occurred that may have uh, made him come to that decision. And uh, whatever benefits we had weather-wise, Nick Yeoman, we'll head out to you in turn number nine. Whatever benefits we had from that storm that blew through earlier, that cloud cover all but gone. We're seeing sunshine splash around this course. That tells me that heat and humidity might have returned as well. Yeah, you know, Mark, I'm a bigger guy, and I kind of enjoyed uh, at the beginning of the race. It was very uh, cool and uh, nice and comfortable, but here in the last 10, 15 minutes, you're right, the uh, the skies have uh, spread out, the clouds have moved away, and it has turned into uh, the warm, sticky Nashville afternoon that we've been used to over the last three or four days. So, good for racing, but yeah, get those fans and bottles of water ready, because it is getting a little warm here in the Music City. And again, Palo, Pagino, Malukas, McLaughlin, and Kirkwood the top five. Grosjean, Johnson, Power, VK, and Lundgaard the top ten. The pits are open, Davey. Question is, what do all of these caution laps do to the pit strategy, if anything? Well, I'm going to say all the leaders are going to stay out. I think they still have quite a bit of fuel in their car. They have a long ways to go. I, I, I expect to see... Um, uh, all these leaders, anyway, staying on the racetrack, Mark. Well, it sounds to me like the issues continue for Scott Dixon, Davey. Uh, but, we, but you've got the damage underneath that race car that causes some issues with uh, with handling and the downforce. Uh, that boy, you can be chasing your tail, but let's face it, he's very much a championship contention. And with the uh, with 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 some of the carnage that we've had and some of the drivers now. From 21st on back, we've got six cars out of the race. I think it's significant and important for them to do all they can to keep him on the lead lap and keep him, you know, maybe maybe he can squeeze the top 14 or 15 out of this. Yeah, that's right. They just need to, he's 17th right now. If he can, if he can just keep doing the Scott Dixon thing, move up and gain some positions, gain a few points back, he is on the lead lap. So that's a positive. And, and uh, keep him out there and do all you can because right now he's on the outside kind of looking in, not saying that he doesn't have a shot, but in that fifth place, 49 points back. He needs a little bit of help. So if he any points that he can gain right now will help in these last three races. Yeah, that sure. DeFrancesco and Sato incident took a while to get cleaned up, Davey, but as I look around the course I've seen a couple of AMR IndyCar safety trucks that have been dispatched to various places around the course and because of the fact there's some incidents that, uh, you know, there's some Bits of debris around the race course that needed to be picked up. Let's hear from, uh, from Joel Sebastianelli on pit road. Not Dixon's fifth pit stop is a quick one. Onto Blacks, he has not lost a lap. 
And uh, it looks like Joseph Newgarden is making a pit stop, Davey Hamilton. Yeah, a little surprising, but, you know, they went from the green alternate tires to the black uh, standard tire. Must have thought, hey, we're being held up. Let's just just take the gamble. They fell back. They were running in, I think, 12th when that happened, 11th or 12th. It puts them back right now. And let me see, where is he going to end up when he comes back on the racetrack? Looks like 17th. Didn't lose a lot of spots, and maybe this strategy for them, having a little extra fuel and on the black standard tires, we'll see where he comes uh, uh, in. There typically is a method to the Pesky Madness, huh? Yeah, well, when you have uh, three really fast race cars, you might as well take a gamble with the one that may be struggling the most. So, again, Alex Pillow has now led 16 laps after assuming the lead after the round of stops. And uh, Scott McLaughlin, Davey, I think he bears watching because his car is hooked up in the technical portions and seems to have plenty of speed off the corners. Yeah, it sure does. And by the way, as you, he sits in that fourth position, more push passes than anybody in front of him and pretty much anybody behind him. So he's kind of in the catbird seat. He knows he has a fast race car. Going to be green this time by. And um, he, he has a good opportunity not only to just pass these guys outright, but get back in the lead and, and, and forget the strategy that happened that put him back where he was. Uh, maybe some insight on that strategy. Uh, let's check in with Ryan Marine on pit road. Yeah, I think you threw it down here, guys. Sorry, it's a little bit loud down in this area. But uh, according to the Penske guys talking to the team, they decided to pit Newgarden to put him on a set of scuffed black tires that had only run one lap before. And the thought process was they need him to go long on this stint. That's how they plan on making up ground after dropping back a little bit earlier. All right, good stuff from Ryan and Joel trying to keep up with everything going on in an ever-evolving uh, scenario involving pit strategy. And as they make their way across that expansive bridge, start to hit toward turn number four. We'll get the roll call from Jay Query. Alex Pillow is the leader. Then behind him it is Simon Pagano, followed by David Malukas, Scott McLaughlin, Kyle Kirkwood, and Ramon Grosjean. Then it's Jimmy Johnson, which is interesting because behind him, Will Power and Renus VK. We have seen those behind Johnson the last couple of restarts having some issue. We will see how that plays out. Rounding out the top ten, by the way, as I mentioned, VK and then Christian Lungard running in tenth. Yeah, through, uh, I mean, there's no question question about it. He's been a little tough to get around, uh, for sure, and uh, not saying that he had a hand in any of the incidents, but uh, certainly some folks caught him in some inopportune times, and uh, uh, race control decided they did not like the formation, so no start, and they were Nick Nick Yeoman, they were coming across that bridge at a stale pace. I think they'll want Pelot to pick that pace up a little bit. I think that is probably a safe assumption, Mark. It looked like they were starting to stack up right behind Alex Pelot. In fact, I think Simon Pagano, David Malukas, who run and are going to restart second and third, both had to jump on the brakes, not to run in the back of Alex Pelot. Now, whose fault is that? You got anxious drivers, and you got one that wants to control the start. But yeah, I believe IndyCar probably going to want Alex Pelot to pick up that throttle across the bridge and bring them to the green flag mark with a little bit more pace to avoid any type of carnage down here in nine. Uh, Davey Dick mentioned third place running David Malukas and Tim of the captain. He had fifth place running Kyle Kirkwood. Those rookies giving their cars good rides today. Yeah, did a good job. We talked about Kirkwood all work, all weekend saying how great his cars felt, how the standard black tire, he felt he was really fast. That's what he has on right now. And Malukas, it's really no surprise. I mean, that kid has been impressed this week in, week out. Just uh, what a solid drive for him, that Delcoin car. Yeah, I still think at some point that kid's going to get a win before this season is over. It would not surprise me at all. Uh, Ramon Grosjean currently running in the sixth position. He started on the front row. Before we go back green, let's get
get a couple of very quick updates from Joel Sebastianelli. Oh, at least one driver not happy with that restart is Simon Pagino. He said, I thought you're not allowed to weave or break on restarts. And the team said, yes, we know, Simon, we called it in. So Simon Pagino uh, 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 trying to help race control to the best of his ability in terms of uh, making sure the rules are followed. And we'll see if Alex Pelot picks up the pace just a little bit as they start to crest the bridge one more time. Pretty tight formation, single file among the front four or five, and the green flag flies to turn number nine. And Simon's looking aggressive. He's going to look to the inside of Alex Pelot. He hits in the, in the left rear tire. That's going to open up the door for David Malukas. They'll sort it out and get back to single file. Somehow, Michael, Alex Pillow still has the lead into turn 10. Alex Pillow will make that left-hander and come down Russell Street with Simon Pagano in tow. And now Scott McLaughlin will make contact with David Malukas. They'll make their way through, but Scott McLaughlin will move himself to that third position. Further back, beating the bang with Alexander Rossi and, and uh, Jack Harvey Mark. I don't know how they made that through, but McLaughlin doing a heck of a job. Somehow, someway, Will Power was able to gain a position. He picked up the ninth spot by going side by side with Felix Rosenquist into turn number 10. Front two starting to stretch himself out a little bit as Scott McLaughlin has worked his way back to the third position. But the leader Alex Pelot seemingly can't get away from Simon Pagano. Then you have Malukas trying to get that spot back not able to do it so far on the third place running McLaughlin. Jimmy Johnson just got passed again. This time I believe it was VK that got past him. But the leader is Alex Pelot as he works his way now into turn number 8. Front three pretty much nose to tail upon exit. That's Alex Pelot, Simon Pagino, Scott McLaughlin, David Malukas, Kyle Kirk with the top five trying to keep pace as the front two are nose to tail as they head to turn nine. Simon's got another good run. He's going to look to the outside of Alex Pelot this time. He'll have to file back in line. Meanwhile, David Malukas has his hands full. It's the Indy Lights uh, counterparts from a year ago, Michael. Good battle for that fourth spot. Malukas and Kirkwood. It could potentially be damage for David Malukas because Scott McLaughlin hit him hard. It's Alex Pillow, the leader. Two car lengths back, Pagano. Then McLaughlin, then Malukas, then Kirkwood, then Romag Rojan, Rita CK, about six car lengths back. And we see Colton Herta getting around one of our points leaders, and that's Marcus Erickson. Uh, so Colton Herta is on the charge after a rough start. He is starting to knock on the top ten. He has worked his way all the way back up to the 12th position. Drive through for Callum Eilat. He's four laps down. He got full service in a closed pit as the leaders head back to turn number four. Tip of the cap to Kyle Kirkwood, that rookie who's just been looking for a solid run, right now finds himself in the fifth position. Again, David Malukas, his fellow rookie, just in front of him. Leader still is Alex Pillow. Lead is about two car lengths, but Pillow now has Scott McLaughlin, excuse me, uh, just in front of Simon Pagano. So Pagano's second, and then McLaughlin is right there trying to reel in Pagano in that battle for second. Yeah, from four all the way to eight, as Scott McLaughlin was flat wearing Simon Pagano out. They'll make the little bender pop into Nick Yeoman's view. Question is, can he get the run into turn number nine? He's right there, but he's not close enough to get alongside Simon Pagano. That car wiggles a bit to the exit of turn number nine, but Scott McLaughlin is all over the rear wing into turn number ten. Simon's going to lead him out of that corner, Michael, but it's a half a car length. I don't think Scott McLaughlin likes his traffic. He likes being the lead. He'll pop to the inside of Simon Pagano and make a clean pass. David Malukas tried to dive below and get on the inside of Simon Pagano, unable to do so. A little bit further back, we were watching that battle for the ninth position. Will Power grab it from Felix Rosenquist. Going into 
turn number 10, Rosaquist was, was, was able to wrestle that position back from Will Power. So Pelot, McLaughlin, Pagino, Belucas, Grosjean, the top five. And then it's uh, VK, Jimmy Johnson, Felix Rosaquist, and Will Power. Meanwhile, Ramon Grosjean managed to get around Kyle Kirkwood. Now, a little bit further back, it's Malukas that all of a sudden dispatches a Pagano. So Pagano now all of a sudden might have a problem because Grosjean is trying to get him as well. But Pagano's going to hold that spot for now. The leader, though, still is Alex Pelot through turn number eight. Interesting to watch uh, uh, Roman Grosjean try to set him up, talking about Simon Pagano through six and seven. That's a pretty tight area and not one prone to passing. Simon Pagano, for some reason, seems to be dropping like the proverbial stone, Nick Gilman. Yep, he lost the second spot to Scott McLaughlin, the third spot to David Malukas, and down here in turn number nine, Roman Grosjean goes the long way around, streaks around the outside of Simon Pagano, so move Grosjean, Michael, up to four. Alex Pillow, about a 15-car length advantage over second place running Scott McLaughlin, then it's David Malukas, Grosjean, and the ailing car of Simon Pagano. Now coming under attack from the 14, that A.J. Foyt racing car of Kyle Kirkwood. Uh, 44 laps complete, 36 to go, Alex Pillow with a two point six second lead and more struggle for Simon Pagino. He has the fifth spot. Not sure how long he's going to be able to hold on to it. On the charge along that bridge is sixth place running Kyle Kirkwood as they head back to Jake Query in turn number four. So trying to take a peek in to find out whether or not Kirkwood is able to get to Pagino. They are right there alongside one another as Renus VK takes a look at that as well through turn number four. But status quo through five and six. Again, this is Simon Pagino who all of a sudden since his restart has lost a couple spots. Kyle Kirkwood is now coming in off of turn number eight, trying to get around that 60 machine. And he's not able to do it just yet. But again, a long straightaway awaits him. He's going to tuck right in behind him, try to set him up in the draft as they head to, uh, to turn number nine. It seems like if you can stay within two car lengths of someone in turn seven, you can make a pass down here in turn nine. Kyle Kirkwood pulls it off. In fact, he almost drove Simon Pagino into the tires. It's a clean pass. And now Pagino... Michael trying to hold off BK for six. Simon Pagano since this restart, as Mark said, falling like a stone as Renus VK now closes in on that rear wing. Simon just trying to hang on for dear life. VK's going to look at it, uh, pass it, turn one. Uh, Davey Hamilton, pretty cool to see that 14 machine for AJ Foyt racing in contention. Great run, top five for Kirkwood and strong. Catching these guys right now, as you said, something's going on with Pagano's car. I don't know if he flat spotted a tire earlier or that contact that he had going down into turn nine with Pelot caused some damage. But right now, it seems like every lap, he's losing a spot as VK goes by him right now. Yep, Rita's VK made the pass in turn number nine. A quick update from Pit Road with Ryan Marine. Transmission issues for Connor Daly. He is in the pits and he is very hot while they try and make that repair on the race car. So it is gone from bad to worse for the Noblesville, Indiana native. Uh, 45 laps complete in your top 10. Alex Below, Scott McLaughlin, David Malukas, Roman Grosjean, and Kyle Kirkwood. Renus VK, six. Simon Pagano, seven. Felix Rosequist, eighth. Christian Lundgaard is ninth. Colton Herta up to 10th at the Big Machine. Music City Grand Prix. Coming up on 48 laps complete of the 80 to be contested. The Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. Below, McLaughlin, Malukas, Grosjean, Kirkwood, the top five. VK, Rosequist, Pagino, who's tumbled to eighth. Ninth, Lungard, tenth, Colton, Herta. A message to our radio stations carrying today's race. Due to the weather delay, we are going to extend our format. 
we will be adding three additional breaks to the commercial log. Please make the necessary adjustments on your end if needed. Again, due to the weather delay, we're going to extend our format and add three additional breaks to the commercial log. Please make the necessary adjustments on your end if needed. That goes to great radio stations carrying our show all across this great land of ours. WNOG in Naples, Florida. WLIN in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. And 1025 and 106.3 The Game. Right here in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. Mark James, Davey Hamilton, Jake Query, Nick Gilman, Michael Young out on the course. Joel Sebastianelli, Ryan Marine on pit road. And Davey, the smooth sailing for Alex Pelot since he assumed the point. Got a lead of 2.2 seconds over Scott McLaughlin. Pelot has now led the most laps, 26. McLaughlin's led 22. Why do we make uh, such a big deal out of that? Because that's a precious point or so when you lead the most laps in a race. That's right. Both cars and points contention trying to win this championship. Uh, McLaughlin, you know, a long ways out, but all he can get, he's 57 points back. But Pelot doing what he needs to. He's up three positions in the points championship every lap. It seems like McLaughlin is about a tenth quicker, but not enough to make up that two and a half or nearly two and a half second lead. But on the run, as we continue to talk about, thought there's no way he has a chance this race. Colton Herta was a lap down. Alexander Rossi also a lap down. Right now, Colton Herta is on the lead lap. Fight. He's in that 10th position. Rossi in 13th. Those guys have fast race cars. How far can they get through this field before it's all over? Yeah, clearly there are plenty of struggles going on with the car of Simon Pagino. Davey, he's lost a lot of spots since the restart. Sure has. Something, you know, he had contact uh, with Plows. We just see Herta go by uh, Lungard for the ninth position. But, yeah, there's something must have happened when they had that contact because he just has really slowed down a lot. Uh, yeah, that pass was made in turn one, which is very tight, very unforgiving. So uh, put Colton Herta inside the top ten, Jake Query, as he heads to turn number four. And he heads to turn number four with just behind him, Christian Lungard trying to reel him in. But Herta, who got past Lungard, is trying to put that young rookie in his rearview mirror and doing so at about a two-and-a-half car length advantage. They worked their way off of turn number eight. Marcus Erickson has found his way up to try to watch that battle as well. Yeah, Erickson just popped onto the scene lately. Simon Pagino trying to stay in front of those as that battle between Erickson and Lungard gets tight, Nick Yeoman. And we got problems down here. Marcus Erickson sweeps around Christian Lungard, and they are all going to pass Renus VK. His car locked up down here in turn Number nine, he's got it pointed in the right direction, but he's going to lose seven, eight, nine, maybe ten positions. So move everybody up one as the ECR driver who just signed a contract extension makes a mistake here in turn nine. Yeah, so unfortunate, Davey Hamilton, because Renus VK was poised for a top ten. Not saying he can't rebound, but that was a big mistake, and that's going to send him onto pit road because he probably flat spotted those tires. Yeah, and I see, and I see our points leader power in pit lane as well. Uh, so uh, uh, some activity picking up on pit road. Let's get updates from Joel. Bastardelli. The Wolfpack are working like dogs. That is the sixth stop for Scott Dixon. He called an audible, said didn't want tires, so it's fuel only from 15th, still on the lead lap. Uh, and it appears as though the pit window has indeed opened for a few more, Ryan Marine. Yeah, we saw Lundgaard come in. We saw Power come in. Renas VK as well, who was being told to push right when he had his issue. But he's come in and changed. They should be good to go. Uh, 50 laps complete, Davey Hamilton. So it's time for those that are on this strategy to get to pit road for uh, tires and fuel. Yeah, we, and we, absolutely. Come on. Strategy time's opened up. And now we see Will Power had a hard time getting out of pit lane. He lost his position to VK already. Jerry Johnson's driving beside him down in turn four. It was really slow pit 
gets up. I don't know if there's something Jake, happened. To Jake, turn four. Jake, yep. where Redis VK just missed the turn. He has a car just in front of him. As a matter of fact, both of them were working their way around Jimmy Johnson, who let him get past. But VK, all of a sudden, with Graham Rahal, is in the tire barrier. This is just outside of turn number four. So Graham Rahal, who had just come back out onto the racetrack after having repairs made to that United Reynolds machine, now all of a sudden got caught up. Redis VK got caught in that as well. Davey Hamilton, Graham Rahal involved in an incident, and he was 21 laps down when he returned to the race. Yeah, I didn't see exactly what happened. If Graham got into the fence and then and then uh, VK came around for uh, what happened, but what the advantages is, you know, Scott Dixon we know, Will Power had a slow pit stop but just came in and pitted. Now I think the field's going to pit now. After this, we'll watch replay right here as we see Graham going down in turn four. Makes turn, oh, just over shots. It looked like the car would turn. Maybe that car wasn't completely fixed. And then here comes VK. Nowhere to go. Runs right into back of Graham. Yeah, you're getting another look at it with Jimmy Johnson and Will Power right behind him, Davey. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and oh, Will Power and Jimmy Johnson just missed the back of VK's car. Man, alive. And, and that could be, Nick just mentioned, was Will Power saved by a slow pit stop? I think he was. He got other slow. That would have been him behind Graham Ray Hall if he wouldn't let VK by. Uh, fifth caution of the day at the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. Caution on the course for the fifth time in the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix, and we expect all kind of activity on pit road. Michael Young, can you affirm that? Because they're kind of heading into your area, are they not? Well, they've already passed me, Mark, but indeed, all the teams are laid out on pit lane. They're just making their way through turns one and two right now, so I would expect as soon as the pits open, we will see the nearly entire field come in. Uh, Jake Query, let's take a peek uh, in your area of the race course. You had Graham Rahal and Rivas VK that they had to get cleared before we can uh, get the proceedings resumed. And they are still clear Graham Rahal's car out. As a matter of fact, VK was able to eventually drive away, but Rahal, they just now were able to tow it back into the runoff area as the field tiptoes their way through behind the pace car. Good news is Graham Rahal did get out of the car and was walking away. You could tell he was frustrated, but he was able to walk away nonetheless. Uh, so below McLaughlin, Malukas, Grosjean, Kirkwood, Rosenquist, Pagino, Herta, Erickson, Rossi through 10th, and Newgarden through 11th. We might see all of them come to pit road and then in 12th position who last pitted on lap 50 Davey Hamilton guess who yeah, that Scott Dixon. <laughs> Scott Dixon is another. We got Power, Lungard, Dixon, all on lap 50. It should cycle him right to the front of this field. Jimmy Johnson, Jack Harvey last pitted on lap 45. And then Elio Castroneves is lap down. Renas VK went a lap down with that incident. He last pitted on lap 51. Callum Eilat is four laps down in 19th. And uh, Connor Daly, six laps down in 20th. Uh, out of the race at 19th, Sato. Uh, check that 21st Sato, 22nd T. Francesco, 23rd Ray Hall, 24th Award, 25th Kellett, and 26th D. Francesco. Again, all of those drivers we mentioned, all coming to pit road. Let's start with Ryan Marine. Yeah, we're expecting to see Alex Below, who shuffled his way to the lead by pitting early, early in this race. This time he stayed out too long, and he will be shuffled to the back. A black set of sticker tires go on, a tear-off off the windscreen. It's a pretty clean stop, and it looks like he should win that race off pit road, Joel. And Scott McLaughlin lost the race off pit road. He lost several stops. They had a bobble and a half on the right front. Scott McLaughlin is out on blacks, though, but he lost a handful of positions.
Didn't appear to be any issues for David Malukas. He's one of several cars that beat Scott McLaughlin out. Uh, remember, Davey, lap 38, a previous caution at the end of that stop. Joseph Newgard, well, right at the beginning of that caution period, Joseph Newgarden on lap 38 came to pit road for tires and fuel. He assumes the race lead, but again, he last pitted on lap 38. Yeah, that's right. And now that's exactly right. So he doesn't have the advantage that Dixon, Lungard, and Power do. Uh, they pitted on lap 50, uh, 54 completed right now. So they're in the catbird seat. Newgarden needs to have a little bit of luck. But right now, I'm, you know, watching this craziness coming out of the pit lane. Tell you what, who's impressive? It came out front is McLaughlin towards the back. Lost a lot of ground. But Colton Herta, he passed uh, the Kirkwood car. He passed Grosjean. He passed Rosenquist. He may be in the top five by the time this is all over with. Uh, Grosjean did not leave a lot of room for Kyle Kirkwood right when they made the little bend to get themselves to uh, to driver's left, Davey. No, I mean, that is a, such a unique and tricky area to come out of that pit lane. Uh, you have to, like you said, you're, you're going to driver's right, and then all of a sudden you got to veer over far left and make it one lane at a time to get out of there. You get penalized if you don't do inside that line. So, man, they, they, uh, it gets really bound up down there for sure. Uh, lights are out on the pace car. Joseph Newgarden is your leader. Scott Dixon is second. Moonguard is third. Power fourth. Pelot is fifth. Jack Harvey is sixth. Now, let me say, the, the, the timing loop is uh, kind of turning over here. So with Newgarden, Dixon, Lundgaard, Power, and Harvey through fifth, then Pelot, Malukas, Herta, Grosjean, and Kirkwood, the top ten, as uh, they are, again, still under caution pace, Jake Query, as they head back to you. Yep, as they head their way over the bridge. Keep in mind, it is Joseph Newgarden. You know how much this race would mean to him that is now leading, but he knows that he still has that pit situation looming. Then behind him, it is Scott Dixon, Christian Lungard, and Will Power. They work their way now around that area before setting back up into turn number seven and eight to head back over the bridge for the restart here on the streets of Nashville. And it should be an interesting restart. 55 laps complete with 25 to go. Joseph Newgarden last pitted on lap 38. Everyone else behind him between lap 45 and 50. We'll see how the pit strategy unfolds as they crest the hill across the bridge and start to come into the view of Nick Yeoman. They will see the green flag fly and the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix resumes. It doesn't get much more accomplished than New Garden, Castro Neves, and Dixon on a restart. That's how they will single file run into turn number one. Will Power's going to leave the door open for Alex Pelot, but Pelot's not fast enough to take that fifth spot away. Joseph Newgarden, your leader into turn 10, Michael, on a clean restart. He has about a two-car length advantage over the left car of Elio Castro Neves. Dixon in that second position, then Loon Guard, and then it's the machine of Will Power. Three wide further back as Kyle Kirkwood works his way around Jack Harvey, and now it's Colton Herta under attack from Omar Grosjean into turn one. Herta tried to go to the high side, couldn't quite get the pass made, and I would imagine Jack Harvey couldn't believe what he was seeing on that short little straightaway as they attempted to go three wide. Still cars bouncing off one another. Grosjean makes contact. He made some contact with Scott McLaughlin. Meanwhile, Joseph Newgarden sets sail for turn number four with Dixon, Lugard, Power, and Pillow in tow. Newgarden still has Castro Nevis as a buffer between himself and Scott Dixon as they work their way now through five and six into turn number seven. 
and Newgarden had just a slight bobble. Dixon and Castroneves not able to make up any room. Again, Castroneves a lap down, sits right now between the leader, Newgarden, and Scott Dixon. Uh, race control said Kyle Kirkwood jumped the spot, uh, the start. He is being forced to give up two spots. Can Scott Dixon work his way around Elio Castroneves as the field heads to turn number nine? He has done just that, Mark, here at turn number nine. So it's now Joseph Newgarden, your race leader, by about four car lengths over Scott Dixon. Elio Castroneves has to settle, Michael, back into that third position. Unbelievable. Scott Dixon with the damage on that car makes his way to the front. Four car lengths behind the leader, Joseph Newgarden. Then it's the lap car of Elio Castroneves. Lutgard, power, and then further back, Colton Herter makes a charge as he gets back around Jack Harvey. Uh, David Malukas continues to look racy. He is working on Alex Below. Below earlier had led 31 laps in this race. David Malukas has been in contention all day long. When they get back to speed across that bridge, be interesting to see if he's able to set him up as the leader heads back to turn number four. David Malukas would love to get a top five, running at sixth right now, and it is the pesky Alex Pelot just in front of him. But Pelot all of a sudden has Malukas on his rear wing as Pelot was looking in on Will Power. So those three, you could literally throw a blanket over as the leader, Joseph Newgarden, is already setting sail. Castroneves is going to get out of the way, let a couple of those faster cars finally get past. And it looked like a little bit of a bobble for Will Power off of that turn. That gave Alex Pelot all the momentum he needed. He's going to try to set him up in the draft. Go to the high side in turn number nine. They nearly made contact out of turn number eight, but Alex Pelot passes Will Power like he's standing still. So the defending NTT IndyCar Series champion moves around our points leader, Will Power. Alex Pelot, Michael, is on the charge in that bright blue race car. The fast cars making their way back to the front. Newgarden, then Dixon, five car length advantage. Lundgaard in that third position. The lap car of Elio Castroneves. Then Pelot, Power, David Malukas, Colton, Hurd further back. They're too wide again as Simon Pagino gets around Jack Harvey. And now Felix Rosenquist will make contact with the 45. And we'll see if they're able to make a clean pass into turn number one. Jack Harvey, I think, is going to win that track race. No, it looks like Felix Rosenquist is going to grab that spot. So move Felix Rosenquist up a spot in that battle with Simon Pagino for that 13th position. Leaders start to set sail for turn number four with Joseph Newgarden leading Scott Dixon. Newgarden's lead about six to eight car lengths as they work their way now around turns five and six. Now Newgarden through turn number seven. David Malukas, meanwhile, just made a pass. He finally dispatched to Will Power, put David Malukas to fifth. Uh, David Malukas has a bad, fast race car. There's no doubt about it. He made quick work of Will Power. Remind you, Elio Castroneves is in the middle of all of that, Nick Yeoman. He is a lap down, but he would like to get back on the lead lap. That's why he's trying to be so racy. Oh, and he's got problems now because Alex Pelot is all over the rear wing. Michael, we've seen this below before. Castroneves and Pelot reminds me of the Indy 500 a couple years ago. Indeed, and Alex Pelot is on a mission as he tries to dispatch of Will, or Elio Castroneves. He will do so as Elio Castroneves will do the gentlemanly thing and pull to the inside. Now David Malukas will go on the charge. He needs to get around the machine of Elio Castroneves to try to gain ground. Danny Hamilton, don't look now, but Colton Herta has moved up to sixth place. Yeah, how about that sixth place? Watching that, you know, we didn't pay much attention for that pit stop with McLaughlin losing so much ground. Finds himself back in eighth. He was contending for the lead all day long. Has a lot of speed. But right now, the, the guy falling back, Will Power, has no speed right now. Two seconds off the pace. Lost three spots in the last two laps. And it looks like uh, Scott Dixon and Lungard, that one's trying to get a little interesting. 
interesting as uh, we, we see uh, Joseph Newgarden bump out to a 1.4 second lead, Davey. How about the job that Scott Dixon has done today? I think Joel Sebastianelli has spent a ton of time with Scott Dixon on pit road. When all is said and done, here we are late in the race to get himself up to second. I thought he'd at least get back to 15th. Little did I remember Scott Dixon is still Scott Dixon. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, Scott Dixon second. Wait a minute. Heard it now top five. Just passes Malukas. Go down in turn nine. Next next car on his radar right now would be Lungard. Or I'm sorry, Pelot. We'll see if Colton Herta can catch Pelot. But what an outstanding job by both those drivers. And I say Malukas, what, you know, the, the kid just keeps doing an outstanding job. But the highest running rookie right now, Lungard. No surprise. Finished second last week at Indianapolis. Elio Castro Nevis decided enough is enough. He is headed to pit road. And uh, David Malukas doing all he can to keep pace uh, with, with Colton Herta as Herta is absolutely on rails now. He has moved up to the fifth position as the leader, Joseph Newgarden, momentarily pops into the UJ query. And Newgarden's lead, again, pretty comfortable over Dixon. Dixon then has Lungard right behind him. That might be shaping up just a little bit the battle for the second position into turn number seven. Scott Dixon with the rookie Christian Lungard right on his rear wing. They have separated themselves a a little bit from the fourth place running Alex Polo. 60 laps complete again. Newgarden last pitted on lap 38. Dixon on lap 50. Same for Lungard, Polo, Herta. They are in the top five headed back to turn nine. Here comes Joseph Newgarden in front of his hometown fans. The lead on the racetrack looks to be about seven car lengths over Scott Dixon. Then it tightens up for second as Christian Lungard continues to hang with the six-time champ. Alex Below runs in fourth, and then it's Colton Herta uh, newly into that fifth spot. Michael, after picking off David Malukas a lap ago. Newgarden about a ten-car length advantage over second-place running Dixon. Lungard has really closed that gap down to about two car lengths, so to Alex Below. He's about eight car lengths behind. And then it's Colton Herta who just got around David Malukas running in that fifth position. He's got that down to about six car lengths. Yeah, Alex Below is the one we'll watch to see if he can catch that battle for the second position. Again, recapping, Joseph Newgarden last pitted on lap 38. Dixon, Lundgaard, Below, and Herta, they're all in the 50-54 to 54 range along with David Malukas and Scott McLaughlin as the leaders head back to turn four. And again, Lundgaard looking good trying to reel in Scott Dixon. At the very least, he is keeping pace with that veteran as they work their way into turn number seven. Again, Lungard about a car length and a half behind Scott Dixon. They set up now for turn number eight. Then you wait a little bit and then a wing flapping on the car of Alex Polo as they work their way through turn number eight. Yeah, you see it as he exits turn number eight and Nick Yolman, you'll get a really good look at that momentarily. Joseph Newgarden has opened up a two-second lead. i tell you what, Nick, let's go to uh, Ryan Marine who has an update on Alex Polo on pit road. Team just came over the radio and told him, look, you've still got pace. You might have lost a little arrow balance, but keep at it. Not a lot of concern on the radio communication from the pit box to Alex Pillow. David, your thoughts on that? Well, that nose wing, I mean, it's bouncing around. In the normal racetracks, you may be okay, but as rough as this track is, I just don't see how that left front can stay on that car for the rest of this event. And if it falls off or does break any worse, it could get underneath his tire and cause bigger damage. But he, at this point, honestly, he has nothing to lose. He's in the battle for the championship. He's doing all he can right now in that fourth position. He, gaining on him massive quickly by a second lap is Colton Herta going to probably take that place over and put Herta into fourth. Uh, you've talked 
talked about it with a handful of drivers, Davey, and you've heard everything from the car bottoming out to the drivers having a difficult time keeping their foot on the pedals because it's so rough, especially across that bridge. Yeah, it's so it's super rough, and 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 like I say, that car's taking the same beating the driver is. So when you have a damaged part like that, that part as strong as they are, Delara does an outstanding job building all the components for these race cars. But when you damage a nose wing, and you got to realize that's downforce, that's pushing airs, pushing that thing to the ground, and when it's broke loose, uh, it, you know they can only hold on so long. Uh, Scott McLaughlin picking up a battle, uh, picking up the spot for six, Nick Yeoman. Yeah, he is just simply trying to rally after that bad pit stop. He just got around David Malukas, the rookie down here in turn number nine. So move Scott McLaughlin. I believe that's up to the sixth position, Michael. As uh, again, that Dex Imaging car hopefully coming to life for the end of this race for McLaughlin fans. Now next in the crosshairs for Scott McLaughlin is Colton Herta. But Colton Herta has a, about a 10-car length advantage over Scott McLaughlin right now. That battle for second, though, Mark, really shaping up. Yeah, that's a good eye, Michael Young. Uh, that one has really tightened it up. Now as they exit turn number three. Looks like he's going to try to set him up at the entrance to turn number four. Trying to get the draft as they crest the hill of the bridge, uh, Jake Query. And meanwhile, all of this happening with Joseph Newgarden well putting it in the rear view mirror. But again, Newgarden still having to pit. Christian Lungard running in third, trying to get on that rear wing or stay on it of the PNC Bank machine is Scott Dixon entering turn number eight. Dixon swings wide. Lungard decides to go in the exact same path. They worked their way now out of turn number eight. Uh, 3.7 seconds to lead for Joseph Newgarden. We'll see if the battle for second place heats up this time by to turn number nine. And as Jake alluded to, this essentially could be for the race lead and maybe the race win if Newgarden does indeed have to pit. Scott Dixon holds him off for another lap, Michael. His advantage. Oh, we got a crash. The two rookies, David Malukas and Kyle Kirkwood, have made contact. They may slam into the tire barriers. They are both buried. About a half of Malukas's car is into the tire barriers. Full course caution here in turn nine as the two rookies have heavily damaged their cars. Battling for the seventh position on lap 64. For the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. Sixth caution of the day, 25 laps, a little over 31 year ago, closing in on that with 15 laps to go. This latest incident in turn number nine involving two of the hotshot rookies battling for the sixth position. David Malukas, Kyle Kirkwood, right underneath Nick Yeoman, Davey Hamilton. You've gotten a couple of looks at the replay. Yeah, just a little too aggressive by Kirkwood. Kai, both cars running outstanding. Kirkwood turned off just really late, tried to get underneath Malukas, but he already had the corner. He already was uh, making his turn in, and, and here comes uh, Kirkwood, got into the side, uh, actually the left rear of Malukas, and just pushed them both in the wall. So, unfortunately, both guys doing good, but, uh, you know, I put that one I put that one on Kirkwood. For and sure. uh, Nick Yeoman, uh, I don't think you could get much closer than you were to that incident. No, in fact, uh, it was right below my feet, probably 20 to 30 feet. Good to report. Both drivers are okay. They now have to take that very awkward ride together in the AMR IndyCar safety team. And I think this cleanup, Mark, might actually take a little while because, uh, again, Kirkwood hit Malukas so hard that it shoved the right side of Malukas's car into and kind of underneath the tire barriers. They've got a tow truck, and they've got the 14 car on the hook, so they've been able to pull him away. But uh, Malukas's car... I think it's going to take a little wiggling. So, uh, Mark, you know, I'm a Nashville Predators fan, and here in Nashville, they like to refer to it as Smashville, and uh, sometimes that applies to on a hockey rink. Sometimes it applies to the action down here in turn number nine. Uh, not unless the impact.
impact on uh, on HMD and Dale Coyne racing with David Malukas, but Davey, I think we're all well aware of how tight the budget is for AJ Foyt and uh, and Larry Foyt. Uh, you know, they 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 had uh, another car that, quite frankly, that uh, you know they had to park with Tatiana Calderon, and uh, you know it, 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 this is a, a a big bid hit for any race team. I tell you what, Davey, we we'll get your thoughts on that in just a moment. But Ryan Marine, he last put it on lap thirty eight, giving up the race lead for now. Joseph Newgarden comes to pit road. Yeah, this will be his final stop. He comes in for service, and it'll be black tires to go the distance here for Joseph Newgarden. He's doubted away. Quick stop for the Team Penske boys, but he'll cycle to the back. A little less pressure on you when you come to pit road all by your lonesome and cycle back in. So, Davey, your thoughts on uh, what had to be a frustrating turn of events uh, for A.J. Fort Racing. Yeah, it really is. It's tough for both those teams. Coin and A.J., you know, we're on, they're on budgets, and it's just really unfortunate. And another thing down there you got to remember is, you know, this is an oval. We don't have spot all the way around this track. So Malukas, he probably knew he was there, but he was focusing on the corner. He's not looking in the rearview mirror to see what's going on, and just too late of a pass. Just can't do that this late in the game. Both, both, you know, we want to see both of them have great runs, both great kids, great drivers with teams that we want to see run up front. Just unfortunate if that happened. And on New Garden's front, when you pit by yourself, yeah, sometimes that's good, but not when you're getting sucked all the way to the back. And bottom line is, with all these yellows, looks like Dick says Newgard blow Herta, McLaughlin, all these other drivers staying out, they feel like they could have enough fuel to go these last 14 laps. They last pitted on 50, so it's going to be 35 laps on a tank of fuel. Uh, it's, it's a lot, but with these yellows, they should be able to make it. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the fuel range is around 28 to 30 laps, I think, under the best of circumstances. So, uh, you know, and, and let's say this. Not only did Joseph Newgarden pit, but Davey, just a lap prior to him, Jack Harvey came to pit road, so he pitted on lap 65, and he's currently just in front of Newgarden in the 13th position, so he's playing the strategy game as well. Yeah, no no question. They just they tried it. I don't think it's going to work out for them. You know, the ones in really good shape, honestly, is, you know, Dixon and Lungard pitted on 50. The reason they got cycled to the front is because Pelot, Herta, McLaughlin, Grosjean, Erickson, a lot of these other cars, they pitted on the yellow, which is lap 54, meaning they have four more laps of fuel. So Dixon and Lungard probably trying to save all they can to make it to the end because Pelot, starting with Pelot in that third position, he has the fuel advantage um, over the the first two two drivers, but like Nick said, this is long yellow. The more yellow, uh, Dixon and Lungard are loving it. They want more yellow, many yellows as possible to try to make it to the end. I, I mentioned that, you know, while Erickson and uh, Pottawa Ward were certainly contenders for the championship, they hadn't been through it before, and uh, I, I thought that they had to certainly be aware of, of Will Power, Newgarden, Dixon, guys that have been through that championship run, Davey. When this day started, Scott Dixon was 38 points back, and as we stand right now with 13 laps to go he'd be in third place just <laughs> nine points back isn't that amazing will power having a bad day we talked about the nice lady ad erickson still in that second spot five points back but yeah how about that scott dixon at one point where he was running i go you know what i count him out of the championship he's six fifty some points back and now he's running and the lead of this race only nine points out so matches his car number so i'd like to say you said it mark the best until they give a championship trophy at the awards banquet to somebody else you can't count scott dixon out of any championship and that's for sure uh, nick yelman i think you're spot on in terms of the length of time that it will take uh, to clean up that mess in turn number nine uh, we see them just now clearing the car of david malukas but uh Boy, Nick, looks like they've had to put some drying compound down there because of fluid out of those cars. And I think those tires got knocked around a little bit, didn't they? 
Yeah, there's a lot of things to consider here, Mark. First and foremost, they had to get a tow truck over here to move Kyle Kirkwood's disabled car. Then once the safety crew realized that uh, manpower alone wasn't going to yank that 18 car of Malukas out from the tire barriers, they had to get another tow truck over here. And now, as you mentioned, uh, there is a lot of fluid that's been laid down. And you have to point out that they have to be very cautious down here because we still are under yellow and not red flag. So you've got the field multiple times trying to navigate this portion of the racetrack. So both cars uh, that were damaged have been removed from the area down here. They have laid down some of that, that uh, kitty litter speedy dry to soak up some of the uh, the fluids that have been laid down. The safety trucks are going to go through and blow that around. I'm sure it'll taste really well up here in the uh, lift about three or four stories above the racetrack. But it does look like we're making progress. Again, both cars removed. And again, both drivers okay after that accident. Uh, once we clear here, it'll be a weekend off. Worldwide Technology Raceway will be next with the Bomberito Automotive Group 500. That comes your way August 20th. And then, Davey, we head to September for the final two races of the season at Portland and WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. What a way to wrap up the season, Davey. Yeah, how about that? Looking forward to that oval at uh, Worldwide Technology Speedway, looking at the last oval of the year. But get in on the West Coast where it's all going to end, and that's where it's all going to come down to the final, Portland, uh, and then the very next weekend at Laguna Seca. So uh, excited to get out the West Coast, but ah, I can't the season's almost over, Mark. Yeah, it's getting here in a hurry for sure. Let's get a quick update from Pit Road with Joel Sebastian Italy. Scott Dixon just radioed to his team. It feels like he has no downforce. And apparently Christian Lungard's team is listening to that radio because right after they told Christian, Scott says he has no downforce, but low downforce means you're fast on the straights. So uh, let's give you the full field rundown now. 68 laps complete. Uh, Dixon, Ludgard, Pelot, Herta, McLaughlin, Grosjean, then Erickson, Rossi, Power, and Rosenquist. Pagino is 11th. Jimmy Johnson is 12th. Jack Harvey is 13th. Joseph Newgarden is 14th. Renus VK is a lap down in 15th. Castro Nevis is a lap down in 16th. Eilat 17th. He's four laps down out of the race. Malukas 18th. Kirkwood 19th. Six laps down in 20th is Connor Daly. Also out of the race, 21st. Devlin DeFrancesco 22nd. Takuma Sato 23rd. Graham Rahal 24th. Pato Award 25th. Dalton Kellett 26th. Simona Di Silvestro. Since the start of this race, Colt Herta plus 19. Scott Dixon plus 13. Jimmy Johnson plus 13. Erickson plus 11. Castro Nevis plus 10. Alex Pelot has led 31 laps. Scott McLaughlin 22. Joseph Newgarden 12. And Scott Dixon has led four. So those are your four leaders and your three lead changes. Six cautions for 30 laps. We now pause 10 seconds for state identification. This is IndyCar Radio. Welcome back. 69 laps complete. Green flag flies. The leaders into tournament nine. And the battle is for second behind Scott Dixon. Oh, it might actually be for fourth. Scott McLaughlin with a great move getting around Colton Herta. And as soon as Herta got that car pointed straight, Roman Grosjean ran right into the back of him. Scott Dixon, though, is your leader, Michael, out of turn 10. They're beating it back. And Dixon, a two-car length advantage over Christian Lugard. And now Scott McLaughlin will make a move on the inside of Alex Pelot. He'll dispatch of him. Grosjean will get around Marcus Erickson. So too, Colton Herta. Uh, the 
start. Uh, the restart, we should say, is under review. And from about fifth place on back, Rojan, Herna, Erickson, Rossi, Willpower, all of those guys making their elbows plenty wide. Meanwhile, the front two starts to set sail for turn number four as Christian Lungard tries to track down Scott Dixon. As they work their way down the bridge, it is the leader, Scott Dixon, but Lungard comes into view very quickly. He is just two car lengths behind the leader, followed by McLaughlin and then Alex Polo. Joseph Newgarden mid-pack back, trying to make up for any real estate he lost with that pit stop, but it is the leader, Scott Dixon, with a two-car length advantage out of turn number eight. No action taken on the restart, and Joseph Newgarden is trying to work his way to the front, and some contact involving Marcus Erickson. Erickson is very, very slow, and it looks like he might have missed a shift. Davey, he still can't get the car going off of turn number four. Yeah, there's something wrong with Erickson's car lost power. I'm, I mean, there's no runoff there either, so more than likely, yellow's going to come out. Piled everybody up right there, so we'll see. That's a points contender who was passing guys, get towards the front with all of a sudden a problem. Uh, check that. That was off of turn number eight. Meanwhile, back up front, Scott Dixon has a half a second lead over Christian Lungard. Let's check in with Nick Yeoman who says Erickson full song, Nick. Yeah, for some reason, Mark, he got that thing refired. Maybe he had to recycle the engine, but he just came through turn nine under power, albeit at the rear of the field. Just four tenths of a second, the advantage of Scott Dixon enjoys, if you will, over Lundgaard, McLaughlin, Pillow, and Grosjean, your top five now. As quickly, they'll pop back into the view of Jake Query. And again, Scott Dixon holding on to that lead with Christian Lundgaard just behind him. They've really started to separate themselves now from the third place running Scott McLaughlin. It is Alex Pillow who now is getting all kinds of activity from Roman Grosjean. This is the battle for fourth. Alex Pillow has it. Roman Grosjean is trying to get it as they work their way off of turn number seven. Distance stays the same. Pillow able to hold him off through eight. Uh, Grosjean was a front row starter. Faded just a little bit at the start and through the first couple of rounds of stops. But he has made a strong rebound now. Gotten himself in the fifth position as the leader set back to turn nine. And it is tightening up up front. In fact, Christian Lundgaard had closed with an car length on Scott Dixon as Dixon gingerly took it into turn number nine. So Lundgaard is closing and Michael third place running Scott McLaughlin is as well. Scott Dixon starting to feel the machine of Christian Lundgaard close in. Those mirrors start to fill with that number 30 shield leaders entry. Scott McLaughlin right there as well. Call it two car length between one through third. Eight laps to go now with the big machine Music City Grand Prix as they work their way off of turn number one. Scott Dixon sees that lead go from four tenths down to three tenths. Scott McLaughlin is starting to make his presence felt as the front three headed turn number four. You heard Joel Sebastianelli say it. Scott Dixon said that he doesn't have much downforce, but he knows that now is the time to giddy up and go. But the front three now are evenly spaced. It is Dixon with Lungard right there, but all of a sudden Scott McLaughlin, the pole sitter, has gotten up to watch those two play. They literally, one, two, three, evenly spaced on each other's rear bumper as they worked away now through turn number eight. And we've got a spin involving Jimmy Johnson into turn number four, and that brings out a caution. Caution on the course. A single-car incident involving Jimmy Johnson here with the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix with eight laps to go. I think Nashville is a very unique street course. You're racing over a bridge, over a river, which is never seen before. It's narrow. Uh, it's very narrow. We saw some problems there last year, but I think the changes made for, for the next race there will be way better. And I'm really looking forward also to the whole city around the GP of Nashville. It's just uh, super enjoyable.
Caution on the course, single car incident involving Jimmy Johnson. Seven laps to go. Christian Lundgaard, the rookie, currently P2, Ryan Marine. He's been so impressive in his strategist is Ricardo Nolta. Runner-up yesterday or last week. He's second right now. Can Christian do anything with Scott Dixon? Well, Scott's always really tough to pass. You know that. But uh, we'll do what we can. You know, the Shield Cleaners, Honda's been really fast this weekend. Christian's done a great job. A lot of great guys around him, so it'll be a tough, but we're going to give it what we can. We'll let you get back to it. Thank you, Ricardo. Yeah, and uh, one year ago, uh, Davey Hamilton, basically the same spot where Jimmy Johnson got into trouble here in Nashville. Yeah, sure did. Going down into that turn four, just looks like he got out of line a bit, got on the brakes just a little bit too hard, spinning that car into that outside barrier, slide to a stop. I think, uh, you know, a lot of damage. Jimmy's okay, most important part, but that's not his favorite part of this racetrack. That's for sure. Two years in a row, having an accident down that corner. Nine cautions one year ago, Davey. Seven this year. 33 laps of caution a year ago. It looks like we might equal that. Ah, that's not a good stat. Unfortunately, that's not the stats we like in our series, Mark. But uh, it is what it is. This track's very difficult. And I hate to say it, unless they do some wholesale changes on this track, um, it's going to continue. You can't just have a single-lane racetrack with cars going 180 miles an hour. You know, I mean, it just it just doesn't work. And so we love it here. I want to keep coming here. I would just hope that we could find a way to, to widen this racetrack to make the racing a little bit faster. For example, when you have every single corner, a first gear corner except for one turn nine it's a second gear corner that that says it all right there we go to a lot of these racetracks where we're in second third and sometimes even fourth gear corners uh so uh your top 10 now dixon lugard mclaughlin alex below Roman rojan colton herta without a doubt the drive of the day but you got to give a, a, a Kudos to the guy just behind him. Alexander Rossi has worked his way back up to seventh. Joseph Newgarden is eighth. Jack Harvey is ninth. Simon Pagino is tenth. Will Power, eleventh. Felix Rosenquist is twelfth. A top 13 on the lead lap. Elio Castroneves is a lap down in 14th. Remus VK a lap down in 15th. Jimmy Johnson out of the race in 16th. Four laps down in 17th. Callum Eilat. Connor Daly six laps down in 18th. Following cars out of the race. 19th Kirkwood, 20th Malukas, 21st Di Francesco, 22nd Takuma Sato, 23rd Graham Rahal, 24th Award, 25th Kellett, 26th Di Silvestro. Davey, I guess uh, Rossi and Herter remind us if you're going to have trouble like Erickson did a year ago, it's best to do it early. You can minimize yeah, the damage if you do it early. Yeah, they turned it by going a lap down too. Very seldom do we see that, but that wouldn't happen if it wasn't for all these these cautions as well. We got to understand that. But hey, they played the game. It's the racetrack. It's it's the same for everybody. But, man, what a great ride by both those guys. And uh, a tip of the cap to the Wolfpack. I mean, they had their bobbles early. Scott had some damage. And when all is said and done with, uh, you know, less than five laps to go, when we go back to green, Davey, Scott Dixon's going to find himself at P1. And this will be flat stealing one for Scott Dixon and his race team. Uh, absolutely. It'd be stealing one after six, maybe seven pit stops. I lost count. But, yeah, after having the damage at the first of the race and all those pit stops, I mean, if he can pull this one off, Man, it's it's no surprise. I'll be surprised if he can a little bit, but no surprise if he pulls it off. And we are going back to green flag conditions. Just a handful of laps to go, Nick Yeoman, in the big machine Music City Grand Prix. 52 career wins for Scott Dixon, zero for Christian Lundgaard. And Lundgaard's going to lose that second spot to Scott McLaughlin. And right behind them, Roman Grosjean gets pounded into the turn nine wall. 
That car heavily damaged on the right side of the racetrack. Mark, that is most certainly going to bring out a full course yellow as Grosjean is stopped here in turn nine. And Davey, it was a side-by-side battle with Joseph Newgarden, who was trying to get back up to the front and race for the win. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he just uh, went into went too hard. You know, I mean, he had a nice pass. He got by Colton Herta, but when he got next to Grosjean, you're right, absolutely. Just they, they had contact, shoving Grosjean in that the outside barrier with nowhere to go. Got the, the better little replay. But right now, man, Newgarden had a great run. Really went to driver's left. Uh, uh, see Rossi on the brakes. He's side by side with Grosjean, but unfortunately, got to give him just a little bit of room, and he just didn't give him enough room and uh, and stuffed him right in the fence. And Nick Yeoman, the red flag flies, but the setup of that looked eerily similar to an earlier incident between two rookies, David Malukas and Kyle Kirkwood. Yeah, and how about that? This one happens between a two-time IndyCar champion and a guy who spent a decade in Formula One. Uh, good to report, Roman Grosjean is out of that car. He is frustrated through the gloves. He took the uh, head sock off, threw it into the helmet. He is getting a nice round of applause from the folks here in turn number nine. In fact, there are a lot of DHL uh, jersey shirts down here supporting Roman Grosjean, but that is just the nature of turn number nine, Mark. We saw how good it can look uh, with that incredible pass by Scott McLaughlin to take that second spot away uh, from Christian Lundgaard on the restart, and we saw in the last two yellow flags where it can go wrong first with the rookies of Kirkwood and Malukas, and now involving Roman Grosjean. And Mark, I want to keep it here because Grosjean is out of that car, and he is staring his way at the field, and I know he'll be looking for car number two. He's waving off one of the AMR IndyCar safety crews, and he throws his hands up in the air as if to say, what was that? A message sent to Joseph Newgarden from the Frenchman Roman Grosjean. We'll talk more about that in just a moment, Jake Query, turn number nine. I would think that equally incredulous would be Marcus Erickson, who now sits inside of his Husky chocolate machine. We had talked about the fact that it appeared as though he had a problem just a few laps ago when it looked like he was losing power. Whatever that issue might be, Marcus Erickson has come to a stop right now. As a matter of fact, just between turns seven and eight sits card number eight, Marcus Erickson. Yeah, thanks for correcting that, Jake. Mistakenly identified that as turn number nine. Davey, what do you make of uh, with some of the controversy, some of the accusations by Graham Rahal and others that have been levied against Roman Grosjean? What do you make of his response to Joseph Newgarden? Justified? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that's, you know, Joseph was a great driver. He'd never take anything away. He'd be very aggressive at the end, but that, that's 100% on, on Joseph. He was side-by-side side with him. I don't, I don't mind that, but you have to give them exit room, and, and he just didn't. He just shoved him straight into the fence. So he definitely, give, he definitely did not give him exit room and, and just stuffed him right in the wall. Alexander Rossi. We talked about Colton Herta with the drive of the day. Alexander Rossi, Ryan Marine, is currently P5. Yeah, from a lap down to fifth, Brian Barnhart is the strategist. I suppose the obvious question is, how have you done it? Uh, just keep digging on it right now, you know, working away. We had a good car and uh, don't know what happened early in it, but caught the yellow when we needed it, got our lap back, and then he's driven through the field and done a heck of a job. So now uh, two or three to go. When you're in the top five, we'll give it another shot here. How has he been able to keep his head with so much chaos erupting all around him over the last oh, two two dozen laps? Yeah, he's he's a pro with that, and that's what he's supposed to do. He knows it, and after we got, back, got our lap back, he said, let's go back to work. So that's what we've done, put our head down 
down and gone back to work. How good is the car? Does he have enough to work his way forward a few more spots, maybe fight for a podium? I don't know. I think it's about like Palouse in front's got a, a broken wing. We've got some war wounds on ours as well, so I'm not sure how good it is. It's been an old-fashioned street fight, that's for sure. That's Brian Barnhart. Yeah, good stuff for Brian Barnhart and uh, Davey. Uh, they had a feeling out process, he and Brian Barnhart, at the start of the season, but clearly over the second half, those two have been on the same page for sure. Yeah, you know, I, I, it was a, it's a good combination. I think they've they've worked well together, got a nice win together as well, and and uh, you know, sitting in that fifth position, he, he kept his nose clean. When when Newgarden went underneath him, he locked the brakes up to make sure he got slowed down enough to where he didn't get in that incident. So good on him. But what a, what a good drive. I mean, you got to give it to him. I mean, we see on on uh, Her, uh, Herder right now, it's plus seventeen, Dixon plus thirteen, Rossi plus twelve. Castro Nevis plus 12. All those drivers up towards the front. So uh, impressive run by a lot of drivers today. Uh, we are under a red flag condition being shown four laps to go. The updates from Pit Road, by the way, brought to you by Speedway, the official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar, Ryan Marine. Barry Wanzer is the strategist for Alex Pillow. It's been a solid run. You had him up at the front there for a bit, then the yellow came out at the wrong time, and he's recovered a little bit since then. What position is he in now? How can he uh, make this into a good day? Yeah, it's currently P4. You know, obviously we got uh, we got a break there by pitting before the yellow came out on the first stop. Um, we got uh, didn't get so lucky on the second one. Um, we made up some good spots, but he had contact. Um, he got a damaged wing, so we're kind of just holding on here, trying to maintain position. If something happens in front of us, certainly we'll take advantage of it. Um, but the uh, NTT Honda has been strong all day, and Alex is doing a great job, and we'll see. Uh, looks like when we roll off here, it'll be three to go, and then probably two to go when it goes green. So uh, we're, we're hoping for the best here. Best of luck. Thank you. Appreciate it. Joel? the second week in a row that strategist Kyle Moyer and Scott McLaughlin have worked their way up through the field, although this time he had to do it from pole. Didn't seem like Scott was easily discouraged at all. No, I mean, <laughs> he's a, a bit opposite today because he, he's got the best car out there. You know, the Dex Imaging car uh, with the Chevrolet power is just, like, fantastic, you know. We've just been, all week in the car's been great, you know. Uh, and across the team, all the co team cars have been great, as everybody's seen, you know. Um, so, you know, we, we just got our way back up there, and fortunate enough, you know, they threw this red that probably helps us more than it helps Dixie, but it's still, it, it's got Dixon. <laughs> you know, it's great if we can fight with him, you know, and stuff like that, but it's still, it's Scott Dixon, and, and he, he knows how to win races, so it's going to be a workout for Scotty. This is the young pup against the older guy trying to figure this out, so it'll be interesting. At least they're going to give us a couple of laps to give it a try. So you've got the best car. You've got a couple of laps. You like Scott's chances? Yeah, I mean, I have all day, all weekend, you know. I mean, I felt we, we could be, you know, good in qualifying. I felt, you know, from the time we offset from the practice. I mean, the whole Team Penske's been, like, fantastic all weekend with the cars. So, you know, yeah, you know, we got uh, some stuff all weekend, but, you know, we keep fighting. All right. Kyle Moyer, we appreciate your time. Scott McLaughlin fell back to 15th. He is now up to second place after a bobble on a pit stop. Uh, good stuff. Uh, insight from uh, Barry Wanzer on Alex Pelot's pit box. And good stuff from Kyle Moyer. Uh, great job. Joel Sebastianelli and Ryan Marine all weekend long, in fact. And uh, 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 Jake Query, let's face it, uh, that, that Husky chocolate machine of Marcus Erickson is not cooperating at all with uh, the AMR IndyCar safety team who are doing all they can to get that car refired under this red flag condition. 
Marcus Erickson probably had time to go back home to get some Husky chocolate by the time they have gotten that car still sitting there at the exit now of turn number eight is Marcus Erickson and they are doing everything they can to get that out of the racetrack but now the AMR safety team is starting to pull away they can't get it fired I think they're going to have to eventually tow it back Marcus Erickson still sits inside of that machine I think what the option is going to have to be Marcus probably pull him off into a a runoff area just to get the car off of the racetrack so that they can resume here and get this race completed on the streets of Nashville. Yeah, we think eventually, I mean, if, if they don't take him all the way back around to the pit, uh, pit area, they may, based upon where he is, just simply pull him off down there uh, just past Nick Yeoman into turn number nine. Davey, your thoughts on, uh, on on this red? I mean, some drivers say good idea. Some drivers say bad idea. You heard Kyle Boyer say Scott Dixon may not like it, but Scott McLaughlin does. He feels like it, it gives him a running chance. I'm sure Lundgaard, Pillow, and Rossi all like the idea of this red, but uh, I really think given what all of these fans have endured throughout the course of this day with weather delays and everything else, uh, I commend IndyCar, in, in my opinion, for trying to get this thing to finish under green. Yeah, for the fans, absolutely. and No question about it. You want the most exciting race you can. Unfortunately, we haven't really given them that. Uh, this, this track just... Uh, generates a ton of yellows not a lot of good racing just a lot of accidents a lot of yellows unfortunately but the guys that definitely don't like it right now today you're right dixon doesn't like it Pelot does not like it. I'll, I'll probably assure you that. I don't know if Newgarden's going to get a penalty or not, but uh, the, the rest of him, McLaughlin, yeah, he likes it. He's another shot of this win. Lungard, I think he wants another shot of McLaughlin. Pelot has a damaged nose wing, so not sure uh, if he can gain any spots, so he just has to defend. Uh, let's hear from Brian Herter, Ryan Marine. Hey, just jumped back on the radio real quick to give a few more instructions to his son, for whom he calls the strategy, Brian uh, uh, looked like he's about to wrap up. He'll be with us now. It's been a remarkable comeback for you guys. Brian, what does Colton have to fight with here in the final couple of laps? Oh, now back on the radio. So uh, we'll see if we can hang in here just uh, a little bit longer. As mentioned, Colton was a lap down earlier in this race, was able to fight his way back onto the lead lap. They caught a yellow at about the same time as Alexander Rossi, and the two of them in tandem have been working their way forward. And now find themselves fifth and sixth, respectively, with Colton just outside that top five. All right. I think Brian's clear to chat now. Uh, maybe not. So I think we'll just let him go. I understand. Obviously, uh, very busy and uh, very, very important. We appreciate uh, the access that uh, all of these uh, race strategists and, uh, and crew chiefs are giving us all up and down pit road this late in the race, Davey. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, when you're trying to get yourself back into contention, uh, get yourself back into the race, uh, obviously these cautions do help. Uh, but but certainly uh, the the timing of your pit strategy from that point forward has to be key as well. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And, I mean, that's we've seen that going all over the place. But, Mark, we've seen both situations. The, the drivers, which was only three, I think, each time that pitted early as soon as that window opened, both got advantages, the first round and second round, and found themselves cycled to the front of this field. So uh, that definitely was a positive. They, they knew how to work it. Now, it wasn't very many of them, but uh, Dixon being one of those, Lungard being one, Plo being one, and uh, we, we have the other ones at the first stop. So interesting. we got to remember some of these drivers that were way in the back, Dixon and Power and so many. Now, Power, you know, we haven't talked much about him because he's he gets towards the front and files to the back, just doesn't have the speed that he needs today, Mark, for whatever reason. But right 
right now also Pelot will lead the most laps at 31 no matter what. Uh, one minute to go until the cars refire. Let's give you a full field rundown now. 76 laps complete. And again, we are red, waiting to get refired. Scott Dixon is your leader. Scott McLaughlin is second. Christian Lodgard is third. Alex Pillow is fourth. Rossi is fifth. Colton Herta is sixth. Joseph Newgarden seventh. Simon Pagino is eighth. Felix Rosenquist ninth. Jack Harvey is inside the top ten. Marcus Erickson, 11th. Will Power is 12th. Roman Grosjean is 13th. He is out of the race. A lap down in 14th. Elio Castro-Nevins. A lap down in 15th. Remus VK. 16th and out of the race, Jimmy Johnson. Four laps down in 17th. Eilat. Six laps down. Connor Daly in 18th. Following cars and drivers out of the races. The cars are restarting. 19th, Kirkwood. 20th, Malukas. 21st, Francesco, 22nd, Sato. 23rd, Rahal. 24th, Pato Award, 25th, Dalton Kellett, 26th, Simona Di Silvestro. An update from Turn 9 with Nick Yeoman. Yeah, Mark, uh, sounds like engines are about to fire, refire on pit lane. One update on the cleanup here in Turn number 9. They've laid down even more speedy dry uh, for the disabled car of Roman Grosjean. And I also want to point out, Mark, uh, to the runoff area, we've got a used car lot sale. If you want a good deal on a broken Indy car, we've got orange and black ones that belong to Pato Award at one point. We've got yellow ones that belong to Roman Grosjean. We even got a Husky chocolate one down here, red and white, that belongs to Marcus Erickson. Lots of carnage, lots of used Indy cars. Just give me a call. I'll cut you a good deal. Uh, Davey, uh, that reminds me of, uh, of one of my first years I was in turn three at Toronto. We had a similar situation. I think there were seven or eight cars down there in the runoff at the end of that first return to Toronto by the NTT Indy Car Series. Yeah, yeah. In certain areas, you want to make sure you have plenty of parking spaces for wrecked race cars. And unfortunately, we do here. The track's not that wide, but we've got a lot of space for the wiped out race cars and majority of them, as Nick said, right down in front of him. Uh, we have completed 77 laps now as they cross the line once they exit pit road. What do you think, Davey? I mean, McLaughlin, he's had the fast car all day, and that is a beaten up, banged up race car that Scott Dixon's driving from earlier in the race. Yeah, I really think McLaughlin is going to have what it takes with these three laps. Now, he, you know, I think these are two drivers that are going to race each other very, very clean. Neither one of them want to cause each, uh, you know, a problem. Dixon's looking at the championship and actually McLaughlin is too if he wins this race you know he's back right now and six or 58 points back but uh but they're both fighting for this championship and so they should play nice but I agree with the damages on Dixon's car from early on I think McLaughlin has an advantage I also think that Rossi and, and uh Herta may have something for Pelot because his nose wing is still badly flexing and damaged on the left front, so you know he's not getting the downforce he needs on the front of that car. Uh, interesting to know, Davey. Good news for Joseph Newgarden in terms of his incident with Grosjean. No action taken by race control, so he holds on to that seventh spot. Well, a little surprising, to be honest with you, but uh, hey, that's race control. They, they make the calls, and uh, we just watch it. So uh, good for him. I mean, Newgarden, he's not a dirty driver. Let me just tell you that. He's not a dirty driver. That wasn't something intentional. He just got in there a little too hot and just kind of ran Grosjean out of room. No, no, not uh, not blaming him for anything bad, but he definitely caused the incident. Uh, so Scott Dixon is your leader, and uh, there will uh, they will see the white flag next time by Davey Hamilton. And so uh, the question it is. The Scott Dixon is he able at all uh, to pull anything off on Scott McLaughlin? I mean, how many starts and restarts has uh, Scott Dixon undertaken in his career? And uh, Jake Query, as they head toward you, let's remind uh, the folks of the top ten one more time. Scott Dixon is the leader, followed by Scott McLaughlin, then Christian Lundgaard, Alex Pillow, 
Then it's Alexander Rossi, Colton Herta, Joseph Newgarden, Simon Pagino, Felix Rosenquist, and Jack Harvey rounds out the top ten as we're about to go back racing here, Mark. i got to believe all in all, uh, the top three or four are probably going to behave themselves. The question is, some of those guys from fifth on back, how well will they behave? Most notably, seventh place running Joseph Newgarden, who's trying to win here and win a championship. And Scott Dixon brings him to turn number nine as the green flag flies with just a couple of laps left. And Alex Pelot got a good jump to the inside of Christian Lundgaard. He's going to take that third spot away. In fact, Lundgaard is going to fold through the field. Rossi takes away fourth. Herta takes away fifth. But the leader is Scott Dixon into turn ten. Scott Dixon makes that left-hander. It's come down to the clash of the Kiwis. Scott McLaughlin will look to the inside. Think better of it. He'll tuck back in underneath that rear wing of Scott Dixon. The field makes their way down the front straight away. Oh, Simon Pagino makes contact with the wall. And the white flag flies as Scott Dixon sees it. He's got Scott McLaughlin in tow as they work their way off at turn number two. Now they'll climb on the binders, make the right-hander. Question is, will Scott McLaughlin be able to set him up now as they start to head toward turn number four, the final lap here of the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix? Scott Dixon is trying to pull away from Scott McLaughlin and in doing so, separate himself from Mario Andretti for second all-time in the wins list in IndyCar. Works his way, holding off McLaughlin through turn number seven. Now, setting up for turn number eight, that PNC Bank machine, Scott McLaughlin, the pole sitter, is a half a car length behind him. Scott Dixon now works his way off turn number eight with McLaughlin and Chase. Who will have the most momentum now as they work their way off of turn number eight? They'll come into the view of Nick Yeoman momentarily. Front two start to get some separation into turn number nine. McLaughlin is closing, but is he close enough? The answer is no through turn number nine. Scott Dixon holds him off. He's looking for win number 53. Michael, the advantage. One and a half car lengths over Scott McLaughlin into turn 10. We are most certainly witnessing the greatest driver of this generation. Scott Dixon to the final time into turn number 11. McLaughlin will look to the inside. Think better of it. But McLaughlin gets a great run down the front straightaway. What an unbelievable set of circumstances. A drag race to the start-finish slide, but Scott Dixon will not be denied. He goes into history as he steps away from Mario Andretti. He takes the checkered flag and wins the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. Dixon, McLaughlin, Pelot, Rossi, and Herta, the top five here in Nashville. Ah, boy. Uh, What a day for the Wolfpack. What a day for Scott Dixon, Davey Hamilton. He wins the Big Machine Music (laughs) City Grand Prix. And early on, it looked like anything but a good day for Scott Dixon. Yeah, I'm a little bit in all belief, but how can, like you say, Scott Dixon is just amazing. The guy, he just never, never, never can count him out. He, he he just is masterful. He, he's a he's a two, he's a second most winningest driver in the history of IndyCar, behind only the, the great AJ Foyt. So and and uh, you know to pass Mario Andretti? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, in today's era, just unbelievable uh, what he's been able to do. Uh, well, I, I mean, he's just uh, you know he, he does what Scott Dixon does, and that's what uh, certainly what got him to the front. But again, I continue to be impressed by this race team. I mean, you look at Dixon at first, at Pelot at third. How about Alex Pelot with all the controversy uh, at, at the end of the day. They're letting the people that decide that decide that, and it's clear that Barry Wanzer, uh, Mike Cole, Chip Ganassi, that entire race team is on the same page. And the business side will take care of the business side, but the racing side is focused on winning. 
Yep, absolutely. And he even moves up a spot in the championship, talking about Alex Blow, 33 points back, and uh, still in the game. And you're right, the, all the, the distraction off track is put aside. The team and Alex, they're both they're professionals when it comes to on-track uh, racing, and they all want to win. So, uh, good. hey, he had a broken nose wing most of that race, too, so a good run by him. Now, race control say, says they are looking at the restart, so uh, I, I don't want to jump the gun too much. Uh, looks like for now it's being called provisional, but uh, we'll see uh, how soon we get that word. So, uh, provisionally, Alex Pillow, third step on the podium, Ryan Marine. Yeah, great day, all things considered. Just got a clap on the back from his strategist, Barry Wanzer. They share a handshake here as well. Alex, a long, hot day at the office. You bring it home on the podium. Now just 33 points out of the championship lead as well. Is that the kind of day you needed to stay in the hunt for the title? Uh, yes and no, man. I mean, um, we we got a bit lucky at the beginning with that yellow, then a bit unlucky at the end. But, uh, yeah, I... I and NTT data on the car. Um, the team did an amazing job of the pit stops and strategy. So super happy, well deserved for both Scots. Um, and yeah, it's it's time to push once again uh, to try and get this championship. But yeah, we got one step closer. Uh, a long way to go. We saw the wing flapping. I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a big old crack across it. How much did that affect the car when you picked up that damage? Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I want to apologize to Power. Um, I, I knew he had an issue, but I felt like it was not such a big issue, and suddenly um, it, it was a big speed difference, and I couldn't avoid uh, touching him. So um, I'm just a bit lucky today that it didn't really fall off, and it was just a small damage, but uh, yeah, happy. Congratulations, a podium finish here in Nashville. Thank you. Uh, Full-field rundown for you. Scott Dixon, your winner. McLaughlin finishes second. Alex Pillow is third. Alexander Rossi, fourth. Colton Herta, fifth. Joseph Newgarden, sixth. Felix Rosenquist, seventh. Christian Lundgaard is eighth. Ninth, Jack Harvey. Tenth, Simon Pagino. Eleventh, Will Power. Last car on the lead lap, in fact. Renus VK, a lap down at twelfth. Castro Nevis, a lap down at thirteenth. Marcus Erickson, fourteenth, was out of the race. Uh, minimized the damage because of all of the carnage. Callum Eilat, fifteenth, four laps down. Sixteenth, Grosjean, out of the race. Seventeenth, Daly, six laps down, out of the race. Eighteenth, Johnson. Nineteenth, Belucas. Twentieth, Kirkwood. Twenty-first, Sato. Twenty-second, DeFrancesco. Twenty-third, Graham Rahal. Twenty-fourth, Pato Award, 25th Dalton Kellett, 26th Simona D. Silvestro, Ryan Marine. Colton Herta at one point, a lap down. You end up in the top five. What an unpredictable race. How did you pull it off? I think that's just how this race is. You never know what's what's going to happen. That's why I was so confident that, you know, once we got a lap back, we have to wait and see what happens. So the guys gave me a good car. We had really good stops all day. Especially our, our uh, last pit stop, we gained like two or three spots in the pits, which helped a bunch. Um, but yeah, we were just fast. We could pass people with overtake, without overtake. The car stayed together. We're on the blocks, and and so yeah, I was I was happy with it. It was very frustrating at the beginning of the race, getting taken out. I thought the day was over. We still had a little bit of right front damage on the A-arms and stuff, so I was really surprised by how good our pace was, but everybody did a fantastic job. The uh, Gamer Chanda was, was spectacular all day, and I'm excited to, you know, not only come from 21st to 5th, but also be a lap down at some point. We really did something special today. I'd say so. Congratulations on a good run, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you. It is the 18th straight season, Davey, that Scott Dixon has won a race in the NTT IndyCar Series. Well, there's no surprise of that either, and doesn't seem to be slowing down whatsoever. He's been able to change a lot of records in the IndyCar history book, and, uh, man, well-deserved. And, obviously, 
You know, he's been with Chip Ganassi for a long time and most of his career, actually. And, and Chip and him just have a relationship that most teams, owners, drivers dream about. And uh, he's still taking advantage of that. Uh, four leaders, three lead changes, nine cautions for 36 laps. Alex Pelot led 31 laps. Scott McLaughlin led 22. Scott Dixon led 15 laps en route to the win. And Joseph Newgarden led 12 laps. Colton Herta was plus 18. Scott Dixon, all in all, plus 13. Rossi, plus 13. And Castro Neves, plus 13. The points look like this. Six points back is Scott Dixon behind Will Power. 12 points back is Marcus Erickson. 22 points back is Joseph Newgarden, 33 points back is Alex Pillow. Let's hear from the winner. Scott Dixon's journey as an indie legend and a winner began at Nazareth in 2001. It's not over yet. It continues today with number 53 passing Mario Andretti. He had to work a little harder for this one. This is wild. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a brutal race, and uh, we, we were involved in a big crash. It blew uh, the tire off. We couldn't even get the wheel off. Took the underwing out of the car. We had to take a bunch of front wing out of the car to try and get it to be at least a little bit balanced. The steering was all bent. Uh, just kudos to the team. You know, the strategy was perfect. It was right on. And we knew the car had great speed, but we were a sitting duck. I think we did almost 50 laps on that last set of tires because we didn't take tires on the last stop. And I knew some of those cars were coming fast, but um, it feels so good. It feels so good to get this one, especially in Nashville. Fantastic place to be. You had that long stint, and you still made six pit stops. Would you truly believe you had a shot at winning this thing? I always say on some of these street courses, if you damage the car early, it's probably a good sign. And I I don't know why, but it always turns out that way. But it put us in the right seat for strategy. The, the tough part was just that at the end, we didn't didn't have pace. We didn't have flat-out pace. Another lap or two, I think we were doing a bit of a sitting duck. So uh, I'm just glad that one's over, man. That was cool. That was really cool. You guys make this look clinical sometimes in a really good way. But when it's all over and you get back and it's you and your wife, do you reflect on this and think, oh, my goodness, I can't believe 53 wins and we're still going? It's uh, the problem always is, is with the wins you get, the ones you think about the most are the ones that got away. Um, unfortunately. How was that, buddy? <laughs> that was awesome. Well done. <laughs> no tires. Man, that was crazy. Thank you. That was Chip and uh, yeah, just, I don't know, like for us, I don't know, I'm looking forward to going to get my kids from camp on Wednesday, drive home tonight to Indianapolis and uh, just enjoy it. But it's, it's, it's a team effort, man, and just so happy for this team because they work so damn hard. Chip Ganassi likes winners, and he loves Scott Dixon. Ryan Marie. And I'm with the runner-up, the pole sitter, Scott McLaughlin, sitting up on the wall, taking a sip of the Gatorade at the moment. Long, hot day in the office. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, you had a couple shots at Scott there on the restart. How close were you? Uh, it was close, but... You know, he knew what he's doing. He's a, you know, he's a veteran. He's a legend and, a, and a, the goat. So, I was just trying to do what I could to put pressure on him. Hopefully, he made a mistake. He made one slight error, turn eight, come on to the, the last back straight, which gave me a ch chance. But, yeah, no, look, credit to him. He's uh, he's a he's a race car driver. He's a shoe, and and uh, yeah, really proud to battle with him towards the end, and proud of this Dex Imaging race team. To get to race against a field of drivers, and certainly Dixon being one of them. Is that part of the appeal of coming to IndyCar, and how gratifying is it to begin a fight with a guy like Scott Dixon at the end of one of these races? Yeah, well, this is why I come. You know, this is a, uh, a series that you can pass. You can come from 16th to wherever we were on that second-last restart, and actually, you know, if you've got a fast enough car, you can do it. And I saved a lot of push to pass because we were in a good spot to have a go at the end, and, and we did that. And, uh, yeah, just 
if Dixie had no push to pass, we probably would have blew past him. But uh, like I said, he's uh, he's the goat. He knows what he's doing. As I said earlier, it was a long day. It was a hot day. How are you feeling? I feel good. It's just when I stopped, it was so hot, like the heat soak, and then the second heat soak when you finish the race. Yeah, that was that was hard, but you know I'm really really proud of the race car the guys gave me today, and I'm um, proud of my fitness levels, proud of how I've, how hard I've worked in the off season to get us to this point, and yeah, we'll be okay. Yeah. Nice little b- batch of blisters you picked up. Yeah, not too bad. This is like nothing, so yeah, we're uh, we're looking at like a one out of ten, so we're going alright. Ooh, I'd hate yeah. to see what a ten looks like. Hey, Scott, great run today. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Ryan Marine, Joe Sebastianelli, great stuff all day long, all weekend long, in fact. So uh, talking about Scott McLaughlin, Davey, he is a sixth place. 58 points back, 59 points back in seventh place is Pato Award. So I think as we get ready to head to Worldwide Technology Raceway, Power's your leader. Six back is Dixon. 12 back is Erickson. 22 back is Joseph Newgarden. Alex below 33 back. It's probably down to those three or four to five drivers. Yeah, that's the five drivers. You, you just nailed it right there. Pelot's in that fifth position, 33 back. And uh, that that's one of those five I feel is going to be our championship. Anybody else coming from outside of that would just be absolutely a miracle to be honest with you 58 points back as you said for scott mclaughlin and and uh, just uh, just really untouchable so um it's hey when when you're the leading the point championship it's always a good thing uh and and that's what will powers doing but when you have scott dixon only six points behind you just gained two points in that championship boy that, that's got to get your attention well chevrolet uh, they grabbed a one spot out of the top five today davy and that is scott mclaughlin so that puts the the uh, manufacturer's point standings at 1,157 for Chevrolet, 1,089 for Honda with three races to go. Yeah, well, we talked earlier in the Honda. They, they said, hey, we have to we have to get the top five. We need to win some races and stack up. Well, they did a great job here by getting the win. And then in third, fourth, and fifth, McLaughlin's the only one that kind of spoiled their party to get a solid all-top five finish. But, uh, hey, it's not that race is definitely not over till it's over either. The Bomberito Automotive Group, Davey, with all of the great work they do at Worldwide Technology Raceway. It's the uh, Bomberito Automotive Group 500 presented by Exalta and Valvoline. We can't wait to get to Worldwide Technology Raceway, huh? Oh, can't wait. Final oval of the season, and as you said, it is a fantastic facility. It's a two-day event for these teams. The drivers are going to happen quick, and the race Saturday afternoon and evening, and, and so, uh, man, I, I can't wait. They always put on a fantastic race there. Back to seeing the super high speeds on the oval, and it's coming up quick. Uh, well done all weekend long, and uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks at Gateway. Uh, your top five one more time, the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. Scott Dixon, Scott McLaughlin, Alex Pillow, Alexander Rossi, and Colton Herta. The Big Machine Music City Grand Prix on the streets of Nashville has been brought to you by Firestone, the official tire of the NTT IndyCar Series for driving IndyCar legends. American Medical Response, official partner of the NTT IndyCar Series and the AMR IndyCar Safety Team. Speedway, official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. Coors Light, cold as the Rockies, Coors Light is proud to be the official beer partner of the IndyCar Series. Coors Light, made to chill. Bork Water, official turbochargers of the NTT IndyCar Series. By Safety Clean, official environmental service partner of the NTT IndyCar Series. By Ruoff Mortgage, for a fast mortgage process, apply online at ruoff.com. The Children's Foundation, proud sponsor of Racing for Kids. By Henchman Racing Uniforms, nothing fits like a henchman. The Indy Racing Experience, the fastest seat in sports. Racing Optics, the official aero screen and helmet tear-off of the NTT IndyCar Series. And by NTT, 
official technology and title partner of the NTT IndyCar Series. Our driver analyst today, Davey Hamilton in the pits, Ryan Marine and Joel Sebastianelli in the turns, Michael Young, Nick Yeoman, and Jake Query. Our chief engineer is Rick Evans. Satellite and technical support by Scott Burgett. Our producer is Sam Rubza. The network director is Chris Polly. This is Mark James. Join us in two weeks for the Bomberino Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. We'll have complete coverage all weekend long on the IndyCar app. Then catch the race Saturday, August 20th on a radio station near you. In the meantime, follow and download today's race broadcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and IndyCarRadio.com. The preceding was an exclusive copyrighted presentation of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network.